As 2017 comes to an end, I've only got two words to say. Fuck off. Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 127 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Samson T. Breakstep, also known as the M-O-O-D to the Z. Yeah. And of course, I have my two balls in front of me. First up, the left one, who goes by the name of Javier Vato Loco, Double Shot J, also known as JP. Next up, my right ball, the man who spent $50,000 on his college education and will substitute the word fuck for any reasonable noun, adjective, or verb. Mr. Fuck You himself, NES yeah. Ruler 22, aka Jeremy. <laughs> And we are very excited to welcome to the show for the first time one half of the podcast known as Netflix and Chill and JP's real-life girlfriend, the Burrito Slayer, also known as Carly. Welcome to the show. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say fuck shit, testicles, cunt lips, vagina lips, and every other swear word in the books. Thank you very much. Insert everybody any noun, adjective, or verb, right? It just it works for everything, right? Grammar expert over here. Carly, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I feel like I'm in the pre- presence of celebrities, except for JP. <laughs> you are the burrito slayer. <laughs> the burrito slayer. <laughs> made a fucking video in three months, bro. Huh? Boots hasn't made a video in three months. I haven't made one since Halloween. Yeah, that's right. Where's NES shelf roller hasn't made one in like two that's months. Te- yeah, that's technically two months. So oh, yeah, two Moods months. hasn't made a video. Jeremy hasn't made a video yet. He gets piles of screeners. Oh, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, Carly, man, first time on the show. So you know what that means? We're gonna we're gonna get right into this. Do you know what that means? Lightning round. <laughs> Five questions with half the good half of Netflix and chill. Yeah. Right now. Let's get this over with. I didn't know you were asking me questions. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, it's really it's really not funny. All right. You're really not funny. How about that? Okay, right. it's true. We're so gonna, we're gonna start this off with a very, very simple one. Um oh, when did you get into horror and how? I thought you were gonna say when did you lose your virginity? <laughs> Naturally, right? <laughs> This is going great. Okay. Um, Jeremy, when did you lose your virginity and how? <laughs> Keep in mind, farm animals do not He'll count. He'll tell that story in about 20 years when it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So anyway, um, 
probably around age like five or six is the first time I think my mom showed me. It was either Scream or Halloween. I forget which one. But um, she showed me both of those around the same time. And I used to just love, well, I, w- I would watch Halloween and like Milo and Otis back to back when I'd come home from like elementary school. And then like um, throughout elementary school, I loved watching horror pretty much. And I would try to get my like best friend to watch it. And then she'd like go home and have nightmares and stuff like that. And then like <laughs> that went on until like up till middle school. And then in middle school, like people kind of thought that was lame. So I kind of like got out of it. But then like, like probably at the end of high school, I got back into it. So yeah, pretty much like since age six, I've been pretty interested. So kind of like JP, you were in it and then you kind of got out of it for a little bit and then got mm-hmm. back into it. Well, that's that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. You, you guys and, are made for each other. That's, yep. that's <laughs> and then um, I think that I, I'll take a huge responsibility for getting you back into it. Just yeah, man. When you met I mean, me, I was like, "Look at all this horror shit!" And suck my dick. Like you thought you were cool because you knew what Suspiria was, and nobody else you ever met in life knew what it was. No, it was like I think we started talking about like Phantasm one day, and then like I I was like, "Yeah, I know what that is," and then you were like, "I know what everything is," and I'm like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so question number two: Taco Bell or JP? <laughs> Um, I, uh, I love Taco Bell and I go to Taco Bell with JP. So it's kind of like a mixture of both. Really? That's the number one date shit. spot right there is Taco Bell. We I do actually, frequent Taco Bell quite a bit. Fire or Diablo sauce should be the real question. She's a pussy. She don't like sauce. I don't feel like putting it on. I'm lazy. Bitch. I'm not much I of a condiment person myself either. I really, I'm really not. I'm very messy too, so like it would just like drip all over me and it would be a mess. <laughs> all right, question number three <laughs> alcohol or drugs? Um, we already know uh, what she does. Hi, Carly's mom. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No, I mean, I would definitely probably have to go with alcohol, you know? Good choice, good choice. Yeah. Drugs are never a good idea. Um, question four skinny jeans or baggy jeans on men? Oh, um, prop baggy jeans. I I just I don't know skinny jeans. I think of just gay guys. I cannot. Yeah, get, I cannot get over. <laughs> All right. Whoever invented skinny jeans needs to be fucking strangled. Like that is the grossest <laughs> style ever. You know what? I don't mean? even like wearing them. I hate them. They're uncomfortable to me. Kyle, man. Did you ever watch, did you ever yeah, see Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> you know what? I can't get over. And, and Kyle put on some weight over the years, so he's like fucking chubby. So he's like fucking size <laughs> <thighs> gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been able to understand people that wear skinny jeans and then they wear them on their hips, so they they're kind of sagging in the ass, like you've shit your pants. And they're super tight from that point down, and it just looks fucking stupid, man. Skinny jeans, not cool, man. Especially right. if your balls sweat and you got like a pile of cotton and you're wearing skinny jeans. Like it doesn't work very well. No, there's there's nowhere to go in those things. There's nowhere to breathe. <laughs> it's gross, man. It's just trapping in everything. So man. Ugh. I mean I mean even farty would make your balls stink. I mean, let's face it. Like it's just gonna it's gonna creep around there and everything. It's gross. Um question number five. Favorite horror film of all time and why? Yeah. The Shining. Um, I grew up watching Ooh. that one. Wow. Shut up. I was not expecting that. I, I'll be I honest, I was not expecting that. I have a tattoo on my leg of it. The twins, actually. And, um, yeah, cool. I just, I, I grew up watching it. It's one that 
I don't know, for some reason I could watch it over and over again. Like I watched it just about two weeks ago and I literally wanted to watch it like the very next night again. But like, I know it's like really slow and like just not for some people, but for some reason I could just watch, and I hate long movies and that movie's like two and a half hours, but I just love the atmosphere and the music that plays throughout it. And I just, I, I just, it's amazing. You know what I love about that film? is the setting everything i love the isolation inside a hotel because if you actually were inside that overlook hotel all by yourself and you had all those all that space like you would totally throw a ball against the wall and do all that like you just would do that shit you know like all the food like it would be so cool to be in that situation but not in that situation if you know what i'm saying yeah i was always so jealous of like that kid just getting like i would ride my like bike around the entire place i don't care (laughs) yeah man that that really shocked me. I was not expecting the shining. That's very cool. You're probably well. You're you're a cool whore chick, in my opinion, man. I was expecting something a little more generic, like like Halloween. No offense or anything, but I was expecting Halloween right, or yeah. or Nightmare on Elm Street or you know whatever. But that's cool. JP you say she's your favorite ass. lesbian. <laughs> favorite lesbian. No, I want to. Uh, can we just like? Can we just? Does your mom know oh, you're a lesbian? Well, hi, Carly's mom. Carly's a lesbian. I'm not a lesbian, and I feel like. JP and her girlfriend's do a name is Justin Patrick. Well, he never, he never like defends it. You know, it's like <laughs> she says she may or may not be one, and then he'll tell me like at work, he'll be like, "Oh, I, don't worry, I defended you though." And then I'll listen to the podcast, and I'll be like, "You never said no." Straight yeah, JP, up. JP's the one who started it, and he didn't say it on the podcast. He said it on a fucking live live stream <laughs> yeah, he's kind of subliminally like almost promoting it that you're a lesbian sometimes <laughs> jerry jerry straight up asked me if i was one and i'm just like no you actually be- do people actually believe this <laughs> don and ellie did oh <laughs> lord <laughs> i mean not like it matters or anything but right i, I just don't yeah. want like men to be think like oh she's off the market you know like well true that true that Right. But you already are with JP. So. No, nah, she's on the market. You just heard her come out of her mouth. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I know. Listen, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Guys, always just take go. a step back. All right, and reevaluate. Uh. <laughs> I was just going right. to talk about the pop trick. <laughs> Guys, do go to the movies a lot. We yeah. do. We've got to. True. It's part of the world. So do you and your mom. Uh huh. Jeremy, you should probably try thinking of maybe taking another female to the, you know, to the cinema one time. That's not your mom. It's a good place to make a move, right? Okay, Jeremy, I love you're, my you're mom in a dark too. place with a film play. You know, you're in an enjoyable environment. You know, you can kind of pull the popcorn act if you know what that is. Maybe hold a hand yeah. for the first time. Let me ask you something. Do you sit right next to your mom at the cinema, or do you guys have a seat in between you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Crickets. Eight seats. <laughs> I'm actually curious. I'm actually totally curious. Because, like, when me and Dylan go, we don't sit right next to each other. We have that seat in between us. Because Why, are you th- scared that people are going to think you're gay? No, 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 no. That's where we put all of our shit, man. We put all of our coats and fucking uh, popcorn and all of our snacks and shit. <laughs> oh, so you're just douchebags like, take up all seats. <laughs> Dude, our <laughs> cinemas are never that full that one seat is going to make a difference. <laughs> Trust I went me. to see it. It was crowded. You said, "Yeah, I mean that was." Yeah, well, I, that was a fucking anomaly. But I also went by myself, <laughs> though. He didn't come with me on that one. Yeah, and I got a shitty uh, seat. Well, not a shitty seat, but I was on the end, like in this. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. 
two shots. 2017 year-end show. This is our fifth annual. Fifth annual. Fifth annual show, man. I'm super, super excited. I'm. This is probably the most excited I've been to do, or I have been for like a top ten show because this year has been a very interesting year of films. It hasn't been your stereotypical type year filled with slashers and ever and you know all those other generic type genre films and stuff. This has been one of those years where it's just been all over the map. You know, mm-hmm. films getting you know ratings from critics that for all the way from like worst film of the year to the best and tons of them so i've been Uh, really excited to hear people's lists from this year because we all know we have different tastes and uh this is a very very exceptional type year so what exactly are your thoughts overall for 2017 i'll go first uh i absolutely love 2017 from the aspect of the very beginning, uh, see, I think Split was the first film that I saw, and it was a good start. You and know then what? there that was, was a mine few. Also, that was mine. There also. was a few. <laughs> there was a few bad ones, like after that. I think you know, like with Rings and and some people say the Bye Bye Man or whatever. Yep. But it, it, I thought that theatrical horror was so good this year that I actually missed movies that I wish, in retrospect, I would have seen, like uh, Kong Skull Island and, and Life. Um, which were not like straight up horror, so I kind of didn't go see them. There were some some misses with Alien Covenant and stuff like that. And life, but, yeah, right. Uh, but for True. the most part, that it was it was it was really good for theatrical. So I was having fun with that. And on top of that, we had awesome Netflix originals, Shutter exclusives. Like it was just everywhere. There was good horror, and there was so many good indie films, so many good studio films, so many good mainstream films, underground films. It was just like a perfect mix of, of areas where you can watch horror. And I noticed from the beginning that something was cool with the year when I was seeing movies that I was already rating like nines at the beginning of the year. And I was like, dude, if I, if I keep rating nines here, I'm going to have an entire list full of nines, which I've never had on the podcast before. Uh, I think 2014, I had one nine, mm-hmm. and that was my highest rating. You know what I mean? And I was just kind of taken back by just the quality of films. And then on top of that, we've seen huge mega blockbuster hits like Get Out and It. And it was like, and it just seemed like everybody was talking about horror for the whole year, which I was think, so nice. I think that's the biggest surprise for me in the whole 2017 year. Because, I mean, I think it was two years ago we were talking about how you know, just the lack of uh, theatrical horror films. What was there, nine? Like two, three years ago or something like no, that? No, it was like six or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like nothing. And, and and there was, was, it was back when Jeremy was on the show. It was like 2014, I think. Yeah, and but yeah, so there was, you know, six or seven, whatever it was, and just no big heavy hitters and shit. And, you know, in the last, you know, two, three years later, we've had this explosion of not only theatrical releases, but ones that have really blown the fuck out of the box office, too. It's quite a drastic turnaround. I think that was the biggest surprise for me this year. I mean, we knew going into the year that we were going to get it. and But we didn't know things like Get Out and things like that were going to do so well at the box office. But I think this is the start of something very, very In special. In fact, Jeremy said th- that movie looks like shit. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I did. I thought it looked like complete and utter shit. 
And then and then a critic said it was good, and Jeremy was like, "Oh, I guess it is good." <laughs> he wrote for the Chicago, <laughs> well, Chicago was. outlet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was. he what the critic was right. It was good, but I'm just pointing out how you roll sometimes. This year, <laughs> I didn't. Go ahead, Jeremy. Nothing. <laughs> what? Talk, dude. If you're gonna say something, talk. Just because I said the critic says it's good didn't mean that I said it was good. No, it literally did mean that because he was like, I guess it is good. No, that's what made you see it, though. I think that's what he's. No, implying. I would have saw it anyway. Because no, saw we, it of course we see everything. Yeah, you see everything. I try to see everything. But yeah. yeah. So my thoughts on this year, man. 2017 was the year of like almost like the non horror film. And what do I mean by that is there were so many films that were put out this year that just stirred up so much conversation about that's is that a horror film or is that not a horror film? I've never seen any other year where so many oh, films yeah, that came out crazy. that people were like, no, that's not a horror film. Like I'll use It Comes at Night as an example. That was a big yeah. argument, man. A lot of people were calling that film a straight up drama and other people were calling horror. I've never seen a year where so many films had that type of opinions in a year like it was it's the year of like a very very artsy uh art house you know f- substance filled year i mean it was a lot of films out there filled with symbolism and metaphor and to fucking dramatic irony and shit like that like there was just so the many jeremy films. films yeah there was like you, a lot of people could dub this year as being you know very <sighs> pretentious in a yep. sense, because of the type of films that came out, because we weren't getting those typical genre films like slashers and and you know uh, found footage and other supernatural type films, we got a whole lot of other type of films that were you know very story heavy and very um, just substance filled type films. If you're looking for that type of thing, um, I thought this year really kind of stood out. I was not having a great time with this one up until about three months ago. And then I started, mm. you know, checking out a lot of heavy hitters and stuff. And I mean, I was watching things all year, but it seems like, a, you know, like every year, right? There's always an abundance of great films that come out in the last 30 of the year, last quarter. And uh, yeah, this was no exception. And the year turned right around for me. I won't say the whole year was great. Um, I bitched and complained a lot about this year being, man, it's just a lot of average type films. I wasn't watching a lot of shitty films, like straight up like shit shit. I was watching a lot of average, you know, five and a half, six and a half, and things like that. Um, but it came full circle for me, man, and it eventually became the year that I, I actually won't re- like. I won't forget, you know, very mm-hmm. psychological drama horror type heavy year, man. And another thing that I'll note this year for is the year of the long motherfucking film. So many movies I watched this year with a running time of like up to two hours to two and a half. Like, I cannot believe the abundance of long films that came out this year. I can't think of another year with so many long films. It, it's crazy to me, man. But, you know, I'm very happy. The long that films it are good in the great. theater because they don't seem as long when you're in the theater and when you're watching them at home. That's it, why I wish it was like more longer films in the theater because it's like, oh, maybe I watch this because it doesn't seem as long as <laughs> Unless it's Peter Jackson. You know what the longest movie Fuck. was, dude, this year? It was fucking Alien Covenant, dude. Like, oh my my ass was hurting. My back, my <laughs> neck. Everything hurt watching that film. Dude, man. it my was just hurt. as long as Covenant. I know, but it but... fucking flew by compared <laughs> yeah. to Covenant, yeah. dude. It fucking Covenant was like, uh, like my, and we went to the worst theater for that one too, like yeah. the one with the worst seats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was awful. So, what did you two think of the year? Well, I started, if... I started later on. I came back in March, 
So I really didn't start until March. I mean, I saw the theatrical stuff and things like that. But I really didn't see any of the independent stuff until later on in the year. And yeah, I definitely didn't see like wasn't watching this year like that many comedies and and things like that in the past. So it was nice to see films that that people would probably associate with movies that I would like. So it was nice not having to watch movies that were just gore fest or or you know things that some people really enjoy but they're not really my kind of film so it was nice to see see good movies this year but knowing my luck this year is going to be a whole bunch of movies i'm not gonna like yeah so I mean, this year was actually kind of perfect for you because there was a, like a lot of just oddities out there that- yeah you know, to be, to be fair, alley. Jeremy, I mean, it could end up like that because you look at the last three, four years, every year has been kind of so different. You know, yeah. like, you know, a couple, two years ago, we had like an abundance of crazy, like so many great slasher films came out. And then, and then last year there was like none. 2015 yeah. was like super comedic as well. It's very, very comedic. You remember that we kind of dubbed that year as comedic and full of slash. Like it had all the films that this year didn't have. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how the years are changing up so much, but yeah you know when's extreme gonna come back you know extreme i don't know that once another tragic event happens yeah 9-11 too well that'll that'll be when trump gets voted back in (laughs) yeah right (laughs) carly what did you think on the year um i mean to start out like you know the first like two movies we went to see were like rings and bye bye man so at first i was like oh man this sucks and also like you got to think like I've never done like a top 10 list or really cared about the movies I seen this year. So it wasn't really until you told me like that I could possibly be on the show for this that like I really got serious about it. And um, I totally agree with how like there's no like straight up horror movies really. It seems like it's either horror comedy or like horror drama. And I could not get enough of like the horror drama like artsy stuff this year surprisingly because like i mean back in the day like i loved like the slashers and like ghost films and just like generic like fun stuff but like now it seems like i'm just a lot more into the stuff that like gives me chills and makes me say like what the heck is going on and things like that so like i really ended up enjoying this year especially towards the end when i was um trying to like you know knock out as many movies as possible i really loved what i was seeing yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it that um, one one thing that I'll dub this year, um, it, I think I think it's the year of like the the horror drama, but as well coming of age. Like we saw yeah. so many yeah. coming of age movies this year. It actually like going down my entire list of movies I've watched. It's like wow, there is actually a lot of coming of age movies that are that are, you know, horror films this year, which is really cool from everything from giant movies like it to lesser movies like Raw, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. are are about teenagers and things like that uh growing up. Mm-hmm. And I I like that. And I heard Watson say this one time, but but he says that between 2010 and currently, which is 2017, this might be the greatest decade for horror since the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is definitely true. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, he might, he said it might even be second best all time. And that includes, you know, the seventies. Um, and we still have two more years to go mm-hmm. to, to see what happens here. And, 
you know, judging by just, and we'll get into it later, the the list of films that are slated for 2018, I'm very optimistic. It's so hard to compare. Like when you look at it, when you're really trying to compare decades and stuff, it's, I always have a hard time with it because if you, if you look at the seventies versus the eighties, actually, in fact, if you look at the decades as they, as they progress, you know, every decade, every year, there's always more films made, you know, between 2010 and 2017. I mean, I mean, we're talking Except for the nineties. Well, it seems like that. There literally is less movies made in the nineties than the eighties. Except for the nineties. Exactly. It's so weird that, that, that had, you know, that was a big thing to do with the actual studios and things like that. And the indie scene hadn't really kind of blown the fuck up yet. You know, oh, yeah. they, you know, there was, there was a lot of issues in the nineties, but you know, 2010 to 17, I mean, there, there must be 5,000 horror films a year made. It's just like insane. So if you look at the the mass amount of films, yeah, I mean, you know, comparatively to the eighties and you know, in the seventies and stuff. I mean, if you look at a great year in the eighties, like nineteen eighty one, which we all know is the year of the slasher film, there's something like ninety slasher films that opened up in cinemas that year. It's insane. Um, Jeez, but imagine if, if we had to do that. But if you look at but if you look at the overall totals from the year, there was like what two hundred and something films like on IMDb kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the quality over quantity is amazing i mean if you compare it like that yeah 2017 actually turned out to be a really great year but there's so many more films made that we either didn't see or there was you know even shittier <laughs> you know oh yeah i mean I, if, if you did an average yeah in terms of ratings like the the you know extra 250 to 5,000 films would bring the score <laughs> way down yeah. but if you would just take you know the top uh you know even 25 from each year like i think that the level of filmmaking is just so much increased you know mm-hmm. that yeah i think that these years and and also we're getting a lot more movies from different regions different cultural backgrounds yep. different um you know ideas and and mindsets and it's just really cool to see it's a melting pot you know what i mean and we're just getting all this different horror from, and it, and it helps that the studios are finding horror successful again, and they're putting more money into them. And we have companies like Blumhouse and A twenty four who are just absolutely killing it. You A24 know what I mean? Horror, especially. Yeah, well, Blumhouse too, though. Yeah, I mean, but Blumhouse is. I was actually looking is, at Blumhouse's filmography just before the show, before you got on JP, and I didn't realize how much films they had a hand in. Like there was, you know, since two thousand nine to to now, in like the last eight years, nine years, they have put out a fuck ton of films. Like I just yeah. couldn't believe, it. and a lot, most of them are really quality. I mean, with the exception of Jim and the Rockers, Gemini. Total Miss, but for the most part, they're all horror and thrillers. But man, they've done really well for themselves. It's really fucking crazy. That company, man, they've, you know, kind of, they're kind of... Everything they touch. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a big part in the resurrection of horror, you know, especially in the mainstream and things like that, so... That's why I'm so excited that they have the new Halloween, because it's like... Yeah. And who knows? It might suck, you know what I mean? But we'll see. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I said to Jeremy. I said, like, literally almost word for word before the show. I said, I'm looking forward to it, but I mean, I guess it just remains to be seen if it's going to be good or not. You know, mm-hmm. it's still an exciting thing to look forward to because it is a Halloween film. Not that we just don't see franchises anymore. Uh, we like saw we a good to. bit this year. Honestly. I mean, like major franchises, like in the theaters, like the last. Well, how one, many what, is there? Friday. Friday how many is the there, dude? One. I mean, like, seriously, how many left franchises are there that get theatrical releases? It's like Halloween, they, uh, Friday, no. and Jigsaw. <laughs> Nightmare. 
Yeah, Elm Street. Yeah, we haven't had one of those in eight years. Well, the Saw franchise is working on probably the most theatrical films in a franchise right now. Christ. Well, Friday has 12. So Saw has eight. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Pretty close. So anything else to add from uh, the overall 2017 status? Uh I mean, I'm very high on it. I, I've I've said vocally that this is, in my opinion, the best year that we've done uh, from 2000. Uh, technically, even 2012, which I had a little bit of hand in doing stuff for back on YouTube, but 2012 yeah. to 2017, in terms of actual ratings and averages, this year is far superior to the other years. I can tell you right now, my number 14 is a nine out of 10. My number fourteen. Yeah, I had a lot of high, high. I had a lot of eights. You know what, yeah. man? I think yeah. I would be as high as fourteen with a nine out of ten too. Because remember, yeah. remember, like three months ago, what I was saying, like my top five. I had, a, I had an eight out of ten in my top six. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah, and and you around. know what's crazy, dude? I've never opened a list with a nine before. Yeah, I've opened yeah. with eight point fives, and I've opened with as low as six point fives. But I've never had a nine. So this is like just just like and it is, you know, I think that last year was like very solid throughout. I thought 2015 was very solid throughout. But this year is solid, like very, very at the top, like top heavy solid. But then it's also solid throughout. So it's like it has it has the top heavy plus being just solid all the way down. Like I have eight point fives all the way down to like 27. My first seven is at. 46 wow Holy crap. yeah 46. and my and my yeah and by the time i get to 6.5 it's at 56 i would and, have to look at my list because i don't i i i don't have mine um in order like that they're actually just an order of watch it right? takes so, till 70 to get a five <laughs> so how many films under five did you have Two. uh under five yeah three Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. good. <laughs> this is like really <laughs> insane when you put that into perspective, man. Well, that's you also of- know that I do something a little different than you guys. Uh, well, than you specifically. Mm. Uh, I only watch stuff that I've heard other people who I trust give their, um, you know, uh, I guess, past for or whatever you know they, they say it's decent at least yeah um so i, I kind of avoid a lot of the garbage and me and jeremy were talking about that a little bit too like i i just try not to watch garbage at all it, early on in the year you don't know like a lot of stuff that comes out you don't know if it's garbage or not so i did watch a couple that i thought was a yeah, little that's why weak. you watch way more than me because i don't have rings and all those fucking Shitty movies. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't go see Rings though, considering it was theatrical. Yeah, I didn't really like the. I mean, I was. I'm not really into them, so really didn't have any interest. But yeah, uh, so I guess do you want to kind of get into how many we watched, or do you want to? Yeah, what do you want to do next? Yeah, that was going to be the next question. So, 2017 films watched. How many did everybody watch? Jeremy, fifty-two. Which shifty is good two. for me. Shifty two. Hmm. Shifty two. That's good. So is, that, is that 50 or 60? So 50, 52. <laughs> okay. Shifty five. That's actually, that's actually not too bad. 
For yeah, me, 52 is great for Jeremy when you think about it. I mean, look, put this in perspective, right? I try really hard. In 2015, I had like 55. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's pretty good for him. And then last year, I had 66. This year, I ended at 75, which I got to be honest. This year, I started out so strong. I was in the 50s, like, you know, early into the year. Not early, but like, you know, back in like November, I was in the 50s. So I actually slacked from November <laughs> till now. I didn't watch that many. Um, I plan on watching like at least 10 more than I ended up watching, but I just kind of got burnt out filling, uh, working night shifts and stuff like that. It, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like watching stuff anymore. So I kind of pumped the brakes, but I do feel like I watched enough. Definitely. Cause this is the most I've watched ever for a list. Um, 75. That's a lot for me. Uh, I usually, I think the first year I was at like, <laughs> like 20. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I've steadily went up. You know, 2013, I watched, like, 20 movies. And then, uh, like, I think the 96 show, I watched, like, 30-some. And then uh, fifty around 50 for the year-end shows after that. But 75, that's a whole, like, quarter more than I normally do or whatever. So um, pretty happy with that. Pretty happy. What about what about you, Carly? 67. 67 wow. is pretty good. So yeah. can... Considering last year I was at 66 and this is your first year doing it. <laughs> Putting in work, good. man. Putting in work. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I was going to stop at 50, but then I kind of wanted to whoop Jeremy's ass. So That's was, all like, right. We all know I'm yeah. a slacker anyway, but 52 is good for me, so I don't give a shit. Right, right. Oh, yeah. 52 is a good number. 52 is a good number. <laughs> I kept a pretty consistent pace. Oh, shut up, Moods. We all know you fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's like 5,000. Consistent pace, 500. Well, actually, this is less... Was Exploding Heads on last year's show? Or is it... No, it was 2015. Yeah, it was 2015. That year, man, I... Man, I watched, like, I think 149 that year. That was that was a ridiculous year. Um, I kept a pretty consistent pace, but I just... I had 10 days off of Christmas, and I went buck wild. I think I watched 30 films in, like, 10 days. And uh, I ended up with 131 for the year so that's it's so crazy i i, I the most Dedication. i've seen i think christian was in like what he was really high this year i think yeah um from exploding heads and then mark nato was it like two something or something Jesus like that Christ. yeah it, which is crazy right but to like, be honest though like i was avoiding sh- the shit like the plague though i i was really trying not to watch like really terrible films with the exception of like I knew the elf was going to be bad, but not as bad as it turned out to be kind of thing. You know, Christmas related stuff will always check out, but I didn't I see wa- that shit on the shelf, out of, shelf and family video all the time. At, 100, <laughs> at 131 films, I didn't have that many under five. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. The, that, yeah I but, mean, that's that's insane. I mean, you watched that many and didn't have that many less. under five. Two years ago when I when I watched 149, I had lots under five. Tons oh, okay, of here films. it is. So check this out. This is no joke. Okay. Mark Nato from the horror cast. He said, finally updated my letterbox for 2017 watches. Not sure I'm proud or ashamed, but I watched 359 2017 horror releases. He must have watched. That's that's like a whole year almost. (laughs) Most of these were pure crap. Yeah. (laughs) This top 10 list will be fun. Go follow me because I'm going to try to add all ratings and reviews and add 2018 watches weekly. So those of you who don't know, Mark Nato works for Redbox too. So he gets a lot of the the movies. I think he gets them even early. I'm not sure. But he, he watches like everything that comes in the Redbox that's horror. 
Um, and sense. he he gets probably everything that comes in red boxes because he goes to all these different red boxes that would have different <laughs> movies. So, but as you know, anybody who's messed with a red box knows that there's a lot of crap in those things too. So. Okay, so JP, you you told me you said uh, when I was I was busting your balls a little bit, and you said. Uh, um, anyone that you know watches over a hundred films is overachieving. So, what exactly do you call that, dude? That is like that <laughs> ridiculous. Is, listen, dude, I watch. He watched more twenty seventeen movies than I watched movies. My total was three thirty five <laughs> this year. Yeah, and 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 that was huge for me because my previous total was like two sixty something. Yeah, <laughs> it made me look terrible. One hundred thirty one. I'm a fucking. That's slacker. at least one movie every day. Uh, it's over one movie. Yeah. It's yeah. like 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> <laughs> That's gnarly. That's ridiculous. Dude, Mark Nate is insane. Dedication. He must Ugh. be single. I don't know, actually. <laughs> that's so many films. That's crazy. I mean, just from 2017, I mean, that's not his overall total. I know, because he also <laughs> has a podcast, which he covers other stuff on. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive, man. I'd wow. lose interest. That's oh, dude, dude, dude! Oh my god, lose interest. That, that's like being kind. I would literally end up in a mental hospital. I would actually like to ask him how many of those shitty uh, killer clown films that he watched this year, because there was like four- like clown clown through guys. There were clown through guys. After it was, all these films kept popping up. There must have been like fifteen of them. I saw that family video, yeah, bro. Clown it's a clown poltergeist. Movie. I saw, yeah, I saw that too, man. Well, that makes sense actually, considering there was a clown in poltergeist. Yeah. yeah, it's just there were so many. I, I wonder how many of those you watched. It doesn't even <laughs> sound good, Clowntergeist. <laughs> that's yeah. stupid. Remember, remember back in the day when we used to actually be friends and talk to each other outside of podcasting, and we would get on Amazon and look at like stupid movie titles, and it was like Crackcoon and stuff. Oh, Crackcoon, the crack, <laughs> and like Stone Nado. And I'm like, isn't that just a regular tornado? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go look at at Clowntergeist and see what the the suggested uh, movies are for that movie. Yeah, it was every year that there's always a big film that comes out. There's always the the ripoffs, tons of clown films, ridiculous, man. But Ugh. yeah, and we all know, like, I mean, the history of killer clown films, not really the greatest track record. All right, here it is, Clown Tergeist, and we have Circus Kane, uh, The Elf, <laughs> Gremlin, The Ice Cream Truck, which I heard is actually okay. Yeah, that's actually metal, pretty decent. Metal Face, which is le- legit Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. <laughs> Mother Krampus. Which has like the worst it. cover art. Uh, it just—it looks so bad. Bone Jangles, <laughs> Bone Jangles, with Reggie Bannisters in it. Nice, uh-huh. cool. Doing it for the money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so what's next? Easter Bunny Bloodbath. Another one of those Easter Bunny. Wow. Um, so, films of the year box office results. You want to get into that? Yeah, all right. So th- this isn't a huge list here, but it's the top 100, and I'm going to list off the horrors that, that made it. Uh, so number 
six was it with 327 million dollars domestically which had a 123 million dollar opening which that's when we started box office brawl around there and we were just so we off right what did we like say 40. like i said like 40 million yeah. <laughs> was, we were like we were so off on that oh my god that's nuts who would have uh, thought though yeah, I, I, dude, I knew it was going to be a hit, but I thought 40 million was a hit. You know what I mean? Nine um, digits. That's stupid. Oh, dude, it's insane. Uh, Get Out, which was number 16, came in at 175 million. Uh, then we had Kong Skull Island at 19 with 168 million. We had War of the Planet of the Apes, if you want to count that, at 21 with 146 million. Uh, 22 was split with 138 million. Split did good. Um, and then we had Annabelle Creation at number 29, $102 million. Um, <laughs> and then we had The Mummy, which made $80 million at 36. Man, it's hard to believe some of these movies made more money than, like, The Mummy and uh, The Planet the of the Apes sucks. film. Well, I know well, it's just it's just because it has crews in it and big budget. I don't. You just think a lot of teeny boppers that go see that shit do better. I guess I don't know. Oh, they did. Well, it clearly didn't do that well because it fucking destroyed the entire dark universe they were trying to do. So Dude, it literally flopped so it hard. Literally yeah. destroyed it. It's crazy. That movie was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, number thirty-nine, Alien Covenant, is seventy-four million. Uh, number forty-eight, Happy Death Day, at fifty-five million. <laughs> number fifty-one oh. at the. 50 million, The Dark Tower. Uh, then we had 52 was Tyler Perry's Boo 2 at 47 million. Jesus! Who's, who's watching that shit? Come on. Uh, 59. Who else? <laughs> no, dude. I, Black people don't even watch fucking Medea films. Come on. Yes, they They love them. <laughs> Nobody loves Number themselves. 59 is 47 meters down at 44 million. Just that was crazy a good for that yeah, that was a good story because that film had a DVD release yep. and got pulled. Um, Sixty-five Jigsaw at thirty-eight million, uh, and then we have number seventy, which was Geostorm with thirty-three million. Hmm. Uh, Damn, that this movie, bomb. yeah, it did because it had a, it had a huge budget. Wasn't it like one hundred eighty million? I was gonna say it was like two hundred million dollar budget. <laughs> it, got, it bombed so hard they didn't even get back their marketing money. They didn't even get back their marketing money. Overseas, they did. Uh, th- this movie, I didn't even remember came out, but number seventy six was Underworld Blood Wars. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, with thirty million. Uh, and then number seventy eight came out too. I'm getting to that actually. <laughs> number seventy eight was Life with thirty million, completely underperformed, which surprises me. Uh, number eighty was Rings with twenty seven million. That the Rings killed Friday the Thirteenth. It's so messed up. That is the reason why Paramount pulled the plug on Friday the 13th, because rings, uh, a shitty rings that they made underperformed. Uh, 83 was Resident Evil, the final chapter at 26 million. 88 was The Bye Bye Man at 22 million. And 98, if you want to count it, was The Shape of Water with 19 million. Um, so, that I mean, pr- pretty interesting considering... That was a a lot more than six, and we know there was other theatrical releases that didn't make the top hundred. So how but, many actually was that in the top hundred? Because that is pretty impressive. Uh, one, two, three. Four, I'm not gonna make five, them count. Six, <laughs> I'm just. 
It's not even the fact that there was like, like, like a, around between like twelve and fifteen. But it's not even the fact that it was like you know twelve and fifteen. It was you know the overall numbers of some of those films is astounding. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, other films I could think of that came out theatrically: Phoenix Forgotten, Cure for Wellness, Wish Upon, Grand Request. Was Grand that it? Request. Phoenix yeah. Forgotten had a theatrical release. Wow. Yeah, it's out in the theaters. It, it was in like twenty five hundred, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, I think that's um, it. Yeah, there was there was uh, there was a good bit. I mean, I, I can't, I'm trying to remember. I think there I, there was definitely more than that, but um, yeah. So that that's pretty cool. I think that I think that one of the things with these films is, I, I believe that it was said that this year was the worst year for cinema in terms of box office since like the early 2000s like 2003 or something like that Hmm. or 2007 i can't remember but it was one of the best years for horror in in a long time you know what i mean yeah yeah so you're talking about two of the highest grossing films of all time in terms of horror films like number number like one and three or something or like three and five or something yeah, that those came are, out this year. Those are interesting facts. You know, well, it's number one. Cinema sales time. are down, but horrors up. Well, that's good. And Get Out's like number three, I think. Yeah, it's like, it's like G's up, hose down, right there, man. I also have the uh, so boggle people connected with that movie. What Get Out? So, so yeah. I got a, so I got a question for everybody then. So given that there was so many, you know cinematic treats this year what was uh what was the highlight of the year at the cinema for yourself for you personally um not counting like retro releases no no no. i'm talking like 2017 films um there was like two i I would say it was it comes at night obviously i've I've raved about that one and uh annabelle creation Mm. jeremy what about you what was Killing the most- of a Sacred Deer. Oh, you saw that in cinema. Yeah. Okay. Carly? Uh, probably It Comes at Night. I think we watched it right after The Mummy. So, <laughs> Dude, that definitely... It was a nice step up. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me we did too. the double feature that day, didn't we? Yep. I did too. Hmm. Nice. Cool. Yeah, mine would have to be It. Because I actually saw that by myself. Oh, I forgot I, about that one. I kind of got to just... <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was pretty good too. I kind of just <laughs> yeah, got that to was focus... Awesome. You know, not sit there and make wisecracks every five minutes and stuff. So it was fun. It, I actually it was a really good experience I had. So, but uh, I also have numbers for the top selling DVDs of the year too. All right, let's, let's get, get into those. One. Uh, actually, no. I'm actually and curious on is, these. I'm, is, I'm curious. This is the DVDs, um, and I don't know if these are specifically released in 2017 or just in terms of sales numbers. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just in terms of sales numbers, period. Uh, so we have um, Kong Skull Island is the first horror one at 11. Uh, by the way, Moana is number one for anybody that's curious. What? It's, <laughs> that's Disney like a movie. Disney movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The Rock's uh, number, it, number 14, Tyler Perry's Boo. <laughs> uh, by the way, Kong sold 631,000 units uh, in, on DVD. Uh, then we don't see another horror all the way down till number 30, which is Underworld with 407. Believe it or not, those movies are super goddamn successful, apparently. Resident Them Evil's and the Resident Evil. Evils. Yeah. Uh, 
Number 31, Stephen King's It. Now, I assume this is the original release, the or the miniseries, because as we know, it's not out yet. Fucking 30 um, bucks. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, in fact, yeah, this is definitely counting old stuff, too, because like Hocus Pocus is on this list. Uh, 57 is Resident Evil, the final chapter. Uh, then we have 63, Tyler Perry's, uh, or sorry, Split. And then 64 with The Mummy. And then uh, after that, we have Alien Covenant at 71, Life at 83, and Get Out at 95, which completely surprised me. That I'm going to give Out- Alien Covenant another shot. Ugh. I bought it on Black Friday. Uh, here is the Blu-rays. Um, 16, Kong Skull Island. 20, Alien Covenant. 29, The Mummy. Uh, 30, Underworld. 40 is Split. 45 is Resident Evil, the final chapter. 50 is Life. 51 is Get Out. And then we have 76 is Tyler Perry's Boo. Uh, 86 is Shin Godzilla. And 90 is Stephen King's It. Uh, you're forgetting one format. <coughs> uh, I didn't. They didn't have a list for 4K, bud. <laughs> God damn it! They didn't sell enough, man. They do, dude. They're <clears throat> crushing it. Whatever you say. <laughs> just fucking with you, man. <laughs> I'm sure. You're they, just a hater. I'm sure they sold a couple hundred copies of each movie they released. That's pretty good. You know, That's considering P- it's a digital world, you know, people don't buy physical media anymore. That's fucking, that's old school shit, man. What is VHS days? If RJLE is releasing 4K, the shit's doing all right. They got, they got money. Never going to see 4K <laughs> in those niche companies though, man. Right, you say so. Yeah, we will. Yep. It's just, it's good. We're starting to see it a little bit, but... It'll be it'll be a little bit longer before we start seeing it. It just need the the system needs to get cheaper. The shit is cheaper. It's like five bucks more than a normal Blu-ray. No, no, no. The the system of of scanning and and you know yeah, buying the Blu-ray the the four K discs and stuff like that. You know what I mean. And then we'll see the because if you remember back when Blu-ray first came out, it wasn't like any niche companies were putting out Blu-rays of of. Uh, you know, cult films like the Vinegar Syndromes and the Scream Factories and and all of them slowly started creeping in. At first, we all like, know moods. If Dawn of the Dead comes out in 4K in a nice limited edition box set, you're gonna buy that fucker. Well, I bought the Italian <clears throat> four disc set, and I I could have got the six, you know, with the 4K disc of the Dawn of the Dead, um, but I didn't. I just got the Blu-ray DVD one or the Blu-ray set. So, go fuck yourself. Uh, It'll happen sooner or later. But I don't know, man. I'm in no rush. That's the thing. I'm just. I'm, I'm not I'm, in a rush. I'm, I'm patient with it. You know, like I mean, you know, if it's if it blows the fuck up, then you know maybe I'll pick I certain films. Are like seventy one. bucks. It's like it's I, not. I, it's I was, not about the money, it's dude. Not it's even just. The it's player, it's though, just like another. You're forgetting form. about the TV, yeah, <laughs> the, which is the most expensive. Part. You got to get the TV. I mean, it's not necessarily about the money. It's just the fact of adding another uh, format you know, mm-hmm. to the collection, you know, I'm, you know, I still buy DVDs and Blu-rays. Like I don't have a problem with either one of the formats and, and I'll still search for VHS. If I, if I don't, if the films aren't released, you know, mm-hmm. 4k to me just seems like it's adding fuel to the fire. 
<laughs> you know, it's like it's this seems. Yeah, like you so really much. don't need to collect any more things. I, I've had no ambition for 4K at all. I've never even double. I've never thought twice about getting, you know, the player and and you know. Oh, I'm really like, excited to do it. I, I, I'm I'm hoping to do it next year. Um, just because I just want to see. I I wouldn't mind. Gra- like I'm not gonna go crazy with it. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna check it out. Um, I already have one 4K disc. Yeah, the worst one. Released. I mean, to be honest, if they start releasing some of my all-time favorite, like top twenty, top thirty films on 4K, I might consider it. You know, because those yeah. are the films that I would buy. I'm not going out and buying a catalog title on 4K just to have it on 4K. I'm not doing. Like it. you're telling me, if they didn't release Maniac on 4K, you wouldn't pick that shit up, Don't, even that- if you didn't have 4K. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's a film that would probably get me to start to rethink. I mean, the original. I mean, that would be super cool to see, right? But that remains to be seen, and we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so um, but yeah, that's the numbers in terms of uh, box office and and Blu-ray sales and DVD sales. All right. Well, I guess that is set the stage for what we're all here for right what are we here main for? event the main event the circle jerk let's go top 10 round table with all the homies let's get our lists out there man i'm excited i'm excited whip out your lists whip Got it out right your- here boys got it all right, on paper, man. unlike your homos who fucking use computers all right also just so everybody knows yeah uh, just Carlos so everybody knows, can't read my handwriting though. We did a prediction on who. Uh, Are we gonna say him uh, now? No, no, no. We don't say him. Period. But uh, we we did a prediction. Well, how do you know if we win? Because at the end, whenever everybody's is said, then we'll know who won. But should we say it first so we can't change it? No, because you wrote it down. Honor system. Honor system. Honor system. So uh, we predicted what we thought everybody's number ones would be. We did this with the exploding heads and it was fun, so we figured we'd do it again. Yeah. All right. On that note, let's get into top 10 list of 2017. Jeremy, start us off. All right. Number 10 was a 9.0. It's a film from Australia titled Hounds of Love. Mm. I know Moods loves this movie very much. That's what kind of got me to check it out a few weeks back. It's a really interesting. I, I when I was watching it, I said like I I enjoyed a film that came out like five or six years ago called Chained a little bit more. It's, it kind of has a similar kind of a premise, but I think this film still is a really effective uh, capture. Uh, you know, in the mind of a person who gets captured, and he's she in this case is forced to live with her captives and see the destruction between the two characters who are ultimately trying to kill her at the end. And this is a really, really fantastic acting across the board. I don't think I would, I fell in love with it as much as moods did, but I still had a really, uh, a really interesting time with it. And it's definitely one that has a lot of depth to the characters and things like that. So I, I really enjoyed hounds of love. So give it a nine out of 10 and the setting is really awesome. It's very eighties. Nice. So Hounds of Love. <clears throat> Good choice. Good choice. Was it was it set in the eighties? Yes. Nineteen yes. eighty seven, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um 
That's it, Jeremy. That's it. All right. Uh, coming in at number ten for me is a movie that uh, honestly, like when I first seen it, I liked it, but I wasn't sure if I fully understood it. Uh, the more I read about it, the more days that it passed, the more I realized that I actually love this movie, and I think it's actually quite amazing, super original and brilliant. And that is Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Number and, 10, huh? And Mother, I think, is such an interesting movie when you... Like, I, I'm not religious. I don't know a ton about the Bible, even though... Uh, what was that, Carly? I said bullshit. Why, why bullshit? You gave, like, an entire Bible, like study at work the other day and I, it made me feel bad it made me feel like i need to go to oh, church oh carly please tell the story yeah i gotta know this <laughs> what there's just like i forget how it even came up like but like you're just like sitting in the back and then like me and this other chick we work with are like sitting there and he just goes on about like basically the first like adam and eve cain and abel like some oh. uh, all oh, everything uh... Yeah, yeah, like, I don't even know about that one. Like, I basically only know, like, the fir- beginning part of the Bible, and that's, like, it. I was, and that, I was like, just talking about how, ridi- like, ridiculous so- some of the stories are, you know what I mean? Like, and I know a lot of them are supposed to be metaphorical and stuff like that, but I was just telling them, I was like, oh, have you ever heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? And, like, I started telling them about, like, what had happened, and I'm not, like, super in-depth knowledgeable in this stuff but i basically told it as if like i was telling a story so it was like all like moderny and current and stuff and it made it sound funny but anyway my point is i didn't even realize that's what this movie was about until like the very end i started thinking about it and then after reading it and seeing it reiterated and then i started seeing people point out like like who Jennifer Lawrence is and who Javier is and uh, you know Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and and tons and tons of references to the Bible. Bible, it's I- extremely biblical and yeah. it's all done metaphorically, which in my opinion is brilliant. It's so cool how it's done because there's a point in the film where it's like you just see it's like it's like if you took the entire history of the Earth and the destruction of it and put it in one house. And you're seeing it all play out in one house. It's it's brilliant. It's just an incredible concept where you see this entire history of God and Earth and and the moon and stars and and everybody, Mother Nature and and Cain and Abel, and it all plays out in a single house. Like that's why it, towards the end when everything's just packed and overpopulated and and there's police and it's just all these references crazy. to lives. And you're like, okay, like this does not make sense in a movie. But then you realize what the movie is, and you're like, oh, it makes total sense. So yeah, in reality, this would never happen. But if this is Earth and this is a metaphor for Earth, then it's just everything tight together. Uh, I just thought that it was so good, man. I really did. I know Carly hated this movie. See, that's like a thing. It's like you had the people who like hate it because they don't understand it and they'll be like oh this is like the dumbest this is like when we were Exploding talking about that shit on it well they're, really? they're fucking dumb <laughs> i don't um, know if well should. i no 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 i got like i got it like 
actually like Matt at work like kind of like made hyped it up a little more for me and I feel like it's just something that if I watched it again I would like more but the problem was I didn't feel like watching it again this year so like maybe like next year or the year after if I rewatch it I'll like it a lot more that was the opposite it, it was that. really intense it yeah. was it was a movie that when that's I was another, watching like, it that's like this I, was like the year yeah. of intense yeah, movies. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, like s- suspense and and tension and <laughs> dude, I, that moment when she closes her eyes and then she opens them and my the favorite. dude's like, <laughs> the dude's like out the door. <laughs> my favorite shot. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I even said that. Like that movie has my favorite shot of the year, and it's so <laughs> fucking simple. As in that, it's in that scene, and it's just like it. It's it, a shot of the door, and then it pans over the Javier Bardem's emotionless face. And then, like, time passes, <laughs> it's the same shot, pans over, and it's just the same emotional, emotionless-looking look on his face. It's so fucking good. I felt I like that so shot so much. Frustrating. It's a frustrating watch. Like, you're yeah. you're feeling it, and you're like, you're like, why are these people, like, disrespecting her so much? And you realize that she's Mother Nature, you know? She's yeah. like, and it, and it makes so much sense. Because that's supposed to illustrate the feeling that, that, you should get from what's happening with the earth. You know what I mean? What was you going to say? Moots? <laughs> I felt like the first hour of the film was, uh, basi- the first time Moots has talked about it. Basically. Uh, well, I was listening to you guys talk. Um, <clears throat> so I, no, I'm was, saying in general was, uh, Jennifer Lawrence just reacting to things, <laughs> you know, Oh yeah. like the cinematography <laughs> totally in the film. It's like every time there's something going on, you know, the, the shot, the next shot would be of her just reacting to it and just be that look of like devastation on her face for like the first hour of the film. It was actually starting to make me laugh. I was like, that's kind of funny. Um, I didn't pick up on all the biblical stuff because I'm honestly not very versed in it, to be honest. Um, I, apparently, I'm more versed than I knew. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I was I was getting a lot of the symbolism and a lot of the metaphors that were in it within it, and uh, especially when I I knew what was going on right away. You know, I I looked it up after and I I started reading up on it a little bit more. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes a little bit more sense and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was it's an interesting watch, nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, just as simple as like something that I didn't get until afterwards, and I started once I found out that that the whole movie had to do with. Uh, religion and I was like I started thinking about things from in the movie I was thinking about like uh, the burst water pipes being like the the symbolism for the great flood and uh, the brothers I was like oh my god those are so obviously Cain and Abel like I don't know how I didn't pick that up in the while watching the movie yeah yeah Adam and Um, Eve I I think that was one of the easiest ones to pick up on actually yeah the the Cain and Abel one yeah yeah for some reason I didn't even think of that at all Baby, um, I guess baby it Jesus, early you know, like yeah, she was. Uh, that's they the... eat, they eat, they eat the, they eat the body because they're sinning because they're destroying Mother Earth, and the only way to repent of sins is to eat the body of Christ, aka the baby. So they decide to eat the baby. I think one of the, I think one of the more brilliant things in the film is that they, they left all the characters nameless. I think that was a good choice to do that. Yeah, you know, you don't give, you know, yeah, these type totally of biblical things names, that. right? Because you know just doesn't make sense but you know and i, I thought it was kind of cool like you know how you know uh jennifer lawrence's character she's fixing the house is kind of a metaphor for you know mending things and stuff and that's you know mother ma- mother nature doing that naturally and stuff and i i thought there was certain kind of subtleties in the film that i thought were actually quite cool yeah yeah and and you know it's obviously like the it we know that god is supposedly destroyed and recreated the earth many times 
and that is also shown showcased in the film. I'm not going to talk about Mother all day, but I, I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. I gave it a uh, nine out of ten. And honestly, I didn't rewatch it, but if I if I did, I could possibly even come up higher. Yeah, Carly. I mean, if you're not into, you know, that type of, I mean, if you totally 100% don't believe in the Bible and how God created the earth and things, this movie is probably a total miss for you then. <laughs> But right? that's yeah. but I don't, you know what I mean? That I fall in that category. Yeah. So, but it, it I still find it extremely interesting. You know what I mean? I found, so See, I'm I'm on that level too because I don't believe in God creating the earth. I believe in the Big Bang theory and like science, I'm a science person and I I find the whole Bible thing to be kind of laughable at times. It's just so far-fetched to me. Um but to see this in a visual is nevertheless very very interesting and and Aronofsky did a great job with the film. Nobody could do it better than he could. Yeah, yeah, so. it was great. Yep. Carly. Carly. All right. My number 10 of the year is Raw with a 9 out of 10. And, um, yeah, uh, this is definitely a movie that's, like, right up my alley. I, I find that um, these are becoming my favorite type of movies. I don't know what you would call this, but basically these movies where you have, like, this like just girl character who's kind of strange and like it's like coming of age character piece type just weirdness and I, I was just very interested in this one all the way through I feel like there were some like confusing moments and like you're kind of like what what the heck is going on but I also feel like there was like a story to be told and like it's all like it all kind of makes sense like some stuff I still didn't like understand by the end but at the same time, I really enjoyed the story and there was like actually like a part in it that made me really uncomfortable and made me feel like I was going to pass out. So I have to give it points for that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what, what scene was that? Um, it involved a vagina and a finger. And, you know. <laughs> Everything that Carly loved. No, Tuesday night for you, huh? No, no. The, the Brazilian scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk stuff. about the when the sister had her arm up the cow's ass. Oh, here we go. Oh, I thought you were talking about the hairy armpits because we had a long discussion about that. It's uh, it's interesting uh, that, that me out they even noted that in the film too. Her sister's like, really? Like you know, <laughs> I was you know yeah. give myself Brazilians. You, know, you still got fucking hair underneath your armpits. <laughs> that was kind of funny, but uh, that was interesting um mm. all right because you like may a lot too like movies like may and stuff like i i, yeah, I knew like, th- i didn't i tell you that this movie was gonna be up your alley yeah you like you said oh it's like may like i like movies like i characterize like may alice kills american mary and like excision those all just feel like the same type of movies to so me like, and like they're all like nice characters so yeah like female character studies <laughs> yeah that- and they're like I mean- weirdo stuff going on to them we got like scary. you got very similar taste yeah. you got very similar taste to me because i i'm i mean everybody knows how much i love may i think that's mm-hmm. a fucking brilliant film i Actually, give it a 10 out of 10 i i also have it at a 10 out of 10 too it's fantastic mm-hmm. but on that note of having very similar tastes coming in at number 10 i also have raw man at number 10 nice. with with a 9 out of 10 um I thought this movie was excellent. It's a great character study. It's got a really interesting story. Like you're not hundred percent sure um, about the whole cannibalism angle and stuff. And I, I like the way this one plays out. It's kind of a coming of age. It is. It's her trying to figure out her story. And I think the way it's directed and the way the story is driven in this actually works quite well. Um, 
I thought it was very intriguing through the whole thing on how they did it. And it's it's an interesting setting, too, because I couldn't help but laugh that, you know, she's, you know, at veterinarian school. And I couldn't yeah. help but notice. I mean, because that's interesting in itself. You don't see a lot of films kind of set in a, in a school, like just a specific vet school. But like how crazy the fucking students were. With the with the hazing rituals and shit, I'm like that shit goes on in a vet school. Like they're all going to be potential doctors. <laughs> I just can't imagine everyone being that fucking nuts. You know, with the hazing. Yeah, because they're and all shit. like ner- they're probably like all like nerdy. That's and, what like, I'm saying. Like you know it's a mean? different yeah. mentality when you're in like a college and you're you know you're majoring in fucking English or whatever else. <laughs> doctors' mindsets are very serious, and she obviously had a gift. Like she was very very smart and shit. And I just thought that that angle was very interesting to watch in the film. Um, yeah, some really disturbing parts in the film, actually, and a couple made me smile, but uh, overall, it was a really good watch. Really good watch. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Subtitled, by the way. It's a French film for the people out there yeah. that don't know, so you're going to have to read it. Yes. All right. So, number 10, I have Hansa Love, JP has Mother, and Carly and Moods have Raw. Going old school, <laughs> like how we used to do it. Right, one cool. time I'm I was down. on. Recaps. All right. Mo- Moods, what is the number 10 film of the audiences? Ah, Jeremy's on point. Look at that. <laughs> there we go. All right. So coming in number 10 from the official communal top 10 list voted by all you people listening. In at number 10 is The Dark Song from Not IFC. A dark song. Or A Dark Song. Yeah. Good choice. Cool, cool pick, guys. That actually kind of surprised me a little bit that enough people had that on their list to be in. That's pretty cool. I think it's the Netflix effect. Yeah. Oh, you know, I never thought it's on of that. Netflix. That actually makes complete sense now. <laughs> didn't, I, I did not think of it like that. Yes. All right, Jeremy. Number nine. Right. Number nine with a 9.0. I have Raw. <laughs> really? Three in a row. Wow. <laughs> So I liked Raw. I had, I think, uh, when I I haven't seen this since I did my initial review, but when I first watched it, I had some problems with the the interactions between the parents and our main character. I think like there's some there's just some iffy things going on with like with with her being a cannibal and and, and that opening scene when she's in the diner and she's eating meat. Just it, it didn't make sense to me how that didn't fucking make her go mental. But if you want to listen what, to my thoughts, you could. What do you mean the? Uh... The main character eating meat or the parents yeah. eating meat? No, the main the main character because she well, never she eaten flips out. Well, she, she flips d- out. She's the, like, you can't. The, she the, we don't eat. I meat. know, but she's like, how do she? How do you not like? She pretty much was like biting and eating it a little bit. How does she? I don't no, no, know. No, 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 no. Had that no, argument. No, no, I didn't no, no, think no, she no. actually ate it. No, no, no. What happened, Jeremy? Is she? You know, opted out of the. Pr- they even have a conversation when she's up at the at the food aisle grabbing her food, and she's just like, I want mashed potatoes, and they're like, protein. They're like, no, no. So she, the only thing she had on her plate was mashed potatoes. And when she started eating in there, a piece of meat got mixed into the mashed potatoes by accident because it's... And she know. ate it. No, well, she put it in her mouth and then she fucking freaks out and spits it out. She's like, oh, and then that's when the mother... But she doesn't, but nothing is ingested. Nothing. Well, it, uh, what, don't you think just the taste of flesh? No, I don't. Go? No, not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Why would it be the taste? That's not the moment well, when things... how, how do how do things get into your body, right? They're ingested, they dissolve, they go through your you know 
all the systems. But she's never tasted. Like, I just think system. like, oh, she's never like tasted it before, and that's why she's not. She doesn't follow the the same suits as her sister and her parents. So, I the, just the reason why she's she never does, she's not ingested. She's a vet because I mean it's kind of explained in the end of the film too. I mean, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, she was kind of lean that way not to indulge in meats for a reason. It's not given to you until the end of the film. But that's not the turning point when she all of a sudden has this crazy desire to eat fi- uh, to eat film <laughs> to eat meat. <laughs> yeah, eating film. That's gross. But that's not the point. I mean, that is the moment when the audience has shown that she's really truly a vegetarian, and it's got, it's got a nice contract because she's going to vet school too, right? Which is mm-hmm. obviously I, I love that. I think it's really cool. Um, I think it has more to do with the fact that she gets completely carried in blood. You know, so did you did you like anything about it or? Well, it's a, it's a very <laughs> it's a very interesting film because as you guys remember when we were talking about uh, when we did some cannibal films in our last week of Italian Horror Month, you remember when we were reviewing Cannibal Ferox? I was talking about how cannibal films aren't really my favorite type of thing. I really don't like watching them, but if if they're presented in this kind of style where it's not always only about uh, eating people. And it's, and it's there's more you know character development and things like that then they're okay and I, I it's a really interesting uh, as Carly says I, I I enjoy strong female characters too I think it's a very interesting thing especially if you connect it back with with current society and how people see these girls and what are expected of them and I think that uh, it, it's there's a lot of interesting things going on in that sense in this movie but I think I have to rewatch it to fully grasp. Uh, mm-hmm. Some more things. Well, about yeah, it, keep but... in mind that the cannibalism is secondary. It's yeah. really a coming of age drama, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just so happens that you know, in this situation, there's this cannibalism slash pseudo vampirism, whatever it is. I don't really. There, think there is a nice contrast explained. with her character and herself, though, because. You know, she is kind of portrayed as a strong character. Like, she knows what she wants, and that's not... Is she a strong character, though? Well, no. Is she, she portrayed as a strong character? In the, it, it, She... I don't think She's so. showcased as one because she knows that she doesn't want meat. But then the contrast to that is, is she's also a weak character, too, because she falls victim to, you know, the, the sensation for meat and stuff. And it, it's kind of an interesting... See, I never saw her because as a she positive com- she comes co- throughout the entire po- thing. Really? Like, no, she. I, I mean, just being able. I mean, the information that we're given. I mean, up into the. But point, you could just tell by on her look that she's miserable, even at the beginning of the movie, before anything even happens. I, I don't necessarily think she's miserable. I, I just think, think she's so. like an she's like sort of like an outcast a little bit. I you think know it's what I mean? showcase yeah. that maybe she wants to indulge, but she knows. I mean, she's been taught otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe she's just a little bit confused. I mean, she's still basically young, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's kind of naive to the whole thing. So, I mean, that's what well, she's, she's naive in. to a lot of things yeah. like, you know, sexual things, just like any type of, you know, hanging out like just, you know, she's she's well, those are my favorite moments of the film was was her and her interactions with her roommate. Those think, are definitely the highlight of the movie. I thought the subplot actually with the was very odd. With her gay roommate but, and just yeah. how things evolved into what they did. And I mean, obviously, it leads into what happens and things, but like that, that's such an odd subplot, though. I don't think, I mean, would they even allow that? I mean, if you asked for like a female, would you just automatically throw like a gay male into 
as yeah, I don't a roommate? think that's the thing that happens. I don't think that would ever happen. No. <laughs> so mad. I don't know. Well, would I don't it be know like they do what, if France. Carly went to school? You could just say you're like, gay. Oh, I want I want JP as my roommate. Like, I know, but you could just that say you're gay. Like, <laughs> well, don't they have like co-ed dormitories in certain <laughs> places? I know, but she requested a female. They're not mm-hmm. going to just go against her wishes and put a gay male in there. I mean, she, maybe it's it has nothing to do with the sexuality. She doesn't want. Maybe she just doesn't want a male in there. Period. You know? Well, maybe maybe in France they don't they don't give no fucks. Could be, I mean, they're could also be true. at vet school and getting haze, so it's the whole thing's kind of like unrealistic. But I know I just can't I can't yeah. see the hazing rituals being that crazy in the, yeah in a fucking vet school. I don't know, but it was still Who kind knows? of fun to watch. But it, it's just like it was it, that film seemed like it was insanely messy to make. You know, with all the paint <laughs> and all the blood, like it seems like every scene they're just covered in well, something. French, French is always blood. <laughs> okay, French I, love their blood. Okay, but what, like the paint, like that scene where yeah, she yeah, walks yeah. into the room and just gets plowed in the fucking face with the paint. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I actually erupted off. laughing. I was like, "Holy shit, man! That's such a that's such an oddball scene too." The way that whole thing goes down, but mm-hmm. but yeah, raw, good stuff. All right, JP, <clears throat> coming in at my number nine is a movie that originally was a little bit higher on my list, but kind of fell as I watched more stuff. And it is titled The Transfiguration, which is currently on Netflix. Uh, this movie is awesome. Like, I, I, I literally can't believe the hate for this movie. Like, it, it, it seemed like it got a lot of hate. Um, Exploding Heads didn't like it uh, for the most part. Uh, I think they said it was okay. I love this movie. Again, coming of age drama with a vampire lore mixed in i just love the concept of the it's almost like kind of meta too like this kid judges how good a vampire film is like he collects all these vampire films on like vhs <laughs> and like classic stuff like near dark and and fright and night fright night and even modern stuff like let the right one let in, in. <laughs> and and he judges them on how good they are based on how realistic they are. <laughs> yeah. It's just a cool concept and and there's this whole like I guess I've never seen Martin but I've heard like kind of this is what like Martin's kind of like where it's like you don't know if he's like actually a vampire or if it's just like it, like an act or or like what's going on but it's like part hood horror and it's like this troubled youth who meets this girl and there's this like like uh, romantic thing going on um and we can't tell if it's like you know it's like this fantasy reality thing and it's just a, it's a, just a disturbed kid who lives a rough life in the hood and sort of just this fascination with vampires i, I just thought that it blended well and i truly like this movie man i thought it was i thought it was such a cool experimental type of type of movie and and i i, I thought it was good casting great acting definitely sort of had a little bit of a low budget tinge to it but uh, I think it's it some pretty good cinematography for low budget. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I, I came in at nine out of ten on this one as well. I love the uh, the aspect of how he's using the vampire films, pretty much as research to almost create his own rules and mythology. Exactly, I love that. Yeah. I love because yeah, he's walking around in the day, so you know, like. Yeah, it's like, not your normal kind of vampire. It's like he's so confused that he's he's trying to use this material to convince himself that he is a vampire or can become one. It's yeah. it's really fucked up. It's got a real psychological thing going on there, and yeah, great film. 
Really yeah, and, th- and this was a directorial debut from a director named Michael O'Shea. I assumed it was going to be a black guy, but it wasn't. It's just like an, an older looking white dude <laughs> with like shaggy hair. I, I know. I looked that up too, and I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's a hell of a debut for for um, you know, a first time director. This is a film. year of debuts too. Yeah, it's a lot movies. of freshman good movies. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Yep. Good stuff. Carly. All right. Uh, my number nine coming in again with a nine out of 10 is get out. Um, this is one that was much higher on my list, like towards the beginning of the year, but you know, I watched a lot more since then, but um, I still thought it was a great film. Um, I, I remember when I first saw the trailer, it was like way before the movie was going to come out. And like, I just saw it like on Facebook randomly. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, even this, this, cause it like seemed like it was like maybe a comedy or a horror. And like, I couldn't even tell like what type of movie it was trying to be. So that got me interested right away. And then, um, you know, yeah, me, it made me go, this looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember well, early on Carly, when we were, I think we went <laughs> to see like split or something uh-huh. and they started showing all the trailers that were coming out, you know, in the months to come. And I was, and that was one of them. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, dude, like, the, like, well, we're gonna see every one of these." You know what I mean? And right. yeah, th- then we. Oh, I think it was me, you, Robin, and Shane who went and seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a great night. And like, um, I just thought the story was um, pretty unique, and um, just throughout the just the way the people, the characters act, just gives you this like unsettling feeling. Like you, you just have like all these like high class white people and they're just very strange and like you just like feel you just feel for this like black guy like you know something's like up and he knows something's up and then I also felt like the comedy was like really hilarious like I remember in the theaters like I was laughing so hard I couldn't stop at one point which is really weird in a horror film but it actually worked for me I thought it was like cool comic relief and yeah in general I just really enjoyed it I wish I could have rewatched it because like I don't remember it fully but it's definitely one i will rewatch in the future yeah i mean i think that the you mentioned the comic relief like it is legitimately that like his comic friend relief. is so funny yeah it's, yeah, it's literally like- so much removed from the story that it's actually like at a separate place and it's like mm-hmm. in a separate you know part of the film that it, it like works perfect in that comic relief and it never feels like it oversteps its bounds yeah as well as as well as just the crazy social relevancy of this movie and just the uh like is this jordan pill's first film i think so yes like, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. that is insane yeah. you know what i, I think mean? it was yeah it's not his tv show but <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i'm i'm, sh- I'm pretty, yeah. pretty shocked if we don't hear about get out again yeah so <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So coming in at number nine for myself with a nine out of 10. And that is, it comes at night. Um, mm. Yeah, man, th- this film, <laughs> cause I, I was, I, well, I shouldn't say I was late to the, the parade on this <laughs> well, one, but everyone saw it be- so much. Everybody yeah. just <laughs> happened to see it before me. And man, this is one of the films I was talking about off the top of the show that 
had the biggest mixed reactions I've ever seen. People were scrapping over the JP. I've never seen JP get so, so worked mad. up over someone calling this film a drama. In I, my entire but life. you know what, dude? I let it go completely. If you notice, because I was just so exhausted at talking about it. If you notice, I didn't comment about it comes at night and say a single thing after I had that huge rant on the podcast. I was like, you know, what? I said my piece. I'm done. <laughs> just people are gonna do whatever they want with it. I'm still very shocked at people saying that this is not a horror film. I mean, this is exactly what I I don't know what it is people are missing about it or just don't get, but it completely is a horror film. I mean, the horror is in the anticipation. It's in it it makes you feel so antsy and uncomfortable watching this film because you don't know what is coming. Right. That's the horror of it. And I think it's really brilliant, man. It has such an excellent atmospheric feel to it. Um, what's outside it's very Nothing. subtle it's very subtle in this approach and it's i mean it is slower and i get that for some people they're just like okay we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting but that's where you know some people they have to see what actually came you know and it's it's not really what it's about Nothing. And, <laughs> right and you know and so when people don't see an actual monster or something out there it's just like complete loss yeah. they, they write it off completely and that's what i liked about this film was the subtle approach to it and how it, it, it's, it's the a fear little, of the unknown it's a fear yeah, of the what unknown. it is it's it's yeah. unsettling it's unsettling and that approach to me worked very very well uh it's you know it can be a little bit ambiguous you know you can you know kind of translate it however you want to but it was intentionally left uh, like uh, many things in the film were intentionally left up to uh, interpretation exactly and there's nothing wrong with that and i personally enjoyed the ride there you know it's just the acting was interesting the setting was awesome and just the whole story was it's very subtle but it worked for myself because it kept me intrigued you know i mean if you're not a fan of slow burn type films then i can see you not associating yourself with this type of film but i think on all levels of horror it was done very well cinematography was fantastic uh and it had some great scenes it had a couple really great scenes in the film and you know, and sometimes that's what makes a film. Comes at night. I thought it was excellent. Nine out of ten. Yeah. All right. So number nines. I have raw. JP has Transfiguration. Carly has Get Out, and Moods has It Comes at Night. So, Mister Moods, what does the audience choose for the number ninth film? Number nine on the official communal list. Black Coat's Daughter. Black Coat's Daughter. In it, number AKA nine. February. Yes. Yep. Jeremy. Jeremy, back All right. to you. Number eight, coming in at 9.0. It's a film titled... Now, hold up. Can I stop you guys real quick? When did we start giving our ratings before we talk about the movie? It's really bugging me. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like super me. annoying to me. I think when the Jeremy... whole 9.0 thing is bugging me. I think yeah, when Jeremy we started. we don't say points either. <laughs> Unless it's .5, damn it. <laughs> so what do you want me to do? Do you not want me to say my rating? Say it after say it. you talk about the movie. <laughs> okay. You don't just want to keep on doing what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> it's been bugging me the entire time. So why don't you say something? Dude? I did just now. Do it. on number eight. I mean, it's not that bad. I don't think I could have made it to number five without saying anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, number eight, I have Savage Land. Out. So really interesting. I was looked, you know, just cruising JP's watch list that he has on Letterboxd trying to find something to watch. Came across it, and it was actually getting like pretty good reviews on Letterboxd. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out. And it's a really, really interesting, low budget found footage film or 
it's it's like a mockumentary found footage film type of style. And this this just shows you that you really don't need money to make a, a really interesting horror film. It's just basically about this town in uh, southern, I think it's southern Texas, that gets wiped out. And uh, the blame is put on this one guy. And he's the only survivor of this town who got completely massacred. And he has this roll of film that documents what happens. And uh, it's it's just trying to figure out what happened to this town. And is this guy innocent or is he actually uh, guilty for his crimes of m- completely murdering this whole town? And there's a whole bunch of uh, social commentary and things like that going on towards the end of the movie. That's really interesting. But what's really effective of this movie is the, the still pictures themselves of uh, what happened in this town the night that everybody got massacred that this guy took who's accused of murdering all these people. They're so effective and they're, and they're generally creepy because they're just blurry shots and we see something in the background and you don't really know what it is. And even at the end of the movie, you really have no idea what really happened in this town. But it's just like the, the imagination and you as the audience having to picture what actually went down is really, really the most... Uh, interesting thing of this movie i was really blown away by this one it was really really good in my opinion so uh and i really haven't heard that many people talk about it or recommend it so if you guys had a chance to check out savage land check it out it's pretty good i, really I haven't heard it anybody I, talk about it i didn't get to this one actually Lids, did you watch this one i couldn't find it <clears throat> okay so yeah, i couldn't find I, it i i so me and jeremy the only people that watched it here tonight um i had major issues with it um, I liked it. I love the concept. Really cool. I think the biggest fault to this film is it's set up like a faux documentary, but nobody is talking as if I, I guess the dialogue isn't written to be realistic enough to, to really get you to, to get into the story. Uh, cause every time somebody would talk, I'd be like, nobody would say that like that, you know, in, if they were just being interviewed in front of a camera, you know, it's almost but these too people are being point. interviewed for the documentary though. That's what I know, but I watched, maybe this hurts the film, but I've recently watched like 50 episodes of forensic files in the past like month. All right. I know how people talk while interviewed on camera and none of these people sound like people that are like like the crime scene investigators and stuff none of them are talking in the context of which somebody talks when they're talking about a crime scene it's just i just felt like the dialogue wasn't researched enough and also i didn't really like how all of the pictures were like so blurry and it just to me it was that like was the okay point, though yeah, but it just didn't You're seem like that. You're not supposed to know what it is. Why? If if some dude's running for his life and he's just and he's just taking a picture, it wouldn't be all clear and not all fucked up. Because then it doesn't make sense that he would be running for his life while taking forty some pictures in different spots. He had to be at least in control of uh, his emotions a little bit to take pictures in general if he's running yeah, but he's just basically running and the just... story is that there's this town that like it's a super small town only like you know a couple dozen of people they all are dead one guy's left and basically they're pinning the murders of all these people on him but his pictures clearly show some sort of zombie infection outbreak right and so 
it's basically his defense. I didn't like how he didn't want to say anything about it. It just there was there was a lot of suspect things in this film for the sake of filmmaking to make the story work, um, and you know changing things and 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 catering uh, very conveniently to certain aspects in order to tell the story the way they wanted to, which was a cool way to tell the story. But I overall I felt like they catered to it um, and left things out and purposely. Uh, manipulated things that just would never happen in order to make the story fit. So that was my biggest issue with it. I did think it was good, though. Okay. Sorry, sorry to tear down your... your I don't movie. give a shit. You <laughs> fucking liked Annabelle, and that movie was crap, so I don't give a shit. You like Bye Bye Man, too, Annabelle's and that better than this crappy. Movie. I don't think so. <laughs> All All right, in the show notes, I'm going to put... Uh, Jeremy and JP's full-length review of Savage Land. <laughs> um, well, no one so, knows what it's about, so if I'm the only one, me and JP are the only two who have seen it. It's yeah, a very interesting concept. It. It's like about Brandon a guy saw who's it. the... Yeah, Brandon's seen it. Yeah. He's the one that recommended me, actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's about, like, it's like the la- any zombie movie or slasher movie you see, how there's always the like last person, like the final person in a massacre. Well, it's like kind of what would happen afterwards where it's like, oh, did you kill all these people? You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's like a realistic look at what would happen to a survivor of some sort of incident in in the last survivor type thing. You know what I mean? A cool concept. Really cool. I just felt like it missed on the faux documentary format. That's my biggest problem. Um I'm a, I'm a, I love found footage films. I truly do. And I just felt like there were just things that were off that just made it seem very non-believable, which obviously it's fake. I mean, it's about like zombies or something, but you know, in you sure the it wasn't whole the point clan. Of footage, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, everybody think- was like Mexican in there. So, <laughs> well, the clan the clan doesn't not like Mexicans. No, I'm saying the clan can't be Mexicans. Yeah, I'm saying, but, but everybody in, clan, in those pictures like Mexican. Yeah, do you think it was the clan? <laughs> it entered my mind a little bit. Oh, I thought it was zombies. <laughs> kind of entered my mind. That, okay, you, like, well, that kind of adds a different spin on it. Like I'd have to rewatch sheriff, it. Like the sheriff and everybody in the bar was part of the clan, and they went and they killed this old town because they were Mexicans. White power. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, coming in at, what are we on, eight here? Were they killed all by the burrito slayer? <laughs> <laughs> all right. coming, in, coming in at number eight for me, I have um, the Netflix original Gerald's Game. Uh, this was considered for the longest time a uh, unadaptable story from Stephen King because it involves one woman tied to a bed, husband dies of a heart attack, and she's there for the whole movie and I, I never read the story but apparently it has it goes like in and out of her mind and stuff so how do you adapt that um i haven't read the story like i said but i think that this was done like perfect um i believe this is mike flanagan um who is now a third time repeater on my list this is the third year i've had a flanagan film on my list uh last year it was hush the year before that it was oculus um He's a really good director, and I think he nailed this film. I thought this film was so damn creepy, especially with some of the reveals at the end. Um, I love contained horror. You guys know that about me. And I just thought this was such a good contained horror film. 
it's just a brilliant setup. Like Stephen King is such a G dude. He just comes up with the greatest concepts, greatest ideas ever. Uh, and he just, he just knows how to write characters and write story. And I just feel like this movie completely nails what I want in a contained horror film, uh, in, in a film that's about, um, you know, fear of, uh, going forward, like, like the impending doom fear, you know, it's, it's really good, well acted, and I just I really like the ending too. So uh, came in at a nine out of ten on Gerald's game. It's such a basic nice. idea that's so scary, you know. You, you don't really think about yourself ever falling into a situation like that, being handcuffed to a bed. But you know? it's entirely possible, is what was so cool about it, right? Like it's like oh, it no, makes no. so much sense. Yeah, but could you imagine putting yourself into that situation, like you being handcuffed to the bed, and no one around <laughs> like that's that's terrifying oh yeah S- slowly kind of come to your death ah oh, that's kind of cool but as far as i know you know it was funny because i read about three quarters of this book back in the day when it came out i still have the original pressing original pressing <laughs> the original print of the book and so i watched the film and i kept saying to myself i'm like i don't remember the ending to this movie like i don't remember like i remember the concept in the book and uh, so I went and grabbed my book, and I still had my bookmark in the spot where I stopped <laughs> reading. I read like ninety percent of this book, and for some odd reason, never finished it. Isn't that fucking Did you finish it? Strange. No, I actually never. I oh. didn't. Even, I, sh- I, I know. I was going to be like, and then I finished. No, it. I should have. I should have. But it was funny. Well, I kind of had the intention to do it because someone had mentioned right after I finished watching the film that uh, Flanagan actually changed the ending from the original story. So the adaptation is a little bit different in the ending of this. Um, so that's interesting. So I think I am going to go back and, you know, check out the, the actual Stephen King ending that he used and stuff. So, um, which was actually kind of the, I, the very end of the film with some of the reveals and stuff. I was, that's where it kind of lost me a little bit. I didn't think it was overly the greatest. And normally I wouldn't buy stuff like that, but yeah. I just thought it was done so creepily. And, and honestly, like not, like completely uh, into the realm of fantasy either. Yeah. I, I thought the whole ride there was pretty scary. And I, li- I liked a lot of the, the things that were happening. I think it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some nastiness and it, some really good, like even dialogue, you know, I mean, in a contained film like that, I always say you need good dialogue to keep you interested too. Right. You know, if you just get real stale conversations and shit, it, it just gets fucking boring, monotonous. And it's just whatever, just end this misery right now. Um, wow, yeah. I threw in the word misery in a Stephen King. Wow. D- oh. Didn't even mean to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Gerald's game was, and you know, it, it really doesn't, uh, it really helps that uh, the, the lead actress in the film, what's her name? I always forget what her name is, but fuck, she's so hot, man. <laughs> she's, uh, everything I've ever that. seen her in, man, she's just so fucking hot. Uh, Couldn't have picked a better, she's so hot, better man. Milfie, man. Th- those she's, of you curious as well. She's um, so good looking. <clears throat> Uh, last year, um, Hush made my number seven spot, which was a Flanagan film, and the in uh, two years before that, in 2014, Oculus made my number seven as well. Um, so Flanagan, man, thir- a three-peat. I don't think I've had another director do a three-peat, which is pretty cool. You know, those previous years, those films just missed my top ten. Actually, I, don't think, <laughs> I think Oculus was a little further down, but uh, Hush was really good, too. Yeah, those guys, mm-hmm. he's on point. He's on point with his films. Yeah, definitely. Carly. I, 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 good. Um, my number eight 
I'm very shocked that this made my list at all, and that is Brimstone with a 9 out of 10. Wow, uh, why you didn't you fucking pitch so for breaking hard. the rule, you fucking asshole, saying 9 out of 10? Yeah, what the hell, Carly? We Fuck just you, I thought, I thought we did it. I thought you meant, like, after we say the title, we can do it. No, you saying it before. Damn it. What do you want me to do? Like, after I give a big dialogue, my whole monologue? Yeah, that's how oh, we've done God, it that man. way for years. I don't know why everybody's breaking the mold. I'm just doing it's what because you guys Jeremy do, started okay? out because he went first and he gave his rating right away and he kind of set that the bar. That was my right fault. There. I tried to do something good by doing a recap and you got punched me in the balls. I'm just saying no, that's the, the recap is it. good, but I'm saying you're giving your rating right All when you right, give the title. I won't do it anymore. Do you do that in what we watch? Do you like, <laughs> I gave this film a 7 out of 10. All right, let me talk about it now. <laughs> it's just so anticlimactic. Uh, <laughs> Who gives their reading a rating at the beginning of a review? It's the top 10. People are going to find out anyway. I, I just felt like I would forget what like to give my rating before I moved on. You know, oh, how about just don't? All right, all right. Oh, I see how it is. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> you were yeah. hating on this film so bad. It. Fuck you. <laughs> I wasn't. I it just all sounded awful to me. Like I hate period pieces. I don't like Dakota Fanning. I like it's. It was like two and it was over two hours long. It just sounded like just a mess and I really wasn't even gonna watch this honestly but then like I was kind of out of films I really wanted to watch and so I thought okay I'll squeeze this in because everyone's talking about it now and yeah um I just thought like the performances were great I love the way the story is told like in those chapters but like they're out of order and um just like I also, I actually do, even though I don't like these old-timey movies, like, I kind of do, like, the Western setting. I've only seen, like, one one or two Western movies in my life, but I really like that setting, and it's funny, I actually um was talking to uh, Austin Schroyer about this movie afterwards, and I was like, this movie made me want to play R- Red Red Dead Redemption, and he was like, <laughs> I actually I actually went and played that after, and, like... So yeah, I just, it, I just it did really me too. I'm setting. not even gonna lie. I really love Red Dead Redemption. There's a number two coming out soon. Yeah, the game's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and like, yeah, I just thought this movie story was. Some people are saying it's like not horror, but it was definitely like horrifying. Just like the whole just basic concept of it is just so messed up. And I just love the dramatic moments. And I, I really just I couldn't believe how much I like this. At, at the core of this film, it's so disturbing. Yeah. It's utterly disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I thought the, like, girl who played, like, the younger, like, Dakota fan, what's her name? Liz slash whatever, the uh, Joanna. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought, like, the younger girl did a great job, too. She even looked like Dakota Fanning, like, how they, like, they looked like they would be the same person. Yeah, true that. Yeah. So good. Such, such an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I love the non-linear story. Did you get watch this, Jeremy? Negative. I you said he you. was gonna watch it, and that's He's why told I watched me he it. Was. Do you think that? Do you think the Eight. film would have had the same effect if they just did it in you know in a, in a straight timeline? Because no, they use this kind of broken no. linear storyline yeah. where because they because because there's so many reveals that happen in that timeline in that non-linear timeline where you're like who's this oh oh that's who that is you know but i, I will mm. say like the last two yeah. like chapters i didn't like as much as like the first two like the first two segments i was really into it then the last two like maybe it's because it was so long but like like they were still strong like in general the whole movie was really strong but like the last two i didn't like as much as the first two sections 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I, li- I like the first two more, but I like the last two as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I li- like I like them all in general. But yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right, moving along here. Number eight, a German film called Der Nightmare or Der Night- The Nightmare. Yes. Um, this one was fucking awesome, man. It's like a, it's like a psychological drama horror film, uh, basically about this girl that, she's, you know, they live in Berlin and her and her friends are just fucking partying up for the summer and shit, and all of a sudden she like starts having these visions of like this creature, and so and she has like no idea what the fuck's going on. She thinks that she's tripping balls. She doesn't know if it's real or in her mind or whatever. So she essentially goes to a shrink. And he kind of, like, suggests that, you know, she faces her fears, you know, start talking to, you know, and maybe that'll kind of recede it. Who knows? Maybe it might be a manifestation of her fears and stuff like that. And it kind of goes on from there. Man, the ride in this one is fantastic, man. Um, The creature effects, I thought, were fantastic. Also, I thought the soundtrack was great. I was really into this film. I thought it was just all around fantastic stuff. But I like how it keeps you intrigued because there is there's some moments in this film where you start questioning things. You're like, is this all in her mind or is it not? And I like that about psychological films. You know, sometimes you're just like, okay, you can kind of feel the outcome coming, you know, but this one, I, I wasn't actually hundred percent sure. It was such a strange film filled with so many emotions, man. So many emotions. There's actually one scene in this film. I like, I felt so bad. Like it literally hit me and I was like, Oh my God, that that man it was like super emotional and shit i was like that's hard to do in a horror film you know <clears throat> and uh mm. that one did it for me just a raging ball of emotions for myself and i really liked the ending i thought it was fantastic really cool stuff the nightmare so Anyone see it so was it in her mind or was it not well i'm not going to give away the film i Why? saw it what? i saw it too did you yeah no i'm cool. not going to give away for the people who are listening who haven't seen it no, that's fine. I don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I mean, really, I think going into the film, just having a basic premise and just kind of, you know, enjoying the ride. I think it's... Uh, I, I thought this was like a worse version of We Are the Flesh. Worse? Worse. Dude. Really? Yeah, I, I just didn't... I didn't rock with it that much, dude. Like, I, like, I, I was like, okay, nothing in this movie makes sense. I didn't love it, but like oh, I, I wouldn't it was... say it's less than We Are the Flesh. Like, I, I think I thought... We Are the Flesh is awesome. Ugh. This movie I thought was good, but I just I don't know. Like I, I thought it was like kind of dumb, honestly. Like I, unless I'm what? missing something, which is why I asked that question because I was like, okay, well this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. I don't know how this makes sense. Um, what 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 is this fucking thing? You know, is this supposed to be a uh, 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 bat? Uh, metaphorical for um, like a bad trip is it supposed to be in like drug um, you know anti-drug type cautionary tale what is this thing and I did at the end of it <laughs> I didn't have answers for any of the questions that I had so I was like it's not good well they, uh, it's they, good but they it's just not took the, they took good. the general premise of how everybody has fears right like we all have certain types of fears and things like that but in her case, the, the her fears just manifested into something physically or something physical, so or maybe not. Fear? 
she just has general fears of like life and and everything. It's just a fear. Like that is just a manifestation of a general fear. You don't even have to know what the fear is. It's just because that's what it becomes. And it becomes, you know, almost like another fear for her because now she's like psychologically fucked up because, you know, so she's having these problems within her life. And then now this has kind of come to the forefront, but which actually ends up being kind of the savior for her too. So, so fear is the savior. Well, in this sense, it helps her get over the fears facing her fear because it helps her face her fears. But but she doesn't really face it. Like, what does she do to what overcome do you mean, what, fear? What do you mean she doesn't face it? At, at one she point, she befriends she's, it. She's scared. She, exactly. And that's how you <laughs> well, that's how yeah. you get over your fears is by facing You befriend fears. fear? Dude, what the you fuck, face, man? You, like, you face, face it. it. This is general, legitimate questions. Dude, you know how they tell you to get over <laughs> shit is by doing it. If you're afraid of heights, mm-hmm. go up and face it. That's what she's doing with this. Oh, you don't face your fear. Facing anything. It's like a generalization of fear, which is not well set up because we don't know what she fears. If you're just saying it's a just generalization of fear, it just doesn't make sense for the character that much because it, there's nothing that shows that she's scared of anything. You don't need it's, to know it's not man. like she's this like agoraphobic or like super you know what i mean like what fear is she facing fear of the unknown i guess but then it's like okay exactly. so so she, how is she overcoming it, it by, by 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 manifesting it into an actual thing she's not actually overcoming it she's just like hey yeah, i see it the physical representation of her fear and by her facing that that's how she overcomes it because she's not scared of it anymore Right, because it, but, if she's but, not scared of it, then she doesn't, doesn't have do any fear. Anything. But, but the, then she it's, have it's any kind fear. of a bad thing to say that that fear can't hurt you, though, right? Like, so it's like saying like, oh, fear will never hurt you if you just if you just are cool with it in the same room. You know it was never I mean? trying. Like, to, it was never get, trying to hurt her, though. It was just a manifestation of her of her mentality or her instability in life, right? And that's why she's terrified of the thing at first. You know, when she sees this thing moving, she's fucking freaking out, and then she gets some advice. You know, like. Try and face it, you know, talk to it and face it and things like that. And then when she realizes that the thing is actually not out to hurt her, it actually helps her. But is that even true that fear, it, that things you're afraid of aren't out to hurt you? Well, it depends what the fear is. Well, that's the problem with generalizing fear into everything instead of actually having a specific fear of something. You know, fear of the dark would have worked perfect because it's like, okay. See, I don't you know, think. Yeah, but I mean. I mean, if you have if you have a fear of well, it depends. What you, it really does. It depends what you have a fear of, I guess. I mean, not all things that you're afraid of are out to get you. you yeah, know, like, but but by saying that nothing is, it kind of hurts the the concept, in my opinion. You I know what I mean? So. I because think- they don't specifically name what she's afraid of. That I that it's supposed to be a generalization fear of everything or anything. Then actually manifesting it into something that that is clearly. A good thing to her or like something that's going to be on her side i think it adds to the mystery completely i don't think you it need does to add to the mystery but it also hurts the concept i don't think so i don't think I just, it hurts the concept at all i think it's a mystery thing and and that's part of the ride because it's it's you know it's so psychological right you don't need to know those specifics. I mean, it worked. It worked completely. Well, worked I, for me. I, I kind of gave my point into why i think you do in terms of because saying that fear is never not being afraid of fear is not a good thing for survival in general i just can't get with the concept really you know what i mean fear is good for you you're supposed to fear things and if you have no fear and you know and and well having you know, because fear it generalizes but having fear makes you aware though too in real life 
If you have yeah. no fear, you're more likely to do something fucking moronic and probably something stupid just, that'll end up killing yeah. yourself, right? So having fears is a good thing, right? I think, but having too much fear can manifest into mentality issues and yeah, and go too much fear bad. No fear, bad as well. You, know, you have to have I, some. I, I think what they're fear. getting across, though, too. I mean, it's a combination of her having these kind of unknown fears. I mean, it could be life related. It could be whatever related. So why can other people see these fears of hers? It's also a combination of her being on drugs too. Maybe it's a paranoia thing. I don't know. I mean, because they do showcase so, that a lot. Her and her okay, friends so, are so into why partying can, and stuff. Why can people see it then? Because I think that she got over fears enough that it manifested into an actual physical reality. Right. I so don't that know. thing is real. Yes. That's retarded. I thought it was like a. So at first, I thought it was like a self-esteem thing because at the beginning they like take that picture of her and make her like that creature on her camera, and she's like pissed off and like delete that, delete that. And I yeah. thought it was kind of like a teenage, like just a self-conscious like teenager thing, like trying to like I don't know, like the fear was like just being a teenager and being awkward and like growing up type deal but i don't really know like i was really kind of works better if you don't if if it is all just a like a metaphorical manifestation instead of a literal one yeah yeah no but 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 i think that's what it was kind of cool about it because i think for the viewer i think we were all anticipating it to be that yeah expecting that but when but when it goes the opposite that's what shocked me i was like but the problem is it doesn't make any fucking sense when when it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to make sense it has to make sense why does that have to make sense why does that why does anything have to make sense any movie have to make sense exactly my point nothing has to make sense for it to be to good or to work for a specific individual right it's a cop-out no it's not i mean it's a cop-out to you it's not to me i thought it, it worked it, perfectly it, it, what, okay explain to me how it isn't because a cop-out <laughs> because it's different i mean it's, it's it, different it's but it doesn't something. make sense because how can okay so this thing literally you know manifests into a actual what's creature what's wrong with that i don't understand what your point is what is fucking wrong with that so you're you're not I mean, you're not explaining what's wrong with that. See, I think that's because very it, cool it, that it, it manifests. I think that's actually really Everything is alluding to the fact that it is in her it's head. Also proving, it's also that, proving to everybody that actually gets to see these things that she's not crazy. Because if you're watching the film, you know, she's in and out of these crowds and people are starting to think that she's legitimately fucking crazy, right? And that's kind of the proof that she's not. So on that level, it's proving that she's not fucked in the head, you know? When it manifests into a real thing, she actually wasn't fucking crazy. So, okay, but but there's other things in the film that alludes to the fact that she is like when it's eating well, the eggs. You're gonna have to have right? one side of the. You're listen, gonna- listen, listen. Okay, prove this then. She's the the things eating the eggs. She says I can't eat those because I'll get a rash. And then later, like a couple scenes later, when she leaves the house, she has a rash, indicating that she is that thing. Okay, but we know okay, that. So she, it, but she it, has it, created this. It's almost like the physical, the physicality so of this thing. So what I'm saying is, is, later, if you go against what you set up, because you set it up the whole time, you go against it with no logical reasoning why the egg thing would have happened. Then it's a cop out. That's my argument for why why the the uh, people seeing it is a cop out to me, because they <laughs> set it so. up otherwise, and then they just do it differently for the sake of having a twist, but they don't explain away the things that they set up. That is, I don't think they caught that at all, man. I mean, when you watch the film and it turns out that it's, you know, she's created it into a physical and it's actually part of her. 
you know, hence the monster being a fear. I mean, if it's ingesting things and she's getting, you know, certain rashes, it, I mean, it, it doesn't that make sense if it's actually part of her. I mean, I guess if you look at it like that, but then, it, but then I have questions on like, I don't know. I, but that's exactly I, I what's that going to make sense. That's that exa- makes a little bit of sense. That's I exactly guess. what was going on there. It was part of her and whatever was happening. Hence the parts where the part I was talking about with the emotional thing is when those dudes break in and they fucking smash the shit out of the monster. She's feeling the pain because it's it's actually part of her. Right? That shit was sad. I just because don't that get thing, it, that I shit. guess. I just don't get it. It's like, okay, so is this fear or is this a part of her? Is like, what is this thing? It just doesn't... I, I can't... It it, I don't like it. I honestly just don't like it that shit. much. I think it's solid, but I just don't like it. Okay. That's cool, man. I fucking loved it. I thought it was Feature great. review! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a super interesting idea because the whole time I'm watching this film, I was expecting it to go the way that everyone would expect it to go. Right? Mm-hmm. And it didn't. I was like, oh, goddamn, that's really cool. But then it was just those raw emotions, man. I feel like for me, it would have been really cool if it made sense. It personally didn't for me. See, I, I think thought it, it was it, a bit sloppy. I, it made sense to me, man. I, I was really intrigued and I thought it was very, very unique. You know, it was a very interesting take on a, you know, a psychological type coming of age, whatever you want to put it. Again, you know, another film that falls into the category of, you know, this year's makeup of films. I, th- I think mm-hmm. it fits the mold perfectly, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see it not being for everybody. Me personally, I loved it. Carly, did you say you liked it or didn't like it? I liked it, but like, I was just kind of confused by it. I think it would benefit from a rewatch. I definitely didn't hate it, but it was just, it just, um, it was kind of a little disappointing for me because I was expecting it to be a little bit better. Yeah. I guess I just completely was into it and got it. I don't know. It I mean, worked it was all Brandon's number two, so he agrees with you, I guess. But he, mm. his fucking list is retarded, so <laughs> I don't know how much that helps you. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't make lists for other people. It's like it's I, a film I really loved. So you know, Jeremy can relate yeah. with Savage Land, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I like Savage like Land better than that thing. Honestly, I was I was disappointed by the Nightmare. Good visually, though, I will say that. Yeah. Jeez, it's been so long, I forgot what everybody's movies is. Just kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> number eight, I have Savage Land. JP has Gerald's Game. And Carly has Brimstone. And Moods has the future review of the day, The Nightmare. Okay, Moods, what does everyone at number eight have All right. the audience? The official communal list in at number eight is The Devil's Candy, which was not a shock this was on the list at all. Yeah, I expected that. I figured Mm -hmm. that one to be there, so. All right, back to you, Jeremy. All right, number seven, we have the musical The Lure. So. Oh, for fuck's sake. Dude, that that is so fucked up. (laughs) What? What? I I just, I knew this was going to be on your list, man. Okay, first of all, I'll I'll give a man, it was pretty original, it was interesting, but. Wait, you have beef with this? I didn't really care for the lure, to be honest. Dude, that much. thank God. This is the most fucking good. Let's hear Jeremy first. Okay. Oh, I want to hear it. Go ahead. No, no, I, no go ahead. Give because your you know I'm going to say, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And I want to, why don't you like it, JP? Uh, no, say what you say first. Then me and Moods will talk about yeah, it too. I'll chime in. I'll chime in. Okay. 
Oh, now you got me off my mojo, even though I don't never <laughs> don't have, have mo- mojo. Yeah, I don't have mojo anyway. Me too. It. So bringing them gonna, down. I'm just gonna say stupid shit anyway. <sighs> Help me out. What were you gonna say now? No, get, get, I just want to you know like what the war. Why do you like it? Well, Jeremy, j- just give a basic premise of the film and then give your yeah. thoughts on it. Okay. So we follow these two mermaids who ultimately come ashore and they get brought into this dance club and they ultimately turn into singers. One wants to be a human and doesn't quite understand uh, the concept of who she really is. While on the other hand, her sister understands what she truly is and, and lives the lifestyle of murdering and eating people. And along the way, we have awesome techno dance numbers. <clears throat> Why don't you so like what it, did Nudes? you like? Sounds awful. What what did you like, Jeremy? That's what we're trying to get to. Hello? (laughs) Well, first off, this is a film from... It's a Polish film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, that just kind of shocked me. So, you didn't like anything about it, Jeremy? I did. I just... You fucking guys got me off my mojo. How? How did we get you (laughs) off your mojo? Because it's like, now I know you guys don't like it. So, it's like... So, why does that matter if we don't like it? Because I'm trying to think, like I, I refuted it a while ago. <laughs> so, so is this another case where, like, your opinion is morphed by what other people feel? Oh, just listen to my review that I did fucking three months ago. Well, I'm saying this is a top ten show. Tell us why you like this. This is your number seven film. Is it the music? Wow. Is it the music? Is the fact that? Okay, so I'll give the lure one thing. This movie was had an interesting concept, very strange, you know, very, very strange, you know, mermaids and, you know, coming into this world like it's set in, you know, like the present day modern world. But nobody really has a big problem with the fact that these are like mermaids. They just kind of accept it into this world. It's very strange. Um, I'll give them that. I think you're supposed to it's supposed to be one of those films where it's like that. I guess mermaids just exist in that world. I guess everybody. Does everybody believe they're really mermaids besides these original characters who know you what they the are? You mean the people like to go and see them? No, like, not the even only... them. Just the family that watches over them and yeah. and the, the people who really get close to them. Does, yeah, do they all think know everybody... mermaids. I know, but do the other people who come see them know that they're actual mermaids? Who, like the people existed? that come see the shows and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like the crowds? Uh, I don't I don't think they know for sure. I don't know. It's unexplained. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that they do either. But um, is this supposed to be like a magic show or like a freak show or something? You know what I mean? Where you don't know if it's real or not, but it looks cool. So that whole concept yeah, is very odd to me. It's very strange to me. But, you know, it's not the fact that this movie was a musical. Because um, I don't really like I mean, I'm not a big fan of musicals in general. I mean, I do like a few musicals and stuff, but I just didn't care for the musical numbers in this film. They suck, too. Also, uh, musicals barely work for me because here's how I'll explain it, right? The very concept that somebody could just be walking through a store and break out in a song and dance, I just don't get it because it's like, imagine if you but were that's watching that's what musicals hard, are, right? though. Would you but, see people just walking, singing, singing in the rain, walking then the fucking street with an umbrella? I mean, I get that. I mean, that's the whole point of a musical, right? No, I mean, no, I know. Yeah. The songs are accentuating the story, and, and you know, and that's just how they're telling the stories by the songs and stuff. But this this one was kind of it was making me laugh because I'm like, you know, if okay, if this movie is set in a world where 
there's mermaids and they exist and we know what well, it's mermaids. clearly some futuristic. It's some futuristic Is world. It I don't clearly, think it, though, but I don't know. It seems like it's set in present day, and the, the I don't know. It feels like with, an apocalypse, a post, like the mythology type of feel to it. The general mythology of of mermaids. Maybe know, Poland's just really shitty. <laughs> to the average person, people think of mermaids as like the cartoon, the animated Little Mermaid. You know, this happy Little mm-hmm. Mermaid stuff. But the the mythology between behind you know mermaids is actually quite evil. Like they're vicious creatures and shit like that so if this is true and it's set in this world where people you know they're accepting that these things are here wouldn't you be a little bit more afraid that you know these well things might it depends because become- in this world or do they know that or that's the problem one of the problems with this film is they yeah. don't establish any of this they kind of just throw it at you everybody's just down with the fact that they're mermaids and in fact like also it's like- very fantasy it is very fantasy though oh my god it's so fr- it's like a frustrating watch for me because it's like also like okay it looks good like it has this like washed out dreary like almost like coastal type of vibe to it um but i just i like the story was just stupid to me like it it just doesn't set itself up well i'm down with mermaids i'm down with having a movie about vicious mermaids i think it's cool the concept is neat i was so excited for that concept but the acting and the reactions of everybody around them like people who you know cut their bodies in half and and you know try to switch them around like i'm like i'm like how does nobody question what's going on here <laughs> but i don't know why man. doesn't nobody I, question in tales from the crypt when somebody's fucking changing one's half of body to another half of a body what do you mean in the episode with the old guy who wants to become young he fucking saws off half his body why is nobody well, who would it? question it Okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> but um it, it, it I don't know, dude. It's like it, it, it's not that you know, somebody some doctor wouldn't do that surgery for somebody, but it's like it's like why is everybody just like, oh, they're just like like everybody's just cool with the fact that there's mermaids. It's like never mentioned that they're cuz it seems interesting when they bring them in that the guys look surprised that they're mermaids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it's like everybody knows about mermaids. I know. I was and I don't know. I just thought the story in general between the sisters was weak. Oh, this is a coming of age film too, which is funny. it is, and it and it's very predictable too. To be honest, I mean, this one ends up exactly where you think it's going to go. It does. This is as pretentious as they come, dude. I didn't think that. I didn't think the story had any twists and turns, and, and enough to like. I'm just watching it, going, okay, this is probably going to, and it, it went down and. I don't know, man. I didn't find it the overall story that interesting. I mean, there's a lot of potential within this too. You know, it's very mm-hmm. fantasy. You're dealing with mermaids. You're dealing with, you know, just the the whole concept of the show was kind of kind of interesting too. Um, it's like this weird kind of burlesque type place. I don't even know how to. Yeah, it, it creates good atmosphere. Yeah, it was interesting. It was like not just a general strip club, but it was like a performance art, but with all these weird type of things going on. It, it was kind of interesting. Visuals were kind of interesting too, but. Just not enough there for me. I just didn't really care for it in the end. Yeah. What'd you rate it, Jeremy? A nine. So I gave it a 6.5. It's currently at my number 58 spot. That's exactly what I rated it to. Six and a half. Yeah. Interesting. It wasn't so we- bad. It wasn't bad. It just, I thought it was overhyped, mm. man. Okay. All right, uh, my number. What number are we on? Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, my number seven is a movie we've talked a ton about, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but it is the Christmas horror film Better Watch Out. Um, this movie was awesome, dude. Like, I love it. I know that people have a little bit of issues with the end, and I normally would too. I swear to God, like, that is normally something that would bug me. But in this film, I just liked that girl so much, and I just wanted the dude to lose in the end that I didn't want that. I, like, wanted it to be a positive ending. And I liked nope. it. Nope, ending sucks. Well, I liked it. I didn't uh, like how it ends like that, but then like there's that after credit scene that makes it so it's kind of like you almost get both endings. It is almost like you get both endings. It's like, because huh, for all we know, the dude can go there and, you know, mm-hmm. kill her still or whatever. Yeah, obviously um, you don't know, but... Yeah, but I, I don't know, dude. I just, I, I just love this movie. I thought it was just great christmas vibes i think this is going to be one of those films that that live on forever in christmas horror fame um it's just you know listen to our full review we did it last episode i give it a nine out of ten is this another film that exploding heads shit on too uh yes i'm pretty sure not brandon- shit on just didn't love yeah. brandon shit on it yeah huh interesting carly all right, my number seven is it. Um, yeah, I thought this was a fantastic remake or adaptation, whatever you want to call it. And, and I just I loved all the kids. The only like the only one I really didn't care for was actually the main. Uh, what's what's the main kid's name? Billy. Like I didn't like that um, actor who uh, played him that much. But other than that, I loved everybody else. I just loved the. Um, I'm really bad with names. Uh, Eddie and Ricky. Richie. 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 Yeah. Uh, Richie I, I just love a bag of dicks. Oh, Richie's oh fucking. It was hilarious. <laughs> Richie is so good. He's Jeremy like a, hates himself. He's a funnier version of Jeremy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's not that he hard is. to do. <laughs> but Richie still sucks. You know what else sucks? The blurriness. This makes no sense. Oh uh, yeah. Well, um, but um, anyway, I mean, like when I first heard that they were like doing another it movie, I kind of just like by the visuals and stuff, I was kind of afraid it was going to be like way too CGI, way too like overdoing it with the horror. But I thought it really worked well. Um, Some of the CG was like a little like unnecessary, I felt. But other than that, I thought the story was great. Um, It flies by for how long it is. And I, you know, I just loved it. It's another great like coming of age film. That's right. One of definitely the most popular films of the year. (laughs) Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So coming in at number seven for myself is The Void. I love this one. I know JP. I, I don't. I think that you're not a big fan of it, but I thought the void was fucking awesome. It's kind of like a, in a sense, it's kind of a homage to the thing, in a sense. Um, but it's just, it's so atmospheric. It's so fucking. I. It's just such a creepy, oddball, almost psychological at times. Um, the setting was fantastic. I like the whole hospital thing, and I think there's a lot of things happening in this film that are quite intriguing. It's. Uh, it's an exciting watch, man. I thought the visuals, like, even, you know, one thing that surprised me about this film was the effects on the creature. I, for some odd reason, I was expecting this one to go CG, and they actually didn't do that. You know, actually, I would probably say 95% of the effects in this film, well, I would probably say all the effects were practical, but with the exception of, like, one green screenshot that they did in this film, everything was pretty 
pretty well done for well, round six. So what do you expect? You well, know? but that well, I was expecting it to be a lot more low budget than it was. Right? There's one uh-huh. shot, and throughout the whole film, and it's you know it's acted well. I think the story is pretty intriguing. Um, it's definitely out there. It's definitely out there. But this is you know for quality of Astron six films, this is definitely by far the best quality film they've done. Um, which you know in some people's minds isn't probably isn't saying a whole lot because <laughs> it was yeah. a pretty damn low budget, but this is, you wouldn't the even know. All right. But yeah, the editor, I mean, but this one, it's just totally different. It's so different. It's very, ah, it's just sci-fi ish. It's the thing. It's, it's, it's a whole lot of things, man. I, anyone else see this one besides JP? Um, yeah, I saw it with way JP. back in March. I saw it way back in March. Oh, you did see it, Jeremy. Yeah. What'd you think of it? It's pretty good. I, I I think I dug the editor a little bit more, but it's still it's still really awesome. Yeah, that like kind of creature feature type of a movie. I think for what they did with the story and shit was fantastic, man. Um, yeah, but you know you got to give these guys credit, man. They're doing. They a make some of- awesome original movies. Those guys. They do. I mean, to go from <clears throat> you know the editor to this. I mean, we're talking you know polar opposite type films, and yeah. you know this one was played straightforward too. The editor obviously was, you know, it was more of a you know, comedy spoof. type film. It was more of a spoof, right? But, you know, to write a film in this aspect of being super serious and doing what they did with it, I give them all the props in the world, man. This one really shocked the shit out of me. I was expecting, like I said, a lot more low budget, a little more cheesy, but it came across super serious and showed that these guys have talent, like real, real talent, you know? Yeah, so. I. you know what? Like, I, I like this one. I thought it was solid, um, very reminiscent of, like, stuff like Hellraiser and The Thing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think that was Dave's big argument for it was that it was, um, like, kind of unoriginal in a way where it was just copying a bunch of other stuff. But I do know in the top ten show he, he reversed his opinion a little bit yeah. and it actually made his top ten list. So. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, I, I personally will be honest with this one. Um, we did it during a movie night. And I don't think I paid um, the most attention to it. Mm-hmm. So if there was any movie that probably deserved a rewatch, it was this one. But I just didn't get around to it. So I, I think I gave it like a seven when I first watched it. But I, I'll be the first to admit that I, I didn't pay attention to it the most. Yeah, same it's, here. It's definitely worthy of a, of a rewatch for sure. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it seemed cool. You know, like I, I was, remember I when was it was like, showing here cool. in Chicago, you couldn't get a fucking ticket to even see it. Like the hype train on it was so high. That's crazy. Seems like what did everybody you rate it, Moods? Uh, that one I gave a nine out of ten. Jeremy. Oh, am I supposed to? Oh, is that it? That's it. Is that all he has to say? All right. Number seven for me: The Lure, JP. Better watch out, Carly. It and Moods. The Void. Moods. What does the audience have to say? The audience has to say, in a number seven. <laughs> Is Annabelle creation? What? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! It doesn't surprise me. Made this, dude. It's a lot sax. of people like that movie. It's, all it's a good movie. Okay. Gives it a it is a good movie. Bed, so he, fucking, <laughs> he makes the yeah. he 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 made the spread. He inflated on. the numbers. Yeah, because he had to give it a fucking ten. <laughs> Je- my favorite quote of Jeremy all <laughs> yeah, of all time. It. It's the most average, perfect example of an average film. So I'm gonna rate it slightly above average. <laughs> At five and a five point five is still average. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, but it was just funny because it's like the most average. You said <laughs> the most average, most average, five point five. It's so just slightly above average. <laughs> no, it's the most of the average, so it has a point five higher because it's the most of the average. 
Which means it should be completely the most average. 5.5 is the average. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Jeremy. All right. Uh, number six, we have the Shutter exclusive uh, Prefenge. I watched this a little while ago. And I watched another film that has this similar type of... It's not so much as uh, Letter Out. It has a similar type of feel to it. But I feel like this film executes it in a much better way. It's a very dark comedy type of a film. Uh, very similar to something that you would see you know, Edgar Wright make back in the day. It has that kind of feel to it. So you follow this mother who's about to give birth to her child. But uh, her soon-to-be husband gets pretty much murdered in this accident and her baby is basically telling her to uh, have justice for her husband and she goes around and she murders all these people associated to the death of her husband per her baby telling her in her head. Now, is she really crazy or is she really hearing her baby? She's clearly, in my opinion, she's crazy. Um, it's just a really interesting film that combines uh what a grieving person would ultimately go through in a situation like this combined with uh the the effects of having to be a mother without a a a spouse or another figure and uh, and a person's decision obviously she was too far along in the pregnancy so she would have to keep the baby and the complications of having to give the baby up for adoptions and things like that and what's best for her it's a really interesting film i really really dug it uh it, it has some really funny moments in it. And one moment particularly made me feel extremely bad uh, when this character died because he was a really good dude and I didn't want him to die. <laughs> yeah, I, I really the, liked him. I said the same thing, man. I was like, that moment, I was like, fuck. That's not I fair. To kill him. Like, how, often do you nice. say, how often do you say that in a, in a horror film? You're like, that's not fair. You can't, yeah. can't kill that guy. Uh, I like the premise of this film. I agree. I think that she was just in fucking sane. Um, but I didn't find it funny at all. Like and, really? I laugh, and I laugh at everything. Hmm. I, found I, my, I found myself. Going, yeah, I, th- I thought hmm. it was pretty funny too. Oh, I thought this you It was so mm. dry. It's just because me. she says it's because she says these one-liners that are just like it was ridiculous, but it makes you. I, I I honestly wish that they had to cut out a lot of that comedy and just you know left it a little bit more subtle comedy instead of doing uh-huh. all those one-liners and shit. I think it would have worked better for myself, but I found myself kind of going, eh, it was kind of cheesy in a bad way. I, hmm. I don't know, but I did like the premise though. I thought it was actually kind of interesting. I agree with that. Yeah, this was one of my favorite movies of the year for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it early on. We did a Netflix and Chill episode on it, and uh, <clears throat> I, I think that it's super cool that this woman was pregnant. Like she's actually pregnant in the movie, and she directed, wrote, starred mm-hmm. in the movie, produced it. Like all I think this stuff. Her first movie like, too. Another freshman. Episode. Yeah, and a, a hundred thousand dollar budget. You know, and she did everything herself. I just thought that that was such a cool thing. She's such a go getter. You know what I mean? While pregnant, while mm-hmm. super pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. And but, I love the ending. The ending is such a has that such a cool Halloween feel to it at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Like it just has, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was really going to like it that much, but uh, when I was finished with it, I, I when that was pretty cool. I, re- I, re- I really had a good time with to, it. That's why I asked you in the chat. If you, you're like, you like prevenge and you're like, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. I was like, I was, I was shocked that you liked it. Yeah, it was what, good. What did you rate it? I gave it a nine too. I know. Damn, that's high for you. Um, all right. Coming in at my number six film. We talked about already, 
twice already, I believe, and that is Raw. Um, <clears throat> French film. It was it was in my top five for a long time. Uh, kind of got bumped out at, at late. Um, I I don't know. I just thought this movie was like completely original and just honestly, like I just was really into it when I watched it. Um, I actually do think the weakest part of the movie is the ending. Um, it just it almost comes off like fucking Teen Wolf or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I, I mean? I think so. like like it, it, it. I don't know. Like, and that's why I kind of focus on the fact that like this movie really isn't about that. It's just they had to kind of tie things up a little bit um, to kind of explain like why all this was happening. But well, that that father daughter moment I guess isn't really as bad as the shit that's in fucking uh, Happy Death Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that scene that scene is cringeworthy i agree Jesus i love that scene i thought so, it was so touching it's like it's the most cringeworthy scene of the, of the whole year for me man i'm just like not too many <laughs> movies made me go oh my god you know it's uh, like Jesus. i don't know why you guys have no hearts no i like it i it's just, just said that, i felt bad for the scene. dude in prevenge I, I have a heart <laughs> uh so yeah raw uh, it, it's you know, been a little while since I've seen it, but I, I just really liked following the lead character. And, like, I, I was kind of shocked at some of the stuff they did with the, you know, waxing. And, you know, it kind of went in some interesting territories uh, that I didn't expect. And, you know, once again, proven that, you know, French films uh, are, are really original. Are they the do best. a lot of original things. <laughs> Dude, they're not the best. American films are the best. The dog definitely got a couple licks in there, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but sure I came happened. in, I came in at a nine out of ten on Raw. Uh, you know what? That all four of us have that on the list. Oh, did we? That was the fourth time, huh? Yeah, yeah. I had it at number. Oh, 10. first film where all four of us had it. Nice. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. Are we early? We are number six. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. By the way, I don't think I gave my rating for it, which was nine out of ten. So I blame you, JP. I know. <laughs> I was going to forget you, about it. You blame yourself. Me. You're the one that forgot. You fucked up no, the whole I mean... rotation. <laughs> don't okay, worry, but... I forgot too. JP had to remind me. So. <laughs> okay, but anyway, number six on my list is the Devil's Candy. Um, yeah, I checked this out on the net Netflix. I think it was on and. Um, I just really loved the family. Like, I didn't know if I was going to like this or not because I knew it was like it had like a lot of metal music and things like that. And it, and just like that title, The Devil's Candy, kind of sounds. Tell me you're a fucking country person. What? 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 No. You don't like that country shit, do you? Country no? shit. Why like would you? Music, you mean? Yeah. That country Why'd shit. You Why'd you automatically go to that? Because I know you don't like rap. Because I saw that picture of you with your friends in, like in a band on Instagram. So I know you don't like rap, and so what you don't like rap? metal. What has a, what, like, what does being in a band have to do with not liking hip hop? Well, wouldn't it be yeah. She, what if I you like, does like rap? Eminem. Oh yeah, I like some. I like Eminem. That's about it. Dude, come and on. Some, you know, I like you, I like some of the stuff you make me listen to, but like I can't go out and just like I don't know. I like like punk music but anyway that's um cool. that's cool yeah. man i've anyway. like 10 punk documentaries on my channel i love punk so <laughs> um where was uh, oh yeah but anyway that yeah I thought, <laughs> I thought the family was uh just really lovable i love the like father daughter 
like aspect to it because it reminds me of like when I was younger like my dad was like in a band and played guitar and I always like looked up to him and things like that and like I just felt like you kind of feel that like just love between the father and daughter and things like that in this movie and I like the mother too she's not as like prominent in it but um and I just like how the uh I think it's awesome how the dad is an artist it's just very interesting the paintings and like the stuff he is sensing in his head and what is coming out like on his canvases it really did, kind did of you feel like it was gonna go amityville territory where that's like he literally was what i was just <laughs> that's literally what i was just gonna say <laughs> it felt like a lot like amityville at first but then like as it goes on it's not really like that too well, much i didn't know it was amity from the beginning with the guy with that sequence i didn't mm. know if it was really gonna go amity I, I thought was, it was, and I was pleasantly surprised when it didn't go that way. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a complete ripoff, and I was going to be like, "Why does? Why do people love this so much?" But that little yeah. girl stole that movie. Mm-hmm. She's so good. She has one of the best screams. <laughs> do you know yeah. what this movie reminded me of? I swear to God, I kept I kept picturing the dad as Tom Horsball and his daughter Hope. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm that. not even joking. Like I just felt like that. this is their family. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> I, I think honestly my biggest beef with the devil's candy is the entire like end scene. Oh, yeah, that's everyone's. Yeah, that, that's mine, too. That's yeah. what we talked yeah. about when I reviewed it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That was my only problem, man, was the end. Yeah, sure. it, was it was really good, movie. though. Like, it had. I, I love. Like, this movie's short. And. Mm-hmm. The uh, the pacing in Fuck which you, they Dexter. set up the family um, for character development is amazing. Like they literally set up this family within like five minutes, and you're like, you exactly know like the types of relationships and like the awesome like father daughter relationship that exists just from that scene of head bobbing in the car. Wow. Yeah, loved that. That was so cool, man. It was one of my favorite scenes all year. <laughs> and it's so free, like that part where like he forgets or he doesn't pick her up on time it's just so yeah. sad like it's so like betraying you could tell she's so hurt by that especially yeah. you know what, what happens to her the painting mm-hmm. consumed him i don't know yeah nine out of ten by the way nice right on right on i gotta rewatch that man i just got the blu-ray but it's been so a while in 2015 i seen it a while ago so <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching that one though. Uh, but yeah, man, coming in at number six for myself is a film that, man, I did not have hopes for. I'll be the first to admit. Cure for Wellness. Wow, man! Damn it, I, I skipped that one because it's too long. Did, <laughs> this movie, oh, damn has, it, that's the this, first movie I haven't seen on the list. This damn movie it. is definitely up there with the swimmer as the best looking fuck Blu-ray you could buy. It looks, it looks so good. It does look so good, man. And I just didn't know. I didn't really know. I mean, I knew the name had been floating around. Um, but as the girl from the lure. Yes, and I didn't. I, I didn't really know what to expect from it because I, I read the quick synopsis. And I was like, okay, you know, what, whatever. Um, so it's basically about this guy that's, he, he's the big executive works on wall street, I think. And, uh, he is sent to, uh, Switzerland to the Swiss Alps to go and retrieve one of their, one of their executives who is over there. And now he's like in this wellness center. Apparently he's caught some type of weird disease or whatever. And, and the point of this wellness center is, you know, to cure people. And of course, well, he, he goes there to retrieve them. He gets into a car accident and he ends up getting admitted to this place. And, 
of course, he things... breaks his legs. Yeah, he breaks his legs. So he's, he's, he's kind of stuck there and shit. And uh, he's starting to figure, like, something's not right about this place. And he kind of falls victim to the sickness. And uh, it kind of goes from there. Um, this one is excellent. At its core, it's a sick motherfucking movie. Um, awesome <laughs> you, soundtrack. Would you agree with that, Jeremy? At its core? Like, yeah it's, when it's, you when you find out at the end it's a very confusing movie i'm i'm first to say like when i was watching this i was going what the living fucking fuck balls is going on it has that shutter island kind of a feeling oh, you I have think, no idea i think, I think the reveal in the end actually wraps everything up because if you think yeah back yeah to, if you think it makes back, sense once you get to the end yeah and and, and the, my first reaction was damn that's sick man <laughs> you know it's, it's like a, it's, it's a it, it's definitely the most beautiful movie of is, the year hands down it's fucking it's really it's an amazing you know, for a two hour, two and a half hour film or whatever it is, it actually has really good development. The pacing's actually pretty good in this. Everything that's going on is uh, is executed really well. It's it's you yeah. know the acting's awesome, which really helps in a long film. Like, it's because there's a lot of people that come and go in this one, uh, but the center that they film and you know the Alps and shit, the cinematography is fantastic. It's just it's a beautiful looking film, but it has so much substance to it. You know, the mm-hmm. idea of what's going on in this wellness center is fucking crazy. It's just like I said, it's like the it's alter states, alter states meets Shutter Island. Yeah, it's so cool. On like the, there's yeah. a lot of substance, a lot of story here and a lot of things are going. It's just it's crazy. It's more. I actually don't want to use that word because I don't want to give anything away. But uh, it's, you know, it's just definitely worth the time. I know it's long, and the running time definitely probably scares off a lot of people. But uh, scared me off. I was just like, I, I heard some people say that it was good, that it was okay, and I was just like, you know what? For an okay movie, I just don't want to spend two hours and forty five minutes watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's oh. like two forty eight or something. I, I crazy. Loved I loved it, man. I thought it was just fantastic. And 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 I was, you know, while I was watching the film, I'm going, this better be fucking going somewhere. You know, <laughs> I was getting a little bit worried, right? And I was like, hey, you're getting all these kind of clues and hints and shit, and it's just a lot of weirdness that's going on and shit. And, and a lot of the visuals that you're seeing are just so compelling. It's just so cool how it wraps up. And you think back and you're like, Oh yeah, that is really interesting. It, it's, it's one of the most well done. It, it has a really awesome script to it. Just put it that way. Um, gear for wellness, uh, also at a nine out of 10. And that's high. Yeah. I loved it. I it, thought it was just, I fantastic. gave it an eight. Really? Yeah. You also gave the Laura nine. <laughs> You know, yeah. it sucked my right nutsack. But I think what helped, though, is Why because right. I didn't know I much know. about it. You know, I don't watch trailers and shit, and I went into this pretty damn blind. Is this going to be another one of these fucking ABCs of death bullshit this year? God damn it. <laughs> no, gonna, it's not that bad. Going to get shit on. <laughs> it, it depends. If there's any, like, if there's a movie that's not on your list, and then this one was, I'm going to be pissed. But we'll see when we get there. Well, you're probably going to be pissed. So. <laughs> no, I can't be. Um, but I, I'm actually bummed that I didn't see Cure for Wellness because it's good, it was man. one that was on the list. It was that and Girl with the Gifts that I kind of just skipped because they were long movies. And I was like, I was like, you know, what? I, I don't know. I don't think that just based on what I'm hearing, I don't know if these will make my top 10. And honestly, I didn't expect either of those to pop up on your list either any of y'all's list so i'm actually kind of kicking myself because my goal every year is to see every movie that makes lists on on our show so i failed but i had a good run we made it all the way to number five (laughs) yeah i'm missing i'm missing one too i didn't see savage land 
Yeah. So. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get shit for the lure. I fucking know it. No, people like it. No, it, I've no, from you. From you, mofos. Oh, yeah, we get, we'll give you shit. <laughs> um, all right, Jeremy. All right, so number six. No, I we got no, we got to do the Camille. That's what. Yeah, we're on six, bro. Because, I'm recapping. Oh, I thought you were getting into your own. No, number six. We have. I had Prevenge. JP had Raw. Carly had the Devil's Candy, and Mr. Moods had Cure for Wellness. What is the Audience choice for number six best movie of 2017 moods. Gerald's Game. Yeah. Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Another one. I, 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 I was a little bit surprised that that many people were voting on it, but, you know. Cool stuff. Netflix right. effect. Yes. Jeremy. Number five. I have a movie we talked about twice already. Once already. It's going to be number two ice. It Comes at Night. Okay. So, I had a long, heart-wrenching post on Facebook when this movie came out about all these motherfuckers, Jason Lloyd especially, saying this movie wasn't a fucking horror movie. It's clearly a horror movie. Like, I literally was sitting in the theaters at the end of this movie. This motherfucker in front of me said, oh, this was the worst movie I've ever seen. And that shit pissed the living fuck off out of me. This movie, like we were talking about earlier, it doesn't matter that uh, we're all expecting to see what is happening outside and what's what's going on that doesn't matter it's what's happening within these characters and their interactions with each other and what their fears of what's going on outside is what ultimately accumulates into this really intense sequence of offense towards the end of the movie and that's what makes this movie a horror it's it's the the conflict and and the fear that these characters put into each other and i think like if you have a a group of actors who are really poorly casted i think this movie probably would have fell on its face but the fact that it's well written and well casted i think it 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 all comes together in a really interesting and fantastic way i really fucking love this movie a lot sucks that it got shat on when it first came out but i think as time goes on more people give it a second chance and watch it i think they'll they'll start to appreciate what we're talking about when when it comes to this movie so uh fucking it comes in is really good the thing that infuriated me the most, and and like to this day, it still just fucking boggles my mind, is when people say that the movie is bad because it was bad marketed movie. wrong. Yeah, I'm they just all like, were expecting what a monster the hell does that have to do? With or something's it? supposed to be outside and supposed to like <clears throat> yeah. break this house and yeah, I don't know. I don't understand like, how the marketing affects it? the quality of the film. I understand if you're. Like after you see it, you're complaining and you're you know giving it a poor experience because you expected one thing and you felt like you were ripped off. But I don't think that has anything to do with the quality of the film. And when people try to make that argument, and they still do to this day on Facebook, I'm just like that makes no sense. Basically, what you're saying is that because somebody told you that it was going to be one thing, and you ended up getting something else. That and your brain for some reason is too fucking dumb to to switch over to the other thing that it is and just accept it for what it is. <laughs> like you hate, you think it's a bad movie because of that. It, it, it to me, it's just it, marketing should have nothing to do with whether a movie is good or bad. Period. Now to say that you didn't have fun, 
or that you had a bad experience that you paid for. That's another thing. Yeah, of course you could say that. The experience is one thing. The actual quality of the movie is another thing. It has nothing to do with how the movie was sold to you. It just doesn't. Man, I could, I could totally see if you watched a trailer for It Comes at Night and they show you, showed you some shit in the trailer that actually never made the film. Have you ever watched trailers before and went, that fucking scene yeah, wasn't in I the like film? Yeah, I like when they do that. <laughs> you yeah. know? So they actually show it's some type of... Bit. They say in this case, they show some type of creature or something. Yeah, it's a bald-headed dude. And then you go to watch the film and like, what the fuck was the creature? <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like, yeah, I can, which you can have a complaint about that, I which can, is a fair complaint, but yes. that doesn't mean that the movie is bad. No. It just means that you got tricked. The marketing's bad. Just say that. I mean, this movie is completely shot like a horror film. It's very atmospheric and moody. You know, it's got that fully doom and gloom, isolated feel of just pure, like, you just know shit ain't going their way. You know? And I like that, man. And it's got a very great sound. soundtrack. Also coming of age. (laughs) Everything about this film is just horrific, man. Because, I mean, the fear of the unknown and the fact that, like, something might be coming is scary as fuck. Not knowing shit is scary. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people are missing the point there. Mm-hmm. It seems so yeah. basic to me. It, it seems so basic. I don't know. What did you rate it, Jeremy? Nine? Nine. So everybody's been in nine so far, right? Yes. Yep. Nobody yep. had anything else but nines. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, man. <laughs> That's a lot <laughs> of nines. All right. Uh, coming in at number five for me, this film was actually at my number three spot and actually fell two spots after we had a conversation about it and that is february aka the black coat's daughter um i love this movie had a conversation about it it really kind of opened my eyes to a major inconsistency in the film i've talked about it i've talked with watson about it um and it i can't wrap i cannot justify it completely is it maybe possible probably like unlikely but i guess technically possible yeah, it happened so long ago it's like does a but, person but, develop enough that you don't remember what they looked like i don't know no, i just say no yeah. like if if somebody kills my daughter i'm probably gonna know what they look like for the rest of my life and i don't think that girls change that much in physical appearance appearance in that amount of time because let's face it girls typically start um, puberty at like 12, 11, 13 sometimes. And they typically are coming out of it at like 16. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that in terms of also scientifically, girls have uh, uh, changed less in bone density. It's just very much they don't change appearance as drastically as men do in a 10-year gap. And I think that to not recognize somebody that literally did something that horrible to you is just a little <clears throat> unlikely. But it is. And I think that it's almost a cheat by using a different actress in a way. But it is 10 years, though. I understand the argument for. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. You say it's a cheat that they used a different actress. What was this movie supposed to make? No. 10 years to fucking make. I'm saying it's a ch- it's a cheat by using somebody with a different appearance to justify that they changed that much. Like I said, you know it was I mean? ten years. You know, I, I don't know. See that see, ten that's years my- just isn't that much, though, dude. I I'm- feel like I still look the same as I did when I was like fourteen, to be honest. So like. I don't know. It's yeah, just, but some yeah, people- like I would definitely recognize like when I look at and I I purposely went 
into a yearbook from when I was, you know, in seventh grade, looked at people and compared them what, what they look like now. And I'm like, okay, I doubt I would not recognize this person now. I really, truly doubt it, especially if they somehow significantly affected my life. I'm 26 right now. 10 years ago, I was 16 or whatever, you know, and I, I took out my middle school yearbook, which is even younger than that. And I think that people look relatively the same, even into their mid twenties. <clears throat> Man, I mean, I, I'm a great example. If you were to look at my my graduation picture, but you're also a male, and males do change a lot significantly more. That's yeah, they did. Scientific. It is true. You know I mean? It is true, and it probably goes. You know, ninety five percent of girls you probably recognize, but there is a percent, and I do get the argument. But it is still ten years, and who knows, man? I mean, something could change enough. That they just don't write. I mean, it's probably not plausible, you know, that they're not going to remember or figure it out, you know, right away. I mean, you would have that idea in your mind, right? I, you know, that basic identity. I get that. But it, in, the way I look at it is it's 10 years. It's a long motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think there's enough time there to even for the, for the parents to forget minor details because let's face it, man, our memories aren't what they were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you think with like an oppressed, with an event like that, it, it was so traumatic that exactly. maybe they oppressed it a little bit. But you but know what the problem is? is okay. that, that every indication of them suggests that they're still dealing with it to that day. Yeah, like the guy so they're not, pulls out they're the picture and shows it. it to everyone. But yeah, suppressing th- that, that is true. Suppressing. That is true. But yeah. I, I mean, they've done studies on, you know, with people's memories and shit, it's, it's so bizarre. Like they'll, they'll show somebody, you know, a group of like 10 people, you know, uh, they'll show a picture of somebody and then, and then they'll get everyone to write down what they saw or, you know, show like a, a clip of something. And there's usually like nine or 10 different, or like seven or eight different responses. You know, yeah, like I, I just feel like you probably and- spend a lot of time. Like it, it's different if it's just a random picture somebody showed you, right? In that experiment, yeah, it, it's different if it's the person who took something away from you that is that significant. But trom- I feel like their face traumatic. is going to be burned into your brain but forever. Not- you hear it all the time. Yeah. I'll never forget their face or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, in but the they court say room, that, whatever. but is that but, true though? But it, but having a traumatic experience though, like. You want you remember what you want to remember, right? And but it seems like they're pretty fixated on remembering a lot of it, though. Yeah, but I mean, images and stuff are always altered in traumatic (laughs) experiences. Even like even what happens sometimes. You know, you go into courtrooms and people tell these stories like they saw the whole thing, but it's not exactly specific to the events of what happened. It's really. I mean, think think about somebody that you haven't seen in ten years, right? And then you see them, and it's like. It's like, okay, they look different. And you're like, wow, I didn't even recognize you or something. But really, like, I did. <laughs> I, I did <laughs> recognize them. I knew, I knew who they were. Yeah. Um, and that's just somebody who didn't significantly do anything to me either. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's unknown. All right. It's, uh, it's, I, mean, I guess we don't have enough evidence to say either or. But I feel like I have more evidence to, to, to go against that. But being fair... Only took it down a half point. I don't think the only took it down a half point for, for that. myself, man. It doesn't honestly. It doesn't <laughs> affect me looking at it like that. I just I look at the the gap, and there's there's so many possibilities that could change over that time period, right? So mm-hmm. I, I just see it like that. But I understand the argument though. Yeah, I, I think that it wouldn't have affected it so much if it wasn't so heavy in the plot. Like it, like literally 
a significant chunk of movie relies on them not recognizing her. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a main chunk of the movie. Yeah. And I just don't know because clearly the guy recognizes her in some way mm-hmm. because he he points out that she looks like his daughter, maybe subconsciously, maybe it was somebody else that she looked like that he was just linking it to his daughter. There's there's a lot of theories with that and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. I just had I had a minor issue with that um and I I I think personally it just I I I can buy it a little bit but at the same time I think I think it's a little bit of a stretch as well. So I did take a half point off of it but it's still it went from my number 3 to my number 5 that's still top 5 baby of the year. Um <clears throat> everything else about the movie is amazing. Um it has like a great atmosphere. The acting's good. The nonlinear storytelling is awesome. Again, like sort of this coming of age type thing early on. Um, I love the the music and just the. It's just like I don't know. I, I really, really, truly like this movie. Uh, I gave it a nine out of ten. Nice, good stuff, Carly. Okay, my number five is the killing of a sacred deer. Um. I didn't really know what this movie was about at all going into it. Like, just based on that title alone, I really had no idea. And um, at first, I was kind of, like, you know, taken back by it because it was, like, the acting is just so bizarre in it. Yeah, I said, no, no. What I said in my review is, like, it's theatrical acting in the sense that (laughs) I feel like it's acted out like a play rather than a film. And his other movie, the lobster is like the same way. It's just like, yeah, not only is the acting. Yeah. I actually 100% agree (laughs) with that, but the dialogue is just out to fucking lunch, man. Like when the daughter, when the daughter, Carly, Carly, what did I say at work the next day after you watched it? What did uh, I say? Like about the acting? Yeah. You said how it, about the dialogue. Uh, I don't. I was gonna say how you said it seemed like a man who doesn't speak English wrote this script and then they had to translate it. I <laughs> said it feels like it yeah. feels like the guy who wrote the dialogues yeah. first language is not English. Yeah, I yeah. literally said that before I ever knew who made this movie. It and turns that, out that totally made that totally made sense to me. Like I didn't even think about that while watching it. Uh, that, it didn't really bother me that much, to be honest. Dude, no, the dialogue is completely so a matter of fact. It is just in. It is nobody talks so, like this. But it's so funny to. But watch, it like, carries throughout the entire film. It's not like it's just the way the movie's written. You're gonna have to live with it. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's all part of the characters and how they. It's kind of like set in this almost bizarre world in a sense. I mean, because mm-hmm. every character is so deliberate. It's like the daughter goes, "Yeah, I got my period today." No girl just randomly says that. Yeah, it, the, it, the dialogue is 100% non-reality. It's not. It's not realistic at all. No girl would just come out and say that. Like I the movie, everything that they do, though. everything that they. Yes, it is though. Everything really, that somebody they, putting what? a fucking curse on a family's realistic. But it's set in reality, dude. It's not set in like fantasy. I know, world, but like, I don't know. Comic book land. It's set in reality. It just so happens that in this world, curses exist. Yeah, um, I guess right. But but the dialogue is like Mood said. What did you say? It's out to lunch. It's out to lunch, man. <laughs> dude, I was like, I like, I was just like, what the fuck are they like, it, like. Even it, every single person in the movie's dialogue but it's is like, so bizarre. I told like, you, though, I, dude. I is, told you man. when I reviewed it, it was a weird, bizarre movie that people probably aren't going to like. They didn't like the last movie he did because it's just, it's just, he's just a weird filmmaker. 
you just have to uh, accept that as a style is stylistic choice it's funny this how isn't the subtle. only movie in the world like this like i i think about like freaking napoleon dynamite like the that di- like the things they say and the way they talk and that isn't realistic they're all just these bland like weird characters like i don't see this as i mean it's obviously bizarre but it's like i love i love it for that like the things they say like the kids saying like oh you have more hair on your body than me is just like so like cringy and weird and like that's, i love stuff like that that's not even the weirdest part the weirdest part is when he asked them to show him and he does yeah yeah and he's like yeah yeah well like, you Everyone got more hair like, on in your on body it. he's like you got more hair on your body but uh Can I, I wouldn't it? i wouldn't say two two-thirds more and it's just like so matter of fact, right? It's like, yeah, everything is matter of fact. And it, it truly does feel like this guy's language isn't English, like his first language. <laughs> you know, you know what like, I mean? The whole scene where, where, uh, where he's at uh, the boy's house and he's sitting there watching fucking the movie with, uh, which turns out to be Alicia Silverstone. I haven't seen her forever in a film. Groundhog's Day. That whole fucking scene is so. And she's like, grabs his hands, like, can I see your hands? You got such beautiful hands. And then she just starts sucking on his fingers. I'm like, what the fuck? Come on, I love this. I, I fucking love this. Movie. It's so aggressive. It's like nobody just randomly does that shit. It's just so aggressive. I, I think that like it's very Polanski and it's odd. And All the characters Kirk do Kubrick odd things. They do odd weird. things. They do odd things. It, but I will say this movie was intriguing from start to end, just based off the acting and the dialogue. But I will mm-hmm. like the cinematography in this film was fucking awesome, man. I absolutely yeah. Loved I was just it. gonna bring that up. One of my favorite shots is when opening uh, the kid the kid uh, hurts. You know, starts developing those symptoms, and and they're walking down the escalator, and it's like this pan over this like balcony like way high up and it shows him fall at the bottom of the stairs like it's just beautiful looking My um yeah that's the opening shot where colin farrell and his and his other doctor friends walking and the camera's at the end of the wall at the end of the hall and they're walking towards the hall and yeah. it's, it's it's on a dolly track and it's just it, you, you know what, like almost every shot just, in this film like the shots awesome. are either they're either coming or going you know they're either coming at you, or they're they're going. There's so many good panning shots, and it's it's yeah. awesome, man. It's really good. Yeah, I, it was funny because I didn't even know that was Colin Farrell until like afterwards. I was at work and yeah. I was like, man, he has a really good Irish accent too. And they're like, I think Matt was like, well, he's I, he's like Irish, so <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't even know that was Nicole Kidman. I was like, "Oh, this woman looks a lot like Nicole Kidman." The whole movie, for some reason, it didn't like look like her to me. It looked like someone who looked like oh, her. That, that kid deserves an Oscar nomination. He's so oh, yeah. fucking he's in your good movie in this Dunkirk. Movie. I know he's going to be a big star. Yeah, he was he, in. He was really good. He's in uh, the new Spielberg movie too. That fucking virtual reality movie. Oh, mm. Okay, Player yeah. One. Yeah, Player One. He's going to be right. big. He's um, awesome actor. What'd you give that, Carly? Nine point five out of ten. The only thing I will say is like the dialogue did kind of like get to me towards the end. It was a little too blunt, but like other than that, like I I really enjoyed this movie. So finally, 9.5. somebody else loves this. Movie. Our first nine point five. Yeah, breaking territory here. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <clears throat> All right. So coming at number five for myself is. The Australian film Hounds of Love. Um, I just reviewed this like on what last show was it? The last show we did. I think so. I think it was actually yeah. <laughs> um, and I and you know I, I sucked its dick. I really did, man. I love this movie, man. It hit me on all levels, man. I just 
I wasn't expecting this much depth in a fucking film about somebody getting abducted. And I just couldn't believe what I got, man. You got so much depth with three main characters. It just, it made the whole movie so, it was just, it was hard to watch because like these characters just, oh man, there was just literally so much depth. Like, well, you said they're like the most developed characters that you've seen. And yeah, man, you felt uh, all the emotions of all three of them. Like you really got into the psyche of all these characters. It was, it was a tough watch because you're like, damn, man. That's fucking crazy because generally a lot of these films, they don't go into that much story and, you know, they don't develop the characters like that. But, you know, in a sense, I mean, some people would almost say they were trying to get a little little too much or a little too sympathetic maybe with the wife. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, they didn't. They totally didn't. You know, let me ask you a question. So um, typically this doesn't bother me in movies at all. And it didn't bother me in this movie because just stuff like that doesn't typically bother me. Mm -hmm. But I know that it bothers you. Um, did, did you find this movie to be, uh, really predictable? Um, well, I mean, this is in terms of like the escalation of the two, uh, people that take the girl of like how their story plays out. I think, I did you not see that coming a mile away? I think for sure, because I I think I figured that out. Like once you can tell once the dialogue happened with with the husband saying oh you want to go see your kids or something like that then i knew what was i think it's established right away that it's probably going to play out like that because the wife is a little bit unsure and she's obviously like playing on this paranoid very jealous thing and and i i think right away like right from one of the opening scenes where they abduct her like he even says something on the lines of like you know i'm going to keep her a little bit longer and it kind of sets it up right there so you know, the way it plays out, I wasn't too shocked. But, yeah, I mean, it was, you know. Now, let me ask you this also. Because this movie kind of ends not exactly the same at all. But the same outcome essentially happens with the movie that we talked about. Mm-hmm. That you guys had issues with the ending yeah. uh, last episode. So, like, why in a movie like this is it okay for that to happen? But the movie, like, um, that I like a lot, it, it, it wasn't okay. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, I mean, in this, the, the only problem I had with this movie was actually the very... It didn't hurt it for me that much, but I, I wish it had went the other way because I feel like I feel like they were... It definitely s- would have been way more because they fucked said it, up of a movie. Just right, right in front of her parents. Because, that's, like, dude, because dude, they're setting I it up. I swear to God. I swear to God. I thought that. I was like, okay, this is like um, better watch out in terms of like... What like, but it could have been like if Better Watch Out ended the way that you guys wanted it to, it would have been messed up. But if this movie did it, yeah. it would have been the fucking creme creme de la creme of messed up. Because and I was hoping that it would have, just because I would have been like fucking. It would have been my it feels would have been, been ripped out and gutted. Would have been so <laughs> more dramatic because you really got to feel for her. And, and that uh, shot though, but that it's the shot, shot of her been parents, fucking of, amazing. The fact that the fact that she could see. Mm-hmm. her parents oh and she could God, hear dude. them it literally would have been one of the greatest scenes of all time i know and that that's the only thing i at, the way they set it up and that's what i meant by the way they set up like i mean she can hear them she can see you know and i mean if some if she had just gotten pulled back in and that was the way it ended, like they get in their car and drive off i mean talk about your heart sinking right right out, mm-hmm. right out your fucking body like but you know i think it still worked for what it was um not as it's definitely not as effective as it would have been the other way for sure. But I think the whole ride there, this movie is fucked. It's just fucked, man. Like the, the scenes of 
the dude digging those holes and shit and it's just how calm and collective he is and it's just like another day man another it, it day reminds you of a actual like i like i said i've been watching forensic files it reminds you of like an actual like killer you know yeah. what i mean like a like an mm-hmm. actual piece of shit guy <laughs> and i like i like how they show because you know they they give you a lot of depth of these characters but they even show it too you know they show it with the wife and they show it with the husband like he's obviously got he gets bullied and shit you know, they mm-hmm. actually went that extra distance just to show that type of stuff too, and which really did fucking add to it. And uh, this was this is this is awesome one watch. of a handful of movies where I'm just like one thing that this year had, and it, and it happens every year. Like movies just come out, sneak under the radar, and are amazing movies that just have fucking nail for per- promotion. Like know, like right? whoever handled the release just it was the orchard. Like, dude, there's no promotion. Where have you seen an ad? Where have you seen a fucking anything about this movie? You know oh, what I mean? Man. Besides podcasters. Like, it's crazy that these movies come out with fucking no promotion. You which like probably movie, killed JP? that release. Which probably killed that release. Yeah, I do. Um, and it probably killed that release and probably fucking hurt that dude's chance at getting another film for more money. Like, and it, and it keeps happening. You know, uh, Brimstone was another film that that happened with, I felt I like. I don't know, though, JP, because the critics fucking love this movie. But critics do nothing. Literally nothing when you try to make another movie. Like, that's what Adam Green says anyway. Like, it does not matter how critically well-received your film is if it didn't sell. Does not matter. Yeah. I mean, for a personal, like, gain and, and personal, like, yeah, but where was it for people to see? That's the problem. Like, it's, let's say a movie it, like A Dark Song. That movie wasn't fucking... Oh, I guess it isn't on Amazon. It's only on Shudder, right? What? Dark How Song? How to Love. Oh, no. I think it's on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, like... It's just such a such an effective emotional film, man. And, you know, I'll be honest, man. One of the main reasons why I checked out this film is because I learned it was an Australian film. <laughs> I won't lie, man. Like yeah, the name, I, I mean, I personally love Australian cinema. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like crazy because this one's actually set. I think it's actually set during yeah, it's set during the Christmas time period. But I, I know it was another Christmas one that film. I was like, holy <laughs> shit! But the interesting thing about films, you know, in Australia set at Christmas is that it's their summer, <laughs> right? So it's yeah, like it, it also man. has like I think it opens with um, like a Christmas, a popular Christmas melody that it, it does, yeah. Like Carol of Bells or something. Yeah. And, and, you know, another thing, man, you know, even the cinematography, the transitions in this film, like I talked about before, were fantastic. Like all the transitions. Dude, the editing I, this I film is really good. I posted a video man. in um, the chat last night when I was watching this. It, and it's a shot that is panning through the, the, the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. It's panning through the neighborhood. And it's panning at a, a like a dolly shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everything that's happening is in slow mode. I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? I don't even know how that they do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> like, really good cinematography in this film. And mm-hmm. all around, just a really, really excellent watch, man. Um, I'm glad I checked this out. So, 9.5. Hounds of Love. 9.5. All right. So, I had It Comes at Night. And number five, J. No. Yeah, JP had Black Coat's Daughter, Carly had Sacred Deer, and Moods had Hounds of Love. Mr. Moods, what does the audience have for number five? The people agree with me. The Void, number five. Yeah. All right, number four. 
Here we go. First time this film has appeared on the list. Uh, we have Super Dark Times. Now, it's a fair, another movie that takes place in the past. There seems to be a lot of these this year on this list. Uh, this one takes place in the late 90s. Uh, I would say probably after the Columbine. Uh, uh, before. Before. It has a I lot think, of... I think it takes place in like 96... Uh-huh. 97? It definitely has pre or post, you know, it definitely has has Columbine themes. No, it's like 97, man. You can tell by the soundtrack. They were pretty they were pretty realistic to it. I think it was like the Big Shiny Tunes. 96 or 97. Not, yeah, Big yeah. Shiny Tunes 2 or something like that. Like every song okay. that was in that film was like on that fucking compilation. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, it definitely it definitely has Columbine themes going on throughout the film a little bit. So we follow these two best friends um one played by a younger Matt Stone look alike uh he looks just like Matt Stone it's hilarious um so uh they're best friends everything's going good and they you know they they live their 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 typical teenage life we see them you know riding their bikes around town all the good stuff that we see in coming of age movies uh one day they're in the park with their two friends and an accident happens and the rest of the film is the consequences that these two characters have uh, dealing with this accident and how they deal with it as uh, as human beings. And it's very as a very deep character piece. And uh, 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 one of the more uh, interesting coming of age stories that we've seen in a long time, in my opinion, um, it's it definitely uh, depends on these these characters developing in a way that at the end of the movie when we get the uh ultimate reveal at the end that it's believable that these characters would act in this certain way now do i believe that the movie went the way that uh these characters ultimately were acting throughout the film yeah i think that goes back with the columbine things that we you, you don't know somebody's true intent uh until it actually happens and it's just a really really fascinating film i really really but don't you but don't you feel like you need something else there to make it a little bit more believable that was my problem with this film i like this movie but i just didn't find it overly that believable that you know the outcome of of our character i i found it super believable honestly yeah me too yeah i just i wasn't because because like maybe his friend didn't know that this is Maybe the one friend didn't know. Oh, this is what's really going on in this other friend's mind. Like he's. I mean, he's, I get that he's mentally messed up, and he plus, just. Plus, we only just, see it from one character's point of view. You got to keep in mind this other kid is going through all kind of stuff as well. Yeah, that we don't course. see. Yeah, and maybe it was just this but, one event that finally made him snap. You know, and you, you look at. Know. You look at like the Columbine incident and like nothing they were just like weird weirdos like nothing tragic like happened to them and then you look at these kids and something like major really did happen to them so like I feel like it makes like, a lot the more way sense. I look at it is it's like what if this kid was a ticking time bomb yeah and just something traumatic yeah made you know sad. was but that's the way you it, have it, to maybe, look at it in my opinion you have to look at it like that because it doesn't showcase too much on that specific character of him developing into this fucking, like, what he ultimately turns into. I think it kind of does, because... He could have been that to begin with. It's so extreme, though. Like, what he does is fucking crazy, man. But but you also got to figure, like, what if if this kid in his mind 
feels like the, okay i'm like probably gonna get caught for this eventually you know what i mean like so do you think it's well one of those take things everybody where, else down do you think it yeah like, you maybe think i'm just gonna cases? act on everything that i felt deep inside because so you, you can see early on that he has a rage inside him when, yeah when yeah uh, like the bully isn't the dude with like the blue whatever that color hair and then yeah. like when they talk about his brother or whatever and he's just he just like rages and like wants to beat them up and they're just like no don't he holds them back yeah so ultimately yeah. it comes down to a fact that like when a traumatic fan made him snap when he, when he does what he does um he's just kind of said fuck it <clears throat> like he knows he's going down for it like he you know. it could be it could be that it could be that he went crazier you know maybe he was unkiltered to begin with but like because clearly what happens is an accident it is yes but yeah and that doesn't mean that that kid wouldn't have been a a a fucked up kid later on in life Mm -hmm. even if that didn't happen you know what i I think he saw it as like a powerful moment like he did that one thing and now he can do just anything I don't because know. Because he man. got away with it, so yeah. he thinks like he's going to get away with these like, things too. Like he can do, too. he can like hurt anyone who he's invincible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen again with the forensic files thing, dude. I've been watching so much of it, and there is so many cases where it's like, like just just this normal dude, like a police officer or something, decides to kill prostitutes one night. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's just crazy that there are just so many cases out there of of just people just murdering people. You know, for seemingly no reason. And this uh-huh. kid had it, at least some reason. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time believing that he was, like, completely fucked up before. I mean, because when that, when that incident happens, like, he, he seems like he's legitimately showing some, you know, sympathetic, emo- uh-huh. sympathetic emotion when that happens. And, I mean, if you are really, really disturbed and shit like that, chances are sometimes you won't be as sympathetic if something like that happens. You're like, well, well, well I, I mean, that's I, I what happens. That, I think it legit was sympathy. Like, I yeah. think the kid did feel sympathetic mm-hmm. for it. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean, like... It doesn't that, mean, like, but it also showcases there is another side to him, too. I mean, let's Which face it. often is reality, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's just a piece of shit all around like yeah there are people but a lot of times people have family (laughs) people that are pieces of shit have (laughs) situations where they they like love their wife or something like that you know or or, like raise their kids super well but are uh, just a piece of shit in another aspect Mm -hmm. of of life it's multi-layered which i i like fair enough i gave it a nine out of ten awesome yeah, I figured, Jeremy, that you were really going to dig that one. Yeah, it's good. Based, movie, based yeah. on the time period, coming of age. And it's type. like, that's how you make the, the one character. And I said, that's how you make a character funny. In that sense, not like fucking Richie from it, who's annoying. <laughs> I, I thought that, I thought the film was super well acted, too. Just, See, you're uh, killing and, me with it, man. Richie's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, Richie is funny. Um, but also, like, this should have been called A Killing of a Sacred Deer, right? What's up with that beginning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's a weird opening. Like, it, I, I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> like, I still don't know the context to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my number four, speaking of Richie, is it. Um this movie is fantastic. Like I, I know we talked, I talked to express like some of the things I didn't like about it, but at the end of the day, I still thought it was an amazing movie. Like I, I like the original a little bit more. Um, I grew up on the original. I, I like the, 
I like some of the character development in the original a little bit more, but this one had just so many good scares and just I, I had a little bit of issues with the CG and stuff, but at the same time it was it was very minor considering what we got in the overall grand scheme of things. Like I think they did so many things better too than the original. Like um I like I, I, I like how it I guess seems a little more grounded. Um, there's a few scenes in the in the original that are that are a little like wonky, I guess, like with the, the dog head and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, my my only beefs with like the characters is I didn't like how they handled the Mike character. I didn't like how they switched certain things around. But but that also is a, a little unfair because that's directly comparing to other things such as the novel the novel as well as the original miniseries. So. I don't know if I hadn't seen or read those beforehand. If I if I would have issues, I guess I wouldn't. I, I technically wouldn't know to have issues with that, right? Um, so I, I can't really take points off for that if I'm judging this film by itself. And that was actually um, remember that was one thing I noted when we reviewed the film was how much I actually liked that switch up. I thought that was actually quite well done with the yeah. you know with the new character and stuff and him being into t- or him being kind of a loner and I liked how that whole thing developed. I thought that was realistic, you know. So. Yeah, I, I liked how um they handled Beverly in this one. Um I mean, dude, Bill Skagar or whatever his name is, like he like he kills Pennywise. Like I, I remember we we've talked about this movie being made for years, you know what I mean? And we always said like it depends on pennywise like if they they have to get a good pennywise i think they definitely did and and honestly like i think this guy can play freddy krueger like i just feel like this guy has this this charisma about him that that is creepy as hell um it's got that great coming of age vibe again with the coming of age and and you know the stand by me type vibe and it's just this fucking scary as shit concept it's it's up there with Freddy Krueger as just being a brilliant concept, you know what I mean? Uh, and and that like the ending where like it proves that when Pennywise has them alone that he's able to manipulate them so hard, but when they're all together, it's like and w- that's when we see like Pennywise like transforming into a bunch of different things and it's like he doesn't know how to attack them all at once. And it was great. I can't wait to see what they do in part two. Like, I'm so mad that it's not coming out until 2019. Like, yeah, another year. Dude. I just know that That's I have to live away, until man. that point. I, I gotta be alive during that. Like, I whatever. Like, I like I got. If I get cancer, I gotta fight through it for for it chapter two. Damn it. Um, That's messed up. But no, seriously. Like, I I I want to see it so bad. And I mean, it, it's just it's just an awesome movie. I got the Blu-ray in. The other day I showed you guys, like, I wanted to watch it so bad, but I had to work last night, and I didn't have a Blu-ray player with me, so I was like, oh, man, I can't I can't wait to revisit it and, and, and see if I still feel the same about it, but it, it's an awesome movie. I give it a uh, 9 out of 10 as well. Q? Carly? <sighs> All right. Well, Jeremy stole my thunder, because my number four is also Super Dark Times. Yes! <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like, Basically, we already said everything. Uh, you know, another thing I wanted to add was, like, I just love the 90s feel to it. Um, I just feel like the 90s were, like, a really bland... I, I obviously didn't really live in the 90s that much. But, like, they were a very, like, bland um, time. Like, it was just a very weird time. It was where, simplistic. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, the it clothes were, like... It was right before major 
influxes of technology. Yeah, and then, like, I just, it almost, um, one of my favorite uh, non-horror movies is The Perks of Being a Wallflower, and, like, this movie almost, like, kind of felt like that movie in a weird way to me, like a darker, horrifying version of it, and I love Mm -hmm. that because um, Perks is also set in the 90s, and I also love how the characters actually look like teenagers, um, especially, like, the you have, like, an eighth grader in there, and he actually looks like he's, like, much younger than those two boys. So, yeah, all, um, all around really great film. What did you rate it? Uh, 9.5 out of 10. Nice. Which I think uh, that movie has a horror connection actually perks of the perks of being a wallflower you know you know do you know what the connection is no to the horror world no tom savini tom savini's in that movie yeah yeah he like yeah he has a cameo he's like the teacher yeah one of the teachers it's It's really random (laughs) (laughs) because it's set in pittsburgh so i think they were just like trying to get like these pittsburgh actors to represent Mm-hmm. That's probably exactly and they got how Savini. I got. Yeah, super. <laughs> yeah. It's super random. I, I watch. I've never seen it. And going, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> it's like so unexpected. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so coming in at number four, this one has been brought up, and it is the Transfiguration. Damn, you liked it that much. It's so awesome, dude. Oh man, this movie. I mean, it it, it had me thinking for days, man. It was just so cool, man. I just. I love the development of this character, man. You know, just how he's using this material to, like, create his own mythology. And it's, like, you know, it's kind of psychological, too, you know, for the audience and himself. He's, like, he's really convincing himself that he is. But there's lots of scenes in the film where he's, like, getting sick and shit. And it's not really appealing to him <laughs> with the blood and stuff. And so it's a great ride, man. And I, and I think... How the fuck did Get Out not win Best Screenplay? Fuck that. Sorry, go on. <laughs> okay. Um, and I and I think it's uh, I think all around I think the relationship with you know with the girl like that kind of unlikely relationship that they have in the film is you know to some people it's probably not that believable but at the same time it's like super believable I think those are the type of relationship that develop you know with you know outcasts and things like that and and the ending worked for me also I thought I thought the ending was super powerful and was appropriate for this um, yeah man I I just this movie can only be dubbed as Martin in the Hood. It's really what it is. It's a modern, it's a modern day Martin, and it's fantastic. I thought the acting was perfect all the way around. All the little nudges to all the other films in there, but just the fact of him creating this mythology and not noting it down, and and just all those type of scenes, all those subtleties that they threw in the film, worked on every level for this man. Transfiguration mm-hmm. is just, it's fantastically executed. It's it's a little bit longer. I think it runs. Roughly like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, you know, but I thought yeah. the pacing was really well done in this one, too. And, you know, you just don't get a lot of films like this, man. You know, set in this, you know, kind of inner city and, you know, vampires in inner cities and it's being dead serious. You know, it's not vampire in Brooklyn. This isn't vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's it's really well done. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a vampire movie with Jim Carrey. Uh, oh, um, love it first bite. Love oh, it first yeah. bite. <laughs> yeah transfiguration nine and a half out of ten i absolutely love this film definitely one of my favorites of the year and i need to get a copy of this <laughs> nice so all right so number four i had super dark times jp had it 
Carly also had super dark times. Mr. Moods had Transfiguration. All right, Moods, what is the fourth audience film of the year? The official communal number four is It Comes at Night. Boom. Boom, right there. Happy to see it make it. All right. All right. Coming in at number three, the second time this film has made the list, and it is Mother. So, I watched this movie first time around, sitting in the theaters. My heart was beating like a motherfucking asshole. This movie is a very uh, intense <laughs> film when you first watch it. Um, you really? I didn't know motherfucking assholes <laughs> heart beat really fast, but well, guess what? My heart beat like a motherfucking asshole. So. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. So, I, I I knew what was going on throughout this movie, especially when it got to the end. I didn't I didn't fully grasp everything that was going on, but I kind of once the once the brothers showed up, I kind of started to piece things together a little bit uh, in my mind. And then I started reading stuff like everybody else, and the movie made a lot more sense. And then when the 4K came out, I picked it up again and I gave it another watch. And I, I and I picked up some other things that I didn't really pay attention to the first time i watched it um the backbone and in the adam's character's back uh is symbolized in the bible and things like that i didn't pick that up in the first time i didn't actually realize the the cracked pipes with the flood jp i didn't piece that together until you mentioned the the amount the amount of goddamn biblical stuff that's like snuck into this film is actually crazy the amount that, that he did manage to squeeze in yeah, and I don't, and I, and I don't understand. I, I know that the furnace has some kind of symbolic, but I symbolic things, but I really don't understand what that is. Yeah, this is a movie that you're probably gonna have to watch ten times, and then even that, you probably won't have anything, everything dissected. But uh, this is another film that 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 shows that you don't really need a bunch of flashy things to go on to make a really interesting movie. This movie takes place in one setting, one house camera really really doesn't move that much like mood says it's either placed in front of somebody on the side of somebody or on the back of somebody and it really doesn't move that much uh until the end of the film where we start to get a little bit more interesting and etiquette uh camera work but besides that it's a very basic one shot type of movie reaction to somebody's face camera moves to another reaction face very very basic but it, it it's the substance that 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 makes this movie the acting is fantastic. Javier Bardem is is one of the best actors of this generation, behind Daniel Day Lewis. Every movie that he's been in is, is he's so good. So uh, you know, I couldn't really think of anybody else to be in that role besides him or Daniel Day Lewis. So um, I love Mother so much. I gave it a nine and a half out of ten. I think it's a film. As I watch more and more, I'll grow an even bigger appreciation towards it. But I, I really really love mother and to all the haters fuck you i'm sorry i have to say it. another film that suffered no from the the marketing uh aspect where everybody was like oh this movie is not marketed right or whatever but um yeah it's uh <laughs> I, I like how paramount or whoever put this out handled it like yeah, they're pretty like, much like care. fuck off <laughs> yeah we're gonna release it anyway we don't care if you don't like it yeah i like all I the uh all the teases with uh, Jennifer Lawrence's tits in the film. I think it's like the opening shot in the film where you can see through her white shirt and you get to see her nipples a little bit. They were but, together. But then you actually get to see her titties. They were together for a long time, actually. So that that, that was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting I think, that. I think she doesn't care anymore. 
at this point. I mean, dude, Everybody have you ever seen her leaks? Yeah, everyone else has seen her titties. So. You know what I can't get over, man, is how good Michelle Pfeiffer still looks. She's like yeah. 58 or 59 years old. Like, she still looks fucking good, man. Wow. Well, Kim didn't bad either. She's thin as a fucking twig, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, so Mother, number three. Check it out. That movie's awesome. QQ. And it has the best shot of the year. All right, uh, coming in at number three for me is Super Dark Times. And, uh, yeah, I, I truly love this movie. It was my second favorite um, experience watching a movie this year. Just just kind of, like, completely taken back by the whole thing. Like, I said I started watching it, like, 2 or 3 in the morning or something. And, my like, expecting to kind of, like, wind down and, like, fall asleep. My eyes were just wide open, just peeled, you know what I mean? And just seeing seeing... One, I just love the setting and it set up the character so well. And then just seeing this paranoia exist within the lead character, as well as uh, an often under talked about aspect of it is is like his dream sequences, which are all just subconscious um, thoughts shining through and it's sort of like a weird blend of it uh, through dreams that are all relevant and not just dreams for dream sequences uh, for dream sake. Um, <laughs> dream sequences for for sequence sake or whatever um i also really like that this girl that he clearly likes like any other time he would just be like super happy about this and she just keeps like coming on to him and his mind is just so like completely in another mm-hmm. world that mm-hmm. that he can't act on any of these things that otherwise I find it's so be. nice that she stays with him even in his most you know she knows something's not right i think yeah. Like I think she senses that something happened between the two. So what? Yeah, so wh- how would you guys classify this film? Like what kind of horror genre? Because I honestly true, don't think drama that, horror, like true yeah. like drama horror. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because like my 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 thing is like, and I, I've mentioned this before. It's like, um, take 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 a film like. I don't know what we do in the shadows or Shaun of the dead or anything, right? Like everybody accepts that as, as horror comedy or comedy horror. But why is it when a film is dramatic that we can't accept it as, as like horror drama, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of, I, I mean, yes, it's, it's heavier in like the dramatic nature than the horror. Um, but it, 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 it made me admit, many of the same emotions that I get when watching like a scary horror film. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of lump it in there a little bit. Uh, yeah. It, to me, it, it just, it works on all aspects. Like I love the casting. I thought that the um, girl, uh, the girl next door character was just like really well done. She was seemed Cute. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it has, it's actually set on Christmas kind of, which is pretty cool. Um, I just I just love this movie. Uh, it was great. I gave it a nine point five out of ten. I actually came up a half a point um, for my initial rating. Alrighty, Good stuff. which actually I believe that makes the Hall of Fame with Jeremy's nine, my nine point five, and, and Carly's nine point five. Twenty eight. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. What mood? <laughs> one one person has it rated. Got to put it in. 
Well, two guys. Two. I know, two but at least one. No, I wasn't referring to that. I was just. Oh, are you <laughs> mad that it's in? Well, it's not gonna look at it in the whole thing. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Rules are rules. There was a movie in there that I'm I'm pissed it's in there. <laughs> Forget which one it is. I'll know right away once I see the. Was it Black and Blood Blaze? No, I put that in there. <laughs> Demons, um, wasn't it? Was, uh, I think it is Demons. Just didn't feel right to me. Because hmm. Demons is good, but that good. Alright. Alright. Um, at number three, I have the Transfiguration. Uh, yeah, I really... I, this is one of those ones that, like, I saw a while back, and, like, it's still very, like, vivid in my head, and just, like, it stuck with me, and it stayed, like, at my number three spot for a long time. Um, I just love that setting. I, like, I think the two uh, main actors do a great job, and um, it's definitely one of those ones that's more along the drama line than horror, but, like, the um, horror elements you're getting are, like, really disturbing. Just seeing this kid, like, drink this blood and then Im- immediately, like, puke it up. It's just very disturbing to me. And I just love the, like, mental health type message that's in it. I honestly wasn't... Um, that's a good point. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting it to be, like, the, like I thought, like, oh, this is just, like, another vampire movie when I first, like, started watching it. And then, like, at the end, like, the ending just completely, like, shocked me. And I thought... I might have even cried at the ending, to be honest. It was like, it just... Pussy. Like really, shut up! Well, it, is, it is a good point to bring up, you know, the <clears throat> the mental state, of course. I mean, not yeah. everyone, everybody mentally sounds probably not going to act like this, but it has a lot to do with, you know, with what happened to his parents, and he's being raised mm-hmm. by his brother and stuff. He's not really around a whole lot and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It definitely, like, reminded me of, like, let me in, in a way. It's just, like, the general feel to it. And, Listen, yeah, bro. It's very it's ominous. Let the right, the right one, one in. in. Listen. It's not even shitty. It's on par with, like, the original. Besides the one made part. the stupid fucking mistake of watching the original dubbed. I did. Now, like, I never, like, I, I can't, like, un- What? It. Oh, yeah, I was like, that's dude, a listen, big- this is like one of my favorite movies ever. Watch it. And she watched it fucking dubbed. It was like the option that was on when I put the DVD in, and I didn't think, like, you know oh, some DVDs just so automatically played yeah. the dubbed version. That's well, you know, how we I should put that. a picture of Carly in the Hall of Pain just for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, and, like, I own both, like, Let Me In and Let the Right One In. And, like, now I feel like I would definitely, like, just go to let me in over that one. I feel oh, bad. What are you, Andrew Schroyer? No! No, I'm not that retarded, I swear. But anyway, Transfiguration, great. 9.5 out of 10. Which I believe... Vince, did you rate it 9.5? I didn't rate it. Yep, 9.5. Yeah, I gave so... It 8.5, so we'll my 9, Carly's 9.5, Mids is 9.5, 28, another Hall of Famer. <clears throat> Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, with that said, moving on to my number three, and it is, of course, Stephen King's It. Fuck. <laughs> I predicted that was your number one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. out. So Stephen King's <laughs> It, man. And like I said before, when we were I talking was thinking about this about one, that. this is exactly what I wanted from 
the story. I wanted it to not show its limitations. I like the original adaptation, the TV adaptation of it, but it definitely shows its limitations. This is more true to, you know, the book in a sense because of how the characters are so vulgar, the gore that's in there and stuff. I mean, it was vicious. It was vicious. And, you know, I I still always come back to this argument. I've, I've had people say to me, like, man, you know, I actually just had this conversation about a week ago with somebody. And they're they like, no, no, they said, they said, don't, <laughs> the person said to me, they're like, what'd you think of it? And I said, I, it was awesome. And I started explaining why I liked it and stuff. And the person's like, well, you know what? I went back and I read the comments on that show and people are still saying, oh man, that argument between moods and Jeremy was so heated. That comment, that, that fight between moods and Jeremy was, was making me nervous because I fucking told you that shit was going to happen, bro. People love good arguments. That's the maddest I've ever been on the show, man. I'll admit. I was screaming. People also like one-sided arguments, apparently. It was just fucking... Suck re- my dick, okay? But anyways, <laughs> but anyways, so I was having this conversation with this person. And they said, they said, well, what did you think about like the vulgarness to the film? And I said, I said it was... What, that Richie sucks? I said it, it's exactly how I was as a child. Like when I was 12, 13 Hell years old. Hell yeah. You know, when you have a group of four or five boys, whatever... And yeah, that's th- why Jeremy doesn't get it because he didn't have any. This is totally natural for kids to be dick fart jokes, fucking your mom, and and just being vulgar for the sake of. You're yeah, always, I you're still always tell Carly. You're <laughs> always trying to one up. Uh, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. As a kid, you're always trying to one up your friend. If he says, you know, if he says he's gonna fuck your sister, you say I'm gonna fuck your mom and your grandma. You know, you just get you're always one upping all the time, and geez. I feel like it's what it's like in the in the film. And I thought the characters were realistic because that's how it is. You know, I had no problem with that whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, even Mouth has naked pictures of Chunk's mom. <laughs> there you go. Kids have. This is what kids do. You know, they're razzing each other throughout the whole film. and um, Put I, it on backwards, man. You know, I didn't have any problems with the effect. I mean, maybe minor, <laughs> minor issues with the scene. You didn't like stuff. Richie's monologue at the end where he's like, I had to walk through shit water and like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, man. There's so many awesome. memes about that. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Uh, my, minor problems with some of the CGI, but I thought most of the effects were actually pretty good. Um, but uh, I really like what they did, man. The visuals in this film are fantastic, man. I thought Pennywise was great for the most part. I do have a little bit of issues. I haven't rewatched the film since I saw it in the cinema, though. So remember my biggest complaint with Pennywise? What did I say? His voice. Um, his it, voice. It was blurry. Yeah. His voice, man. I was the voice, which we uh, liked, which was funny because <laughs> yeah. I actually laughed out loud in the cinema by myself, and I could feel people looking at me because I just. First of all, that's a lie because I know there were more people seeing it with you. <laughs> no, I went by myself, man. No, uh, but you said in the theater by yourself. You know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but like, I was like, I wasn't expecting that voice to come out of that for some reason. I was just like, what? So it was it was a little bit off putting for me throughout the whole film because I kept kind of chuckling at it, but. I don't know, maybe upon a rewatch, I've gotten over it. I don't know. But I thought the movie did a really good job. Um, I like the changes that they put in there. You know, mm-hmm. the Mike character. Like, what they did with um, the fat kid. Uh, I'm bad with names. Mike. With Mike. And, uh, but I like that aspect, man. And, you know, the whole uh, thing. Ben. Did, ben, sorry. With Mike's Ben. black kid. Yes, with Ben. And I like that whole, I like that whole setup. I found that to be completely believable. The character development was awesome. Everything about this one was fun as shit, man. I just like you man i can't wait for the adult part and i'm i'm really excited to see who they cast in it and what they do with it and stuff and you know if it's as good as this one this is going to be a great two-part series like it just it's going to go down man 
Um, fuck the haters, no, man. We're going to have Pennywise it, spinoffs and everything else. Yeah, fuck the haters, man. It was an excellent, this was an excellent, excellent, uh, you know, version of the story. So 9.5 out of 10. I love it, man. It's a great film. All right. So for number three, I had Mother. JP had Super Dark Times. Carly had Transfiguration. And Mr. Moods had it. All right, Moods. What is the community's number three? They say that the number three film of the year is Raw. Which super surprised me. I didn't expect that to be that high. So that officially is on every list. All five lists. (laughs) That's crazy. All right. Number two. My second favorite film of the year, 2017, of course, is The Killing of the Sacred Deer. What more needs to be Shit, said? Shit, I lost again. <laughs> How did you lose? I fucking said what my favorite movie of the decade is is my number one like eight times. And then you was like, oh, now my list is fucked up because this, <laughs> I don't know. I thought you might have changed after you saw that one. No chance. All right, so I'm wrong on moods and Jeremy. <laughs> Does this mean I get a point in box office brawl? Man, I'm still open on all three of them, man. This is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm still open, too. I'm wrong on Moods and Jeremy, too, so. Um, I love this movie so fucking much. Like I said, if you want to listen to my full thoughts, listen to the review that I did a few months ago. But, um, oh, man, I just, I just, I, there's definitely more. Uh, this is another film like Mother that I feel like has a lot of um metaphor in it a lot of people have been well, talking about do you know what it. it's about it's actually based like, off the like greek some like greek mythological greek mythology, story yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I don't, i'm not that familiar with it so i think that i'm not getting everything out of the movie that i should but yeah i looked um, it up after too and i actually didn't recognize the the whole myth either mm-hmm. so i had no idea but but freaking it's just a very uh it's it's my kind of movie. It's it's very Kubrick like in the directing style, and it's very uh, Polanski style in its story and screenwriting. And I love those two directors so much. So this movie just just really uh, connected to me. And Barry Ke- Keegan Han performance in this movie is so fucking fantastic. The scene when he's sitting there and he's eating that goddamn spaghetti. And he doesn't change this expression or his voice whatsoever. It's so fucking creepy. (laughs) So fucking. It's amazing, amazing, amazing shit. And when he's. And another scene is when he's fucking sitting in that basement and shit's going down, doesn't change, doesn't have any sense of fear in his face or his eyes or his voice or anything. It's just absolutely brilliant um, acting from such a young kid. So. I really, really hope this kid gets some more roles. And it seems like he's doing all right, which is good, because I, I really think he's going to be an up-and-coming actor in the future, um, especially after Dunkirk, which is my favorite film of the year so far, period. And this movie, um, is, it's, it's just really fantastic um, acting across the board. Even Nicole Kimmon does a good job. I'm usually not a big fan of hers. Really don't like her that much. Colin Farrell. In Burge is one of the best fucking performances in a long time, so uh, it, it, I have an opinion on him too. Just it's a really fantastic film. I love this movie. I gave it a ten out of ten. I mm. love it very much. It's Damn. awesome. So that that made that made just yours and Carly's so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I had like it didn't make my list. Oh um, man, come on! I, man. I had a, I had problems with it, man. Like I, I thought there's incredibly suspect things that happen in this movie. Like, it, for example, the end, um, where you know we obviously see what the father does. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, like is there no police in this story? Like, but it that, ends there just... though. You don't know what happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it actually doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't end there. <laughs> no. That is one problem I had. Yeah. Like, because that's, I mean, they live in like a suburban neighborhood, like kind of like we see that because when the daughter crawls out of the house, we see them driving down the road and, you know, it's it's quite suburban. Looking. Oh, never mind. So no, like, I remember the ending when they're staying in the diner. I'm so stupid. like, why would there not like because there's three loud bangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I just feel like that would be not happen that way. I, I did honestly have I struggled with the dialogue like I felt like it was incredibly fake it it doesn't make sense a lot of times um, like okay there's a scene with the the wife and she's trying to get information from that friend and she says like he's like what, what the hand job trade me for it or something <laughs> and she's like I'm, I'll give you something that you didn't get last night at the party or something and I'm like okay like so it does that mean that they like they do this regularly like how would he know what that mean you know what I mean like it it just felt like the dialogue was just off man and it kind of hurt the film a lot for me in a way <clears throat> besides, uh, besides just, the cinematography it, man I thought the dialogue was the best part about the film because it was so fucking yeah. quirky man it had but me. It I laughed out so many times, man. Time. <laughs> I laughed so many times. Like, but that is not the intention to make you laugh. Because it was this, like the wife. She was. Not, I laughed too. I I'm, laughed a ton, but I, I don't think that that's. I'm watching the movie, and she comes be. home, and she's busy doing something. She's fu- doing some work shit or whatever, and like she kept looking up and just kind of giggling. She's like, "What the fuck are you watching?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it comes off as so quirky, and I'm like. Oh fuck! We were just we were having a blast with it, man. It so and and so much is unexplained with the uh, like. How come the whole family knows what's happening? Because he tells him when he yeah. when he visits him and he's he says I'm gonna. Put but a he curse. doesn't tell the whole family. He just tells that dude. Yeah, but I think the dude tells the wife. It doesn't the dad when? tells the wife? And I think the well, you might not see it all, but and then okay, like well, also like Moots's argument. Well, d- d- just because you don't see it doesn't mean dude, it you think like, we but, are the flesh makes sense. I want to hear it. No, dude. <laughs> but no, like I, I had I had issues with like everybody just knows that this is happening, and also and like, everybody just believes that that's what's happening. Like I don't just because like. It, it to me it's just like okay what like why would everybody just believe this all of a sudden i think it's it's just like paranoia because it's like okay the doctors can't find out what's going on for, for some reason so now the wife is thinking like oh maybe they're right maybe like something we something like beyond our level is going on here like it's like a last resort type thing in yeah. my head yeah oh retard alert retard alert class I know that's not me because I, I think that these are valid questions. <laughs> like it to me, it does not make sense, man. It, it, it's like, okay, man, I'm going to send you a copy of the lobster and you're going to watch it. Does and you're going to tell me what you too? think about the lobster. <laughs> um, but this movie is, is I still is, really like this movie. It did make my top 20, just not my top 10 or 15 <laughs> <laughs> or, or my top 19. <laughs> no, it's uh 17 sitting at 17 right <clears throat> behind the babysitter 
Get the fuck oh, out of here. Get the, the fuck out of here. The that babysitter was Brandon's number one. I don't even want to hear it. Oh, uh, Brandon's stupid. <laughs> I thought right. that was a fucking joke. What? <laughs> when I first heard that Brandon's number one was the babysitter. Yeah. I actually took that 100% as a joke. Uh, Brandon's like he, he's done lost his mind man he's lost his right. fucking mind uh, my number two is a movie that I originally had rated as a nine and it was in my number I think three spot it got bumped up after I started reading about the movie afterwards and seeing all this subconscious stuff that's in the film that subconsciously makes you feel a certain way and that is get out um, I like this movie. It was going to be my number three. And then I started reading about like the, the, the girl and the cereal, like separating the, Oh, the, here we go with like, the cereal again and how everybody has on blue and the, the lead has on red or vice versa. And it's like, Oh my God, like this is like mental segregation that you're not necessarily looking at and noticing, but you subconsciously separate besides the fact that he's black but you're separating him from (laughs) all the white people subconsciously already and it's like all these little key things that that jordan peele inserted into his film just adds to the layers of you doing that mentally i just thought it was completely brilliant and i remember funny enough like i was listening to an old episode of the movie crypt back in the day where jordan peele was on he's like yeah i got this little project it's like a horror film that, that i'm working on <laughs> not knowing that this goddamn thing was going to be a massive success and he actually came back to the movie crypt shortly after the film was released and talked about how he don't think that if this film would have came out even two years earlier it would have had the impact that it did with its social relevancy, you know, ever since, you know, Donald Trump and, and all these different, um, you know, social culture things that are happening with, with race and, and racial tensions and, 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 um, you know, the black lives matter movement and all this stuff like that. So I do have to say with the babysitter, that was my favorite line of the whole fucking movie. Black lives do matter, man. He fucking gets shot. <laughs> Shit fucking kill me. <laughs> I was about to say, how is this relevant? But you saved yourself. Yeah. Oh, man. That shit fucking... <laughs> that, that shit was funny as hell, man. <laughs> that but, shit made me laugh. Like, I... And, oh, the guy... Dude, I didn't even realize this, but there's one actor in this movie that I loved, and it was the brother, and he looked familiar the whole time. Do you guys know who that is? The antiviral. Yeah, guy. he's from fucking antiviral. Yeah. yeah he man. kills it, man. He kills it so well. We talked and about this in Mood's hour long review of the film a few months ago. What, when I wasn't oh, even really? trying to review the film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. But yeah. um Yeah, I, I thought I like the story is so cool, right? Like it's it's just a neat story that has so much subtextual stuff to it. My Biggest issue was I think it would have created more of an impact had it ended a la Night of the Living Dead style, um, which I believe turns out I, I don't know this for sure, but I believe was an alternate ending. Um, but I think it, it needed they, to they, end so, like that, man. You it's an alternate it ending on the Blu-ray. I think it really did. Yeah, and and that's where my half point gets removed. Yeah, uh, from it being a perfect ten, but. Man, I, I think that I was so happy that this was successful and people embraced it. Unlike some other films that I thought were good, where people didn't embrace them, at least this one, everybody embraced. 
Um, you still get a couple of haters that's like, oh, the story was so predictable and stuff like that. And I'm like, you're missing the entire point of the movie, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like people are sh- like, oh, I knew that the family was going to be bad. And I'm like, that's what? what? I'm like, like, dude, <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> that's the point of the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. I, I guy needs a fucking angry. hero cookie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! It, like, there's so much like like dialogue in it that, like, when she says like you were one of my favorites or something, that's like this condescending like like you know you're not a person really. You, you know, it's like they're you know kind of um objectifying and, and just making them less than a person by by saying it in that condescending way you know what i mean like it was a fucking animal or horse or fucking dog or something that was your favorite you know what i mean um but like a pet or something and uh yeah it's just a great movie 9.5 out of 10 do you believe killing of a sacred deer has a one and a half out of five on amazon (laughs) jesus just break my balls fucking assholes sorry <clears throat> all right, all right Carly. Carly. All right. Um, my number two of the year was my number one for a very long time, and that is It Comes at Night. Damn uh, it, I lost. lost again. Yeah, I, I knew that? It. Man, I am I, still winning here, man. This is what incredible. Shit, I'm fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I had First, I had Super Dark Times, and then I crossed it out, and I put Get Out, and then I crossed it out, and I put It Comes at Night. God damn it, I was fucking close. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, like I said, we watched this right after The Mummy. And um, this was the one, obviously, all those double features I was looking forward to more. And I was completely blown away by it. Um, I don't really see the argument that this isn't a horror movie because I was actually really creeped out by the, uh, like, dream sequences. Like, like I was actually, like, afraid to look at sometimes. So... I like at no point did I think this wasn't a horror movie and then it's just it's so like suspenseful and intense like there's this part where like the one guy like accidentally like says something like oh something about his brother and then he's like I thought you said you didn't have a brother and then that kind of like just spirals into this massive paranoia it's just that one line and I love it so yeah I gave it a 10 out of 10 wow awesome Good stuff. All right. Moods. All right. So coming in at number two, we have the Black Coat's daughter. Oh, fuck me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. Still, this one. I didn't fu- have that. This one fucking floored me when I first watched it, man. I was like just enthralled into this film. I thought it was That's just, the decade. just fantastically executed, man. It's super dark and mysterious and atmospheric and acting everything about this one was just awesome man and i love the outcome man you know i thought it was just fantastic um see i never had a problem with you know what we were talking about earlier because to be honest i never noticed (laughs) so (laughs) i didn't notice either i told you i didn't notice until somebody brought it up yeah jason lloyd jason lloyd's the one that brought it up i think yeah um but thinking back on it i'm like uh, i mean there's an argument there you know for either way I guess, but uh, it didn't affect, you know, that it doesn't affect me enough to, to drop it down. But I, I thought this one was just all around just a fantastic executed film. 
Um, Oz Perkins, was this his first film that he did? Yeah, and then he did that uh, Netflix one I still have to watch. Because this is a really good debut film. Like, really well directed, written, everything, man. I thought everything about this one is fantastic. Nine and a half out of ten. Um, pretty much near perfect film. But, yeah, Black Heart Statter. We've talked about this one enough. Yep. All right, so I have The Killing of the Sacred Deer at number two. JP has Super Dark Times. Carly has... Oh, shit, that was number three, sorry. I had Sacred Deer. JP had Get Out. Carly had It Comes a Night. And Moods had Black Coat's Daughter. Moods, who is number two for the audience. The audience has chosen It. <laughs> number two. Not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeremy. All right. Number so, one, of course, Black Coat's Daughter. Well, I'm officially right on Jeremy's pick because I heard him say this about 45 times this year. Damn it. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> I, said it, I said in my review, it's my favorite movie of the decade, yeah. and it still is my favorite movie I know, movie but it was, it was before you watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. No, nah, man. Nothing will ever beat this movie. I fucking uh. love this movie so much. I've seen it four times. And that's that's quite a record for me. I don't usually don't watch movies that many yeah, times, but crazy. yeah, that is pretty crazy. But uh, I love the fucking atmosphere in this movie. It's so it, it has that uh, uh, fucking House of the Devil type of feel to it, where it's just cold, it's claustrophobic, it's gloomy, it's dark. It has that sense of dread that something's gonna go extremely, extremely wrong. The acting is top notch cinematography is fucking awesome this is a perfect perfect movie in my opinion yes it has that one problem and i could see the argument for both sides i like moods it didn't even enter my mind until we started having a discussion about it and jason lloyd was talking about it and if i had one chance to talk to oz perkins and i had one chance to ask him one question of course i would ask him about this like everybody else because i'm dying to know what his uh answer to the question is because if he gives a good point, it may, you know, um, relieve some information about the discussions that the community had about the plot hole in this movie. Uh, I'm I'm gonna watch it with the commentary track and see if he says anything about it because I'm curious. But I love the Black Coat's daughter. It is fucking awesome. A ten out of ten. There it is. Uh, I can't remember if, who all had that one so far. Um. Well, you've had it, Jeremy. Yeah, I think right. it's it's only you. I think. Oh, okay. And him. All right. <clears throat> All right. My number one of the year. Wait, is that in the Hall of Fame? No, it's only two people. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you've seen uh, it though, right? Who? You. I. It was on my list. <laughs> and it was on Moods's list. No. Yeah, it was this number two. Yep. Was it? Oh, then why didn't you answer? Oh, wait, yeah. The only list that hasn't been on is Carly. Okay, so what did you rate it? He gave it a 9.5. Yeah, I gave then it it's a 10. in the hall. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Hall, hall of Fame, Rob, note that down. With a, what is it, 9.5, 10, and a 9. Um, which makes it 28.5 yep. in by <clears> half a point extra. All right, um, my number one should be no surprise. I'm pretty sure you guys had it. It comes at night. It yes, comes I at night. did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All three ends. I'm that predictable, huh? No two, landmine goes click for two me. Two for two for oh. me so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this movie, dude, it's about the fear of the unknown. It's about the fear of abandonment, the fear of death. Uh, it's, you know, a movie that I think is so layered that is incredible. Um, I think that the dream sequences all mean things. The core of the movie, besides being about those things that I mentioned, it is not a film about good guys and bad guys. It's just a film about people and in a high stress pressure cooker situation and how they react to it using their best judgment at the time. For example, the kid in the movie, the little kid, he was never infected. Just paranoia led you to believe that he was. All right. Um, the black kid, he's the one who went outside and got the dog. Right. We see that through his dreams. We mm-hmm. see that's how he gets infected. The dreams mean things because they are um, the um, subconscious of their fears, of their um, impending doom. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all from his point of view. It's his fears. It's his fears of his parents uh, doing what they did with the grandfather to him, having to do that to his mother. Um, it's his resentment for for not going after the dog and doing that to his gra- grandfather. Um, you know, it, it, it's a movie that just has so much going for it. Um, and I think that like one of the more exciting things about it is that the director leaves a lot of it up to your interpretation. Um, you know, with, with uh, some of the things that just aren't explained, but I do think have answers. Now, Watson said he listened to um, the director in an interview talk about it, and he said that the director didn't have answers for stuff. But I had Rob check out the commentary, and he said that the what director... What, is Rob your bitch boy or something? <laughs> Rob. Rob said he this. wanted to uh, check out the commentary, and I was like, oh, you, if you could, could you check it out before we do our show and answer a few questions that I might have, see if he talks about it. Um, and from what it sounds like is the director wants everybody to have their own interpretation of it. So he doesn't want to come out and specifically say what things are, but it leads you to believe that he does have answers because I believe he says it's one point that the kid didn't have to die. Not which I think he kind of slipped up there where it's like, he kind of admits that the kid wasn't infected. Um, but, you know, again, up for interpretation. Um, I think that uh, the, the cool thing about the entire aesthetic of the film is it's it's just dark and gloomy and sad. It just reminds you of just like the end of the world, man. It's, it's, it's messed up, you know. And I think that the character, I think a lot of people just look at this film and take it very literally instead of thinking about the movie in terms of how the characters are rationalizing things, uh, rationalizes the rational rationalizing things in yeah. their head, <laughs> and um, like the the one dude who lies about the, uh, the the brother. Well, some people think like, oh, because in movies when that happens, typically that means that's a bad guy. Well, not in this movie. It probably just means that when he first met that guy, he was trying to create any type of um 
you know level of trust or whatever so yeah maybe like he did lie a little bit but not in the intention of i'm gonna screw this guy over later it was more in the intention of like help me save me i need help type of way and then he slips up later and it's one of the most intense moments of a movie that i watched this entire year it's it's suspenseful oh my god i i love this movie i'll never watch it again i think because i don't think it'll capture that feeling that i got the first time so um Mm -hmm. that's why i have a problem with saying like favorite movie of the year versus the best movie of the year because favorite to me means that i'm gonna enjoy it um so it comes a night 10 out of 10 which i believe makes the hall of fame as well i believe so what did you rate it moods nine uh yes Harley. Ten. Alright, so that's twenty. Uh, I refuted you dumbass. It was my number five. <laughs> What'd you give it? Nine? Yeah. We'll take moods instead. Moods, me and Carly put it in. <laughs> Fucking what a bunch of <laughs> That's okay. That that's my that's my payback for my shitty lure. Alright, Carly. <laughs> Let me get three for three here. Okay. Um my number one of the year is Hounds of Love. Ooh. Fuck. <laughs> what did you ha- what did you have, Moots? Uh Black Coat's daughter. Uh nah. You not that at all. It didn't even make it in your top ten. No, you know what? Black Coat's daughter, the biggest issue is I went into that like knowing there was a plot hole. No one told me what the plot hole was, but I went in knowing and I caught on to it right away and that kind of ruined it for me. But yeah, um Hounds of Love, um, I watched this based on like Moods' review and then JP told me like it's definitely one to check out and movies like this really usually bother me like these depressing like downer movies so I kind of wasn't looking forward to watching it and then I started watching it I just couldn't believe how realistic the acting is and just like the grimy way like the couple looks and just it was probably like the best acting I've seen in like a long long time like the stuff the girl the way the girl just reacts the girl who's captured is just it just seems so realistic to me it seems like stuff that i would probably do if that were me in that situation and then like you know with the ending like i see what you guys mean how it could have been much more like brutal and like downbeat but i really didn't have a problem with it i still didn't think it was a bad ending so hounds of love 10 out of 10 man i'm glad people really dug that film man Awesome. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a good movie. <clears throat> but like, when was the last time you seen a film like that that just had so much depth within the characters? Chained. Like, that's so fucked to see that, man. It's crazy. Good shit. All right. Coming in at number one. I said mother. I'm gonna lose this. <laughs> 2017. Brimstone. Obviously. Brimstone. <laughs> oh, uh, I had a feeling after we started talking about it. Holy fuck, this one floored me. Again, this one's super long. It's like two and a half hours long. I gotta watch this. And movie. I was like, I, I told don't. you, you motherfucker. And I was like, I don't know, man. Because Brandon is like, yeah, I can check up. And so it was like two and a half hours. I'm like, fuck, really? So yeah. I just, Do you know who else's list this made? Who's? Dave. As number one. Shut Dave. up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He doesn't even like westerns, dude. You know what's funny? What the he fuck? mentioned this. 
His number one this year, Brimstone. Last year, The Witch. The year before that, Bone Tomahawk. Mm. All period pieces. What the fuck? Yeah, man, that's so. For crazy. somebody who doesn't like period pieces, what are the chances of me and Dave having the same number one? That's pretty much little to none. <laughs> um, yeah, man, Brimstone. Wow, what a fucking masterpiece this is, man. This is this is one of those films that is like, it's just scary, man. It's like one of those stories where you're just like, holy fuck, man. Guy Pierce plays this insane reverend in this totally over the top like th- this b- movie is basically showcasing the dark side of religion this guy is way over the top he's taking everything way too fucking serious uh it follows dakota fanning's character uh throughout the film and she's basically trying to you know it, it follows different aspects and time periods in her life and shit like that um but it's cool it's the way it's done it's it's done into four sections like the bible um first being revelation exodus then genesis and then retribution and i like how they broke that up man you know with a film that's two and a half hours long you would think that the pacing would be a little bit off in this no it fucking flew by absolutely flew by performances cinematography the locations the wardrobe the aesthetic of this film is like second to none. It's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I don't think that they ever specified what year this is actually taking place in. Did they, Carly? Do you remember? Um, I don't think so. Because because I, I was thinking back, like I was about a half an hour into the film, like I don't think they ever specified what time period. It's obviously in the Western days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like eighteen hundreds. Yeah. All right, I'll go to Family Video and buy. It tomorrow. never specifies, but man, I'm telling you, the aesthetic of this film is amazing. Like it's just all the wardrobes, costumes, to the acting. I mean, Guy Pierce is literally so fucking scary. If I had to kind of relate him to another character, he's almost like a Freddy Krueger character. That's how I classified him. He's that menacing. And his agenda is disgusting. It's fucking- I think they had one way to kind of date this film is I think they had uh, Henry repeating rifles in the movie, uh, oh, which oh. were released in like 1860-ish. Okay. Yeah, <clears> see, <throat> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not very familiar with guns and stuff. So, um, But yeah, that, that, that could be right. That could be right. But yeah, he's just a very, very menacing film. And I just realized something. I have two films on my top ten list that have something to do with very sick and twisted father daughter type stories and shit that's really fucking weird what was the other one i just realized uh, cure for wellness um and yeah. it well that's interesting <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> the kind of taste i have this year i guess uh but everything about this story and the way it plays out is just so fantastic man i mean dakota fanning we when we get introduced to her character she's a mute but we learn how she becomes that too. And it's just that whole section of the film is just fucking agonizing to watch. It's so brutal. Um, this is definitely a scary ass horror film. It's shot beautifully. It's just so menacing throughout the whole thing. I highly recommend it, even though don't be scared off from the running time, two and a half hours, but trust me, it flies by. I I think the chapter format like greatly benefits. I think it does too, um, actually. Yeah. And the, the, the time it's why I wanted to ask the question when you, uh, Carly, when you first started talking about the film, I said, you know, do you think that a linear, like a straight up linear storyline would help it or like, you know, increase the rating or whatever? I totally disagree. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think that the way the story is told is the way it should be, you know? Yeah. You don't oh, wait, ha- isn't that what we both said? No, I know. No, I was, I was asking the question. Do you think it would benefit from a straight up oh. linear storyline? Mm-hmm. But I'm disagreeing with my own question. I was just asking mm-hmm. the question. Um, but yeah, no, I completely 100 agree that this 
100% agree this is the way it should be. And I think it really did benefit from it, too. Um, it's got a fantastic yeah, ending, too. The, because the next chapter will start, and you'll be like, who the hell is this? And then by the end of it, everything makes sense. Yes. And, and it's awesome. Yeah, and it really is, man. And I think the ending is totally does it justice. I think it's just <laughs> the way it's going to go down. I think it was perfectly executed. It's fucking sad. It's moody. It's atmospheric, and it's doom and gloom, man. This fantastic film. I was really floored by this. I still can't believe that this is Dave's number one film. It's like blowing my mind right now. The guy always claims all, it was like West because of Mark Pierce. Nato. I don't think any of us would have seen this if it wasn't for Mark Nato because he told um, Dave. Dave had it on his list, and then told us. Told and and I don't know how you heard about it, but I assume Brandon, right? Yeah, Brandon had mentioned Brimstone because I never even heard of this film before that. Well, I didn't. Re- okay, I had heard of Brimstone. But I didn't realize it was a horror film. I, I remember seeing the cover. I, I just assumed it was a Western. Yeah, thanks to Mark Nato watching 379 movies. <laughs> yeah. <this> is actually... <laughs> so, so I immediately went on IMDb and I looked it up. And it's like the, it's dubbed as a horror thriller Western. And I was like, it oh, is. shit. I was like, because I just looked at the cover and I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Looks like a Western. And, and I'm a big fan of Westerns. So, I mean, I probably would have saw it eventually anyways. But... Yeah, this one was great, man. I mean, I can't honestly say that I've ever said I loved a film with Dakota Fanning in it. Now I can. That's very odd. Did, <laughs> let me ask you this. Did like you I catch understand. the eyes? The eyes of her? The meaning of the eyes in the movie. Why are you going to fucking ruin what? this shit? I still have to see it. Um, because mo- most you probably wouldn't catch it. Probably anyway. not. No. See, but fuck um, you. I catch a lot I of find shit. No, no, movies. no, no. Because I didn't catch it either. But apparently. Is it a biblical thing? No, no. The, okay. Apparently, the preacher has black eyes, um, and it, it's led to believe that he's actually been to hell. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Guy <laughs> Pierce's character's eyes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dakota Fanning. Yeah, his black eyes, for sure. I kind of interpreted that that he was kind of the devil incarnate, in a sense. Well, I think that when he dies, or allegedly die like we don't know like yeah. remember the saloon like i think that i think that he actually died there My, I, know, I was confused by that i think that that actually he died and this is him returning years later into her life oh uh, great ending too i forgot about the ending yeah that's what i said that's why i kind of thought maybe it was like the devil card because his eyes yeah they're just like beady black man like there was something mm-hmm. going on i mean it was just pure evil right Pure fucking yeah. evil. His agenda was disgusting, and it's like it's fantastic, fantastic film all around. Ten out of ten, best film I've seen. Nice, I loved it. Nice, absolutely loved it. How many tens did you have? Just one. Oh, Carly, you had two. three, didn't you? I had two. <clears throat> I had a How lot of nine point five. What two. did what did Dave give it? Uh, ten. Did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure Nobody so. had seen it from the other like christian and brandon didn't see it well brandon probably didn't watch it because it was too fucking long <laughs> <laughs> well <clears throat> i think christian's number one was another evil and brandon's was the babysitter dave's was brandon's <laughs> i agreed with dave's list in terms of like matching up with mine most this year um he had some solid picks on there it was his number two i believe i uh, don't think the, it made the other two's list at all um Make my but list. hey, check out Exploding Head Show. If, <laughs> sorry for spoiling it if you haven't yet. But <laughs> all right, so that's our top ten list. We got a couple of Hall of Famers in there. All yeah, right, me and Carly. So, me and Carly had a very similar, 
very similar taste, man. We had like six of the same yeah. films. Really? Yeah, six. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty so, did you, so nobody was right in their predictions of, of well, I knew yours. Oh, I, I got yours right. We I, got, well, I mean, with all three. No, I got no. two out of three. Two out of three. Uh, this. Shit, man, the one I picked as their number one wasn't even in her top ten. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total miss. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, now we do our honorable mentions. Uh, no, you have to think what the fans' number one films are, JP. Point. We forgot that last time. I'm glad you did that. All right. Miss. So the fans have voted for Get Out as number one on the the official communal top 10 list of 2017 that did not surprise me nope not at all yeah and that honestly i think everybody had really strong lists like i liked every single movie that appeared on list minus i mean i even liked the lore but i just didn't love it um nightmare i liked didn't love but for the most part um i think a, almost every movie could have made my list at some point or another pretty solid yeah, what was the film? Oh, yeah, Savage Lands, the only one I didn't see. Yeah. That movie's so. good. So, w- did we all not see one movie then, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> all right, honorable mentions, Jeremy. Nobody had Capture Kill release. Um, honorable mentions for me uh, Keep Watching, underrated. I mean, oh, when that movie comes out on DVD and people see it, people are going to think I'm fucking dumb. But I don't really care. I liked it a lot. I had fun with that movie. I know people are really gonna shit on it, but I still liked it. Uh, Bag Boy, Lover Boy, mm-hmm. another awesome one. And let's go with Friend Request, another underrated movie that I liked. And if you guys have a chance to check out uh, Seventy Eight Fifty Two, really awesome documentary about Psycho. And it yeah, has a I'm, shit ton of people in it. Like literally, so many people are in this movie. It's an amazing documentary. Is, isn't the isn't the documentary just about one scene in Psycho? Yeah, but it's more about like Psycho. Yeah, but that's like Hitchcock. the concept that you can make an entire fucking documentary on Hitchcock's shower scene yeah. because he's a master. He's brilliant. Um, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Honorable mentions for me. My number eleven was Brimstone. Just barely missed the list. Like. I'm bummed that I, I I'm telling you like I struggled with this list. I couldn't fit everything I wanted on there on there. Um, and maybe if I had more time to digest it, it would have been made the list and maybe something else would have got bumped off. But I love mother as well. I love transfiguration. It was just too many, just too many. Um, I felt like the father in a Christmas story where he's like, well, oh, there's just one too many, huh? When he's trying <laughs> to plug the lights in. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh my number 12 hounds of love awesome awesome movie uh if it had the ending that we were talking about it 100 percent would have made my top 10 probably even top five or three um, but still still really good i loved it top 12 that's still pretty good and the big like one of the movies that shocked me this year um at number 13 is life uh, I oh, absolutely, absolutely trash. You're trash. You're absolutely. <laughs> trash. I love that movie. This movie sucks more than Annabelle. It was so good. No, it's boring. I love it. It was so fun, dude. Boring. It was one of the funnest movies I watched this year. Uh, number fourteen, The Tunnel. Super awesome movie. Um, it, it was in my top ten for a long time. 
And then number 15 is the last one I'll mention, which was uh, a movie that I think had the second best suspense and tension, uh, and that is 47 Meters Down. Also, which is interesting about that, is the guy that directed this is directing the new Strangers movie. So that is a very good sign because 47 Meters Down <clears throat> blew me away with the with the level of like just suspense and tension in that movie. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is the best shark movie since Jaws. Crazy. Carly, what do you got? Uh, number 11, I had It Stains the Sand Red. Uh, yeah, I thought this was going to make my top 10 list. Then I watched Brimstone, and that's what uh, knocked it off. Um, I'm not really into zombie films, but I thought this one was pretty unique, and I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. The number 12, I have Better Watch Out. Um, I went into it not knowing anything about it, and that's the best way to go into it. I thought like the twists and whatnot were pretty awesome, and it was a very fun movie, also an 8.5 out of 10. And then uh, number 13, I have Gerald's Game, which um, I think they did a very good job with that story. Uh, it could have obviously gone wrong and been like very boring, but they did... Um, a perfect job with what they had and then uh, number 14 I have Black Coat's Daughter uh, still a solid film had great atmosphere and acting it was just like knowing that like plot hole type problem kind of messed up for me I still gave it an 8.5 and then finally at 15 I have 1922 um, I just like I think uh, Thomas Jane does a great performance in that and um it's just a pretty solid film. I never read the story, but uh, what I hear, it's very close to the story. And yeah, I just really like the uh, setting and atmosphere to that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really put mine in order. I just had honorable mentions, but uh, I'm going to have to work on my extended list. But um, first up, we had We Go On. Uh, I thought this one was fantastic, man. Anyone see it? No, I, it's pretty good. I, I was, yeah. Not a f- yeah, I saw it. I gave it like a seven. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought it was just fantastic, yeah. man. I thought, I don't know what it was about it, but it just it caught me read off guard, and everything just kind of worked for me. I thought it was really well acted. And it was. It, it was made my of, number thirty-seven. 37. I have the DVD. <laughs> I thought. I thought it was a good premise, man. I thought, I just, it was. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go on, and um, next up here, personal shopper. Anyone check out that one? Oh my. God, I hated that movie, dude. I thought it was really interesting, man. Dude, that is at, like, the bottom of my list almost. It's at number 67. Hopefully you could describe it better why you don't like it more than why I like the lure, so. Probably not. <laughs> yeah? Did you, did you it see it, It was just Jeremy? boring as fuck to me, man. No. No, you didn't? Oh, I thought it was actually quite interesting. Again, another, like, kind of supernatural type film. It was pretty interesting. Uh, Mayhem. I just talked about that one recently. I thought that was going to make your list, honestly. Yeah, it was fucking fun, man. Really great. Yeah, I like Belco yeah. more. No way. I don't know how. The premise of Belco. The premise of Belco. There's so much more weight in mayhem, dude. I know, but the premise of Belco is much more interesting. I don't <laughs> think so. I honestly don't think so, man. I think it. I... <laughs> you even agree with me when I said that, JP. When? When I said that the 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 story of Belco is more interesting, but the premise and execution in Mayhem is better than Belco, I was just agreeing agree. with the ex- execution part. <laughs> I must have half-ass read that. Uh, another one I loved, man, which was another evil. That shit. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Had me in fucking stitches. Yeah, man. I so loved it too. Great, some really great performances. It's just a 
just a riot to watch, man. Really fun stuff. And you say you like Phoenix Forgotten too? Yeah, I did actually. You know, I was quite surprised. But even though it's very similar to the Blair Witch with a you know totally different story, but it's kind of in the realm of Blair Witch. But um, it was good though. It was actually pretty intriguing. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, um, I like that. It's pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, a dark song. That was another one I absolutely loved. This from this year. I thought the uh, the execution in the story was pretty cool. It was different. It was different. They really got into like a lot of depth with what they were doing and shit. And Wait, what one was that? A dark song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I liked it a lot too. It's it's a darker version of another evil. That's the way I saw it. <laughs> yeah, in a sense, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of true. All right, uh, worst films of the year. Jeepers Creepers oh. three, hands down. Uh, Bye Bye Man in second, and VHS Massacre in third. Uh, I I did. Here's my top five least favorite films that start at five out of ten. Um, Out of the Shadows, Death Race 2050, Rings. I could not believe the dog shit that Rings was, man. <laughs> like, it, it was so fucking stupid that they actually, like, it just felt like a completely pandering movie. Like, they were just like, oh, this is what people like. And, like, just feels like one of those movies that was completely manufactured from, like, test screenings. You know what I mean? Just uh, uh, a travesty to the original Ring film. Um Clinical, that was like a Netflix original. It sucked. And then the worst movie I watched the year was Freshwater at 2 out of 10. <laughs> uh, Carly. <laughs> okay, um, I'm just going to list three. Uh, XX, I thought was atrocious. Oh, it fucking Ring. sucked. Yeah, um, no redeemable qualities. And then Rings just felt like... Uh, horrible remake to the original with just no new scares or anything it was just like a total mess and then of course the bye-bye man um what the I, hell totally sucks jp like i it's almost good. died watching that it's I horrible <laughs> dude i loved bye-bye man fuck off i, saw, I think um i honestly I think, never watched it <laughs> it was one I what was that other one you mentioned in there um fuck what was it say it again me Thanks. Oh, XX. XX XX made uh, I think one of the Shoyers list. Oh, that one's well, what else is new? Horrible, is there, man. Oh yeah, I think it did. Too. Yeah, oh my god, it's it, kind of like, some weird taste. <laughs> oh, it's shitty, yeah. man. It's Austin terrible. is way more grounded than yeah. Andrew. Austin's actually normal. He gets like overshadowed by Andrew <laughs> sucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, worst films of the year. The Elf, 0. 0.5 out of 10. That movie <laughs> sucks. Major floppy donkey cocks. It's really fucking bad. Uh, the Dark Tapes, 3 out of 10. That was fucking terrible. So uh, funny, because I think I gave that like a 6 or something. Oh, but I, I hated it. It was so bad. <laughs> uh, it, well, this one pretty much says it. Um, the Hatred, 3 out of 10. It starts out really good. It's got like an opening good scene, and the whole movie just fails on every fucking level. After that, it's terrible. Uh, Happy Hunting, which I actually reviewed on on the show. Uh, four to ten, fucking pre- premise is okay. You know, we've seen the premise lots of times, but execution shitty. And a film called Shock, four to ten, was fucking horrible, man. Couldn't stand Why it. Why the hell does nobody hate Jeepers Creepers 3? I actually didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish watch it. it. I didn't, I didn't watch it. it. I want to watch it still because I'm curious, but it's I didn't. horrible. I was down to the nitty gritty. Uh, while I was, I was not watching it, I films. didn't think it was as bad as you said it was, but oh, it's it, when you awful. compare it directly to the other two films, it's like a like major gigantic step down but in terms of just like a movie i i didn't think it was that bad 
I didn't finish it though, so I didn't count it as a watch. Yeah. All right, so you want me to just go down the list? I have them all in front of me. What, the awards? Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you want to just say the award and then we just reveal ours? Yeah, okay. Uh, biggest surprise of the year, I had Keep Watching. Uh, I had Annabelle Creation oh, because we, Jamie gave such a shit review. You know what? Before we get it, before we get too far into this, the way we did our awards, we didn't put anything into the awards that we had from our top ten. Yeah, just to kind of showcase some other films this year instead of just the same films I've heard over again. Good point, Moods. Yeah, Annabelle Creation. I just I loved it. I truly loved it. It was awesome. Like it made me super hyped on the uh, Conjuring universe. I had it stains the sand uh, red just because it was a zombie movie. I didn't think I would like it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, biggest surprise, I think, for me was uh, Mayhem. <laughs> I don't know why. It just shocked me at how good it was. So, All right. Next up, most disappointing film of the year. Once again, I got Jeepers Creepers 3. Uh, I went with Cult of Chucky, man. I just it, it was such a letdown from like where the series was. It went back to where I didn't want it to go. It just it was so messy and sloppy. Like I can't believe people love this movie. Honestly, I think it made Derek's top ten. Wow. Uh, yeah, I I also have Cult of Chucky. Like I was so excited to watch. Like as soon as it came on Netflix, I watched it that night, and I was pretending that I liked it more than I did. Then I was like, uh, that actually kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, most disappointing film of the year man has to be the girl with all the gifts for myself i had high hopes for it yeah yeah i was very very much disappointed i thought it was okay the ending's the only problem i have with it well, I, I didn't hate the film by any means I, I was expecting great things i got luke roller mm-hmm. uh most original film of the year i have uh it stains the sands red it's actually a good pick because it is pretty yeah. original yeah mm. Uh, I picked uh, Brimstone. Nice. And and that Carly. Sorry, you cut out for a second. Um, uh, my pick was Gerald's Game, just because you know it's like such a simple concept, and they did a lot with it. Yeah. Uh, most original film of the year has to be uh, Be My Cat <laughs> yeah. a film for Anne and that movie was I, I have that a few times I, I didn't list. end up watching that one Fuck that me. I was floored by this one man yeah, definitely check it out man it's pretty good it's very very good uh, most overhyped film it hands down <laughs> come on it is it was the most when you think about it it's not like oh this movie's so overhyped it's bad it's just overhyped I mean, it's very technically. hyped yeah. I think it was worth the hype, though. I th- yeah, I think it. I it think doesn't mean it it's bad. It was just yeah. it was so much hype, so it was overhyped. Yeah. I think its quality fits its hypeness, though. So yeah. it wouldn't be overhyped. It would just be really hyped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, overhyped for me. Uh, I wrote down the void. I thought mm-hmm. that one was a little overhyped. Mm-hmm. Sure. For me, I have the babysitter. I just really didn't yeah. care for it too much at all. Happy yeah. I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. I thought the babysitter was fun as hell. Um, <clears throat> my, mo- my most overhyped film, Killing of a Sacred Deer. 
even though I liked it, I still think that it's it was getting a little bit too much praise. You're with me on that one, then. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, biggest piece of Jerry, I mean shit, of the year. <laughs> uh, I already said fresh water for me. Jeepers Creepers 3. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have rings. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going back to the elf, man. The elf was <laughs> fucking terrible. You and elf, man. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Uh, best foreign film of the year. I mean, there wasn't really that many foreign films that weren't on my list. So I picked The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, I went with Hounds of Love. I did The Nightmare. Okay. Uh, I picked uh, Be My Cat. Yep. Cool. Uh, Best indie film of the year, uh, Bag Boy, Lover Boy, for show. Yeah, I also have Bag Boy, Lover Boy. I have Prevenge. Hmm. Prevenge. Yeah, I that's had... a good pick because that totally is indie as fuck too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I had another evil. That's a good yeah. film. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, best studio film of the year. I have Get Out. Uh, I went with Life. I have Annabelle Creation. And I also have Get Out. Oh yeah, that wasn't on your list. No. <laughs> Damn. Uh, best remake. Uh, it. Um, I didn't have one for this. You know, me either. I, mean? like, That's I went I with it. the Mummy because it's the only film that counts. Uh, as yeah. <laughs> I just put down it. I forgot about the Mummy kind of being a remake. Did it so. not make your list? It made my list. So I didn't oh. see anything else though. So, okay. by default, that's what you get. I literally yeah. didn't watch any other remakes either, so I had to just write it down, even though it's on my yeah. list. So. Mm. Uh, best sequel. This is another one, but I put Leatherface. Uh, I would go with Annabelle Creation or Leatherface. Like, since I used Annabelle already, I would, you know, it would be there, but I could also go with Leatherface because I actually like Leatherface. I put Creep 2. Oh, I'm there with Carly. Ooh. I also have Creep too. Mm-hmm. Nice, pretty solid. Uh, best film to start a franchise. I picked Mayhem. <clears throat> this one was hard for me, man. I didn't really know. I didn't see really any films that I thought would Mayhem be able to start a franchise. I don't think so. Like, I can't see a franchise. Why the virus is? Because uh, that story is that story is not just about the virus. About the, the concept of getting off. Uh, you know, of any crime you commit while, while. You what know, happens if it goes out and then we have a fucking perch situation, but with a disease that because they have up. it contained pretty much more or less. That's like we we already got past that point in the story. They have it contained and they have a cure for it and stuff. It just takes a little while. Okay, um, maybe Belka would have been a better choice. <laughs> maybe uh, I went with um, get out too. You know, <laughs> what are you going with i can't jp keeps cutting out on my no. end and i can't i don't know what he says okay but anyway uh i had better watch out it seemed like the only one that could maybe be open for a sequel in my eyes like out of my movie so yeah uh i went with don't kill it did anyone else see that one no. That's the one with like the girl with I the did a while back. Face on the phone on the cover. It, oh no, no, that's the one with Dolph uh, Lundgren. 
Yeah, yeah. It's got a pr- actually pretty cool premise to it, man. It's pretty interesting, but uh, I could see them making sequels to that for sure. Uh, best cinematography, definitely a cure for wellness, hands down. Towns of love. Um, I'm gonna kind of break the rule here. I went with Shape of Water because it's technically a horror movie on IMDb. No, it's not. It's not. It's a on IMDb, movie. dude. <clears throat> it was beautiful. Shut the fuck up. It's not a horror movie. That's actually a good pick. I don't consider it a horror movie. I just like visually that was like the best thing I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. But it I mean, I don't consider it a horror movie, but if it is labeled as a horror movie, then yeah. uh, I will interpret it as so. Mm-hmm. Uh I went with uh the killing oh, of fuck a you too. the killing of a sacred <laughs> sacred deer. Yeah, that that's a good pick. Um, it uh, was that one shot in Hounds of Love that just fucking got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, best score. Uh, I went with Belco Experiment. There's really that, not that many gory films this year. I went with a more realistic approach at gore, and I went with fucking Capture Kill Release, man. Not overly gory, but I just felt like the, the gore that they did have was great. Don't like that movie. Um, I went with Hatchet 4. Uh, mm. uh, I went with really. You're gonna say that's okay, JP? No, nope, it's a cheat. But I was just letting it go because you, you, you never told me that was. I knew it did in my head. I knew it did. Well, it doesn't count for top ten, but sure, whatever for awards. Shows. All right. I was gonna ask you about that too, and I just didn't. I think I took the opposite approach as JP, and I went with Hotel Inferno two. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking gory. Uh, best soundtrack cure for wellness hands down um i actually struggled with this one just because i couldn't think about soundtracks like i was like what had a good soundtrack um and everything i kept thinking of was on my list already so i went with um lake bodum which is the only other film that i remember being like really into the the music in it um i went with revenge just because like i could yeah. still like actually remember that music in my head and i thought it was like very haunting i think i kind of cheated on this one because well i usually do uh <laughs> i went with stranger things the tv series oh i, <laughs> that. Pumpkin I mean it, i mean technically it doesn't say best film soundtrack no, yeah it's like best soundtrack right so yeah the that is the best soundtrack ever <clears throat> uh best horror comedy be My Cat, a film for Anne, hands down, the funniest movie of the year. I went with The Babysitter. It definitely was the funniest movie I saw all year. I went with Another Evil. I think it blended well with the horror. Mm-hmm. I actually put Another Evil also. I think it's because I had Be My Cat on here a couple times already. But mm. Either or, man. Funny as hell. Uh, best slasher. Uh, not that many slashers this year, actually. I went with Friend Request. Um, I went with Lake Bodum, which I think is like the only like, you know, slasher that actually fits into the slasher world that came out this year. There really wasn't any. Yeah. Um, but Lake Bodum was awesome. Like it was in my top ten forever. I had um Red Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. One. I mean, I didn't love it that much, but like you know, it's something that'll grow. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Man, me and Carly are like totally on the same page. I also had Red Why don't Christmas. You get married. <laughs> That's so funny, man. <laughs> because she likes girls. God. I mean, at least with Red oh. Christmas, the body count was fucking ridiculously high. There was a lot of guilt. Yeah, it was movie. actually like a slasher. Yeah. 
I totally forgot about that one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Best TV Show. I went with The Core. Oh, you actually watched it? Yeah. Awesome. awesome yeah it, it barely i i love it so much but i didn't finish it so i went with something i did finish i went with uh santa clarita diet damn it i went with that too ah <laughs> uh, i fucking totally forgot about that man it's the best dude that shit was funny as flying fuck, it was great man. yeah it, it was good. so funny man it's i kind of wish american fandle was horror because i would have put that shit on oh there. fuck yeah dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, so the ball I, hair. I can't believe I forgot about that. That's so funny. I probably would have went with that too, but I I had Stranger Things too. Oh, American Fandle. Uh best old school film of the year. Uh I put whatever what have you done to Solange? I love that fucking movie yeah. so much. Uh for those Definitely of you my who favorite old school. Don't know what this is. It's just basically the best film that you saw this year that wasn't from this year. And I went with Cannibal Holocaust. Great first time watch. I didn't understand what this question meant, and I put "sweet, sweet, lonely girl" because I uh, thought it was like, like an eighties. Yeah, that makes sense, dude. Yeah. I'm not I a fan of that movie. Holy shit, man! I completely forgot about that too, and I did the exact same thing. Is <laughs> Carly? You guys are fucking dumb. This is crazy. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot. I forgot about. I thought I completely like did this, uh, you know, a few hours before the show, and I was like, "Best old school film of the year." I was like, thinking throwback. I, I did mine during the show. Sweet, sweet, lonely girl, and. I completely forgot that's what we did for that one. But, yeah, I mean, whatever. It is. <laughs> uh, best media release, hands down, Logo USA's Phantasm Blu-ray collection. Me too, buddy. Um, I had Silent Night, Deadly Night, because that's, like, the nicest, like, newest thing I got this year. Uh, second up for me, dude, was I was I was considering... Um, uh, damn it, I forgot. Well... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Hellraiser Scarlet Box. Ice Cream Man. It came out last nice. year, kind of too. So, Ice Cream Man's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. This what was about a, you, Moods? This was kind of a tough one. I, it was a toss-up. I was like, man, like the Arrow set of Phantasm and stuff is pretty flashy and stuff. But yeah, I almost put that too. I went with. I'm going with both. I'm packaging them together. But the Paul Nashy sets, Volume One and Two. Mm. They're fucking awesome, man. So good. Oh yeah. By the way, Get Out Lost. Uh, best script. Speaking of Get Out, Get Out. Uh, I went with uh, Brimstone. I have nineteen twenty-two. This one was kind of hard one for me because I thought all the best scripts were in my top ten. So I was yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. Right? I didn't really know what to pick for it. So I was like, I just I put it. Uh, I picked a Get dark. Out, bro. Yeah, I picked a dark song. Okay. <clears throat> uh, best actor. I had Adrian Tofi and Be My Cat, a film for Anne. Hands down, this guy makes the fucking movie. <laughs> He's the best. Mm-hmm. Hands um, down. I had <clears throat> the guy from Split. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's I a forgot good about Split. I wrote down Dude from Split. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I, th- I hope this is his name. Thomas Jane from 1922. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas cool. Jane. Um, I also had Adrian Tofi from Be My Cat, film for Anne. <laughs> He's also the director. Did a great job. Yeah. Uh, best actress, uh, I have Katherine uh, Walker from A Dark Song. Oh, that's a good choice. I went, I went with the chick from Brimstone. Dakota Fanning. Dakota. Yeah. Very common actress. Um, yeah, she's pretty uh, well yeah. known there, JP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Okay. Very carded. I have a uh, Kiernan Shipka from Blackcoat's Daughter. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. that's a good choice. Um, I went with uh, Samra Weaving from Mayhem. She's great. All right, best director, Jordan Peele, hands down. I went with uh, the guy from Brimstone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I have Alice Lowe, because, I mean, she acted, directed, and wrote all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, this was another tough one. Um, (laughs) Again, I went with Jesse Holland and Annie Minton for uh, We Go On. Hmm. Okay. Biggest industry story of the year. Blumhouse releasing Halloween with Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis returning. Um, that's a pretty good one. I went with the um, Weinstein and the the rape allegations and the sexual. Oh, I didn't know that was on the table. <laughs> I mean, it's an industry story, the movie industry. Right? Yeah. I didn't. That really was know huge it. this year. That was fucking filled up every news thing for months. Mm. Um, this is like the only one I didn't answer, and I'm just gonna steal Jeremy's answer because I feel like that's a solid. Oh, what about answer. it? How about it breaking the box office record? That, that was my number two. <laughs> um, I also went with the Harvey Weinstein rape story. <laughs> Same. I didn't just didn't look into that very much, honestly. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just shoved down our throats because we yeah. Didn't stuff but mm-hmm. yeah it was that there was a lot of stories like i i thought the success of stephen king was a good story this year yeah that was um, another one i yeah, thought about yeah. yeah theatrical horror was a good one uh netflix and and this year they don't get enough love um but yeah all right so moving on to a little bit of a 2018 preview slash top five anticipated films for 2018 um, I figure, you know, I was thinking, why don't we do it like this? Why don't we just take turns throwing out a title and just, like, talking about it for a second? You know what I mean? Okay. Anybody have one that they're pretty excited for? Strangers 2. <laughs> I knew yeah. that was coming. <laughs> yeah. I'll be did you watch the trailer? Thursday night. I'll be fucking there. Uh, yeah, I did. When does it come out? March. Okay. Yeah, you know, I went on record saying that i think that the way to make this movie is to just like amp up the gore and just make it like more of a slasher movie until i watched 47 meters down and i was like holy cow this guy could totally direct a strangers movie like the strangers you know because the original strangers totally relied on suspense right and just um slow building Number six, and, uh, number ninety six on the top hundred best horror films ever, voted <laughs> by the twenty two shots of Moots and Horror. Um, yeah, I'm totally excited for this one as well, man. It, it should be. It looks fucking cool. Yeah, I'm so surprised it's actually happening. Trailer Park, yo. Yeah, you nothing for you guys. <laughs> I got one. Uh, I got more. The house with okay. a house with a clock in its walls. Yeah, I got that one too. Eli Roth. I was excited about that one, and now I'm not. Why? After just doing some research into it, like it's like a children's story, and it stars Jack Black. Mm. Yeah, but I th- I, I don't yeah. know, man. I want to see what Eli Roth is going to do 
with a children's story. <laughs> no, like yeah, with a premise like this, man, I'm just really curious to see what he does with it. So I can't take Jack Black seriously. Doesn't it just feel like almost like a director for hire, like Eli Roth, like trying to break out of his mold or something? Didn't he write it? I'm not. No, a big, it's, I'm, it's I'm not based on a children's no, uh, novel. But didn't he write the screenplay though? I mean, probably, but you're adapting source material. I don't even know if he did. What the fuck is with Jack Black being on in films like that? <laughs> I don't know, like Goosebumps? <laughs> yeah. That's really Yeah, strange. I had that one as like my top five, and then I switched it to uh, Insidious 4, or Insidious The Last Key. Um, it, it's out now. I I'm hopefully want to go see it next week, it, but my schedule's like pretty messed up with working flip shifts and stuff like that so i'll see when i get a chance to see it but uh, mm. apparently it did pretty damn good at the box office for uh, 29 million one point for in, jeremy in the in the dump month that means i'm i'm down three to 15 now yes <laughs> uh i have another one uh the house that jack built this is von trier's newest movie Really? About a serial yeah. killer over 12 years and his descent into madness mm. Sounds awesome. Yeah, that one looked Can't pretty cool. To see that shit. What about you, Carly? You have any? Um, I mean, isn't the Nun supposed to come out? Yeah. 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 I'm pretty. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty interested in that. Are you also a fan of the Conjuring universe now? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'd have to rewatch all the movies. I love the first one, part two. Um, don't really remember that well because we watched it at a drive-in, so I have to rewatch that one. But I like I like all the movies. I think they're all pretty good. Because you were busy with something else. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> the Purge, the mm. Island. Yeah. Really? I don't like the Purge for that movies. one. Or are you just throwing it out? I no, mean, it's I, a Purge I, I'm on actually, an island. That sounds like pretty cool. You I know, where man. To go. You're just excited because it potentially could have a scene where they go on a boat. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. I've been talking about this thing for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the purge a little bit. Um not not a whole lot, but I'm I'm interested well, because it's they're pre- like the it's a prequel though, right? It's like a prequel. To like They haven't they like all been prequel. prequels. I guess, but I, I don't know, man. I am curious to see what they do with this, man. I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, okay. Um oh, you have one JP. Yeah, I have I have one uh, that I'm actually super excited for. This is probably like my number two or three most excited, just because I thought it was super cool. And that's the New Mutants, um, which yeah. is like yeah. an X Men film. It's based on some X Men comic books. But one of the coolest things about it was I read that the director, um, Mister uh, John Josh Boone, uh, he actually <clears throat> uh, is inspired by like dream warriors mm-hmm. he mentioned that in an interview and it's set in like a hospital and it just like was like okay this just sounds cool and it's marketed better be as R. a film what's that better be R. uh yeah hopefully but it comes out april 13th 2018 which is a friday the 13th uh which is cool and i think another film the nun that we just mentioned comes out july friday the 13th so uh yeah. pretty cool Friday thirteenth. So is the released. Halloween the new Halloween film supposed to be coming out in October next year? Is that yeah, what it's slated, it's slated yeah. for October twenty third, I think. Nineteenth, October nineteenth. Yeah. Uh, I have uh Mohawk, which is the 
newest film from the guy who did We Are Still Here. It looks fucking dope. Uh, it's played at festivals and stuff, but I cannot wait to see that shit. Yeah, man, that one. <laughs> it like, looks awesome. Yeah, that that's fucking intriguing, man. I want to, I, I want to check out a quiet place too, man. I think the premise is pretty interesting. It sounds like it could be like a fucking silent movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I saw the trailer to that one because the movie theater like shoves goddamn trailers down my throat you know what i mean i just feel like this is going to be like a super slow burn atmospheric type film i mean it says a family lives in isolated existence in utter silence for a fear of an unknown threat that follows and attacks at any sound like this sounds pretty good yeah dude like that sounds intriguing man when you really think about it paramount does not release horror films at all, so rings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, besides yeah, besides franchises, rings. besides franchises, name another recent horror movie that Paramount's released. Um, didn't they do that one with the uh, like friend request type one? Friend request one. Type one. It was like from a couple years ago. Unfriended. Yeah. Oh, that was Universal Blumhouse. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, they're yeah, they're kind of don't mess with horror too much. Yeah. Um. Uh, what is another one that I uh, obviously Halloween? Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that's my most anticipated. <laughs> that's literally all I'm excited for right now. Yeah, like Halloween is huge to me. Like, uh, I really, really am excited for that because it's just gonna be. It's just gonna. It when it comes out, we're gonna find out if if Blumhouse can handle for like established franchises, which. Um, if they can, hopefully they can get the rights to Hellraiser or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it, it seems like they're kind of ignoring everything past part one or two. So it's like, again, messing with the timeline, but maybe it'll work out this time. I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting, though. I'm pretty excited to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one um, Revenge. This is from the director of Raw. And um, it's supposed to be. Uh, when Richard's friend shows up early for their annual hunting trip, they catch him with his mistress. The encounter escalates into a twisted tale of rape revenge. Yeah. Nice. How about nice. how about the uh, the newly announced the return of the killer clowns from outer space, which IMDb has confirmed that will come out September twenty eighth. Wonder if that's real though. I don't know. The fucking Steven Chodo says it's happening. So I know I was I was asking the same thing. I was questioning it. I mean, it's been rumored for years, but it was also rumored that they were going to remake that film too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, the Predators coming out. Obviously, maybe we do a Predator show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this one's kind of interesting because it is um, the director slash writer um shane black was like one of the writers of the original predator like an uncredited writer uh and he stars as hawkins in the original and it's co-written by fred decker from monster squad fame that uh fucking nicholas cage movie looks pretty good adam and eve oh is that the name of it yeah that's actually playing in at the hollywood next uh this month yeah that one that one looks all right uh what else i can't wait to see what fucking shutter comes out with this year yeah you're probably gonna get some good stuff um the meg which is jason statham versus a giant ass shark (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Hellraiser Judgment finally coming out. Oh yeah, is that Truth or Dare film? Yeah. Oh yeah, Blumhouse. that actually looked pretty yeah. good. It, I keep seeing it on YouTube, yeah. and that's Blumhouse too, I think. Right. Yep. Yep. Got yeah, Slender so. Man. I'm not interested in that at all. I just feel like it's going to be like one of those yeah. stupid test audience movies. It looks horrible, but I kind of want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Got another Goosebumps coming out. <laughs> uh, let's see. Polaroid never will happen. Suspiria <laughs> remake. Never know if that's going to come out next year. I bet you we'll see it next year. Oh, yeah, because it's already done, right? Yeah. Yeah, Suspiria, super excited for that. I'm really curious to see what they do with well, it. Well, if Synapse is working on the transfer, it's not going to be out till 2029. <laughs> Uh, another one I'm super excited for. Deep Blue Sea 2? Oh, that? yeah, that's Deep right. Deep Blue Sea 2? Oh, yeah. I can't believe that getting a fucking sequel. <laughs> Here's one I'm really excited for, if it happens. I think the it's same. still in super early development. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, is the film uh, Nosferatu, the, the remake that Robert Eggers is doing. Mm-hmm. Who we obviously yeah. know from... The witch. The witch, and apparently he wants like Anna Taylor Joy to star in it, which would be pretty cool because she was awesome. Um, there's that movie called Slice, which is yeah, another A24 film. I am I'm kind of curious about the Gallows too and Unfriended too. Those are both in the can, so I bet you we'll see them next year at some point. Huh? Yeah. I haven't uh, even seen the, yeah. the Gallows one. <laughs> I hear that's awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But <laughs> yeah, it's one of Blumhouse's missteps. They, I think, and, still made money. Somehow. And if we look ahead to 2019, we all have "Are You Afraid of the Dark" to look forward to. We're not talking about 2019 right now. Too far. Yeah, you guys are assholes. But yeah, I'm super excited for a lot of stuff. I mean, I think that's like like as always with these type of lists half the movies that'll make our top 10 haven't even been like press released yet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just, they're just unknowns that you don't know anything about until they come out. Plus I don't follow like the indie circuit that well. Like I'm sure there was a bunch of films that were shown you know, this, probably year. Like, this year or 2017 that are coming out. And I don't know what yeah. they are. Cause I, I usually just stay clear, wait for them to kind of drop and stuff. And mm-hmm. I try to keep my, my ear to the ground that, a so. little bit to sort of hear like if something's getting mentioned, but um, a lot of the podcasts I listen to who would go see those things aren't really doing that. Talking about those films so much anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think that 2018 could be pretty solid. Like we already have a good slate of 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 good, like promising films uh, for the early part of the year, and and some heavy hitters already um, announced for the the middle and later part of the year. So really excited. Obviously, a little non horror. I'm, I'm excited for Eli Roth's Death Wish. Kind of curious to see what he does with that. Can we name our favorite non horror films? I yeah, Dunkirk. Say that. Yeah, Dunkirk. <laughs> Uh, Shape of Water is pretty good, I guess. But Dunkirk, for sure, hands down. Mine was the only non-horror film I saw this year. It's Star Wars Episode Eight. I thought that was the only one I saw this year, but then I remembered I saw another one, and that is Disaster Artist. So, mm. yes. I've seen a few. It. I saw I saw a bunch. I can't remember any of them except for John Wick 2. Yeah, John Wick 2 is good. It's probably, yeah. 
That was fucking Captain awesome. Underpants. Sam gave me Give a John Wick for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were laughing film. about that before. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Nice. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it, huh? Yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Well, we're just short of five hours right now. I think. What is this? One twenty-seven. Yeah. This is episode one twenty-seven, and that is definitely gonna be a wrap. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, Carly. Thank you for coming by. You were awesome. And thank I didn't you for scare you me. too much. And you got really no, good. You got, You're not scary, buddy. It's all fun. All fun and games. I have <laughs> I have learned something that you got very similar taste. To me, I know that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's and, pretty and, interesting. And you learned that I and you were part of one of the biggest chokes in the history of my history <laughs> on the show. So, uh huh, yeah, epic. pretty awkward. I was sitting here sweating bullets, <laughs> <laughs> total panic mode. <laughs> Moods was trying to bail you out, and I was trying. Oh to man, bail it. it was bad. I was sitting here. Just like, I oh was, shit, what do I do? I, I was, I was giving, I was giving you openings. I'm just like, okay, oh, <laughs> you, know, you want to, you want to give some feedback on that? <laughs> haven't had, that, haven't had that ever. So, <laughs> dude, you face planted worse than that guy going off the back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> Surprisingly, uh, this one didn't even feel that long. I'm gonna be honest. No, it didn't actually. We started like earlier, and that's why. Yeah, normally it's like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, if we would have started at regular time. That's that. All right, am I good to get my outro? Yes, mm-hmm. man. Take us out of here. All right, thank you everybody for listening to episode one hundred and twenty-seven of the Twenty Two Shots Moods and Horror Podcast. Always, if you want to follow the man Moods and Health, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood 616 but you won't see any new videos so as if you want to follow the man jp you could do so and watch his 8,000 new series he's posted youtube.com slash double shot j and who wants to watch him watching a trailer and as always you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nes more people than want to watch you do anything literally in life but you won't see any new videos because i quit youtube and you can follow carly on her channel at youtube.com slash carly 317 watch around body bags and as always you can leave us a question at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com that's the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com thank you to all the homies for hitting up the email to send us your list and as always you can leave us a voicemail at 724 oh fuck i'm trying to remember the digits by heart 425 uh 724 i'm Four two six 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 five. There you go. I put it in my head. And as always, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash twenty two shots podcast. And ooh, you can follow me on Instagram now, Instagram.com slash NES twenty two. Came up with that since we had a discussion last week. And follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com search for twenty two shots of moods and horror podcast. And always please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash twenty two shots podcast. And that should do it for episode one hundred and twenty seven of the twenty two shots of moods and horror podcast. We'll be back next week with something that I don't know. So I guess stay tuned for a mystery surprise of what we're doing. So that should do it, folks. Thank you everybody again for listening to this episode. And we shall talk to you guys soon with the first real episode. 22 shots of moods and horror in the year of 2018. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.